episode 649 of the PlayStation Nation podcast, and I am joined by uh, Mariah Carey and another famous diva, Diana Ross. Which which one am I? Uh, I'm definitely Diana Ross. Okay, great, because I want to be Mariah Carey. Uh, nah, uh, Jason and Ray are with me this week, so uh, big deal in my opinion. I'm, I'm very glad that we all three got together, and uh, this was actually Jason's idea because I always think that I'm bothering Ray because he, you know, he works his ass off during the week and everything. And Jason's like, "We gotta get Ray on, we gotta get Ray on." So luckily, we were able to pull all this together today. So thanks yeah. for joining. Me, Absolutely, you're welcome. So a little late. Uh, I know I kind of tried to do every two weeks, uh, but last week I was out in San Francisco for. A, an event for the Division 2, which I'll be talking about later. Uh, I put a gameplay video up, and I had a job interview the next day, so I had to, like, rush out of the house, and apparently YouTube totally corrupted the video, so I took it down, and I'm going to be working on that later today to try to get that back up. But I'll be talking about that a little bit later. Uh, this week, got some uh, interesting news items. Uh, Dreams has finally been released. Yay! The uh, famous Nintendo PlayStation, some news about that, and uh, some other stuff. But uh, I guess we'll just get going here. How are you boys doing? Not too bad. Yeah? Just, uh, yeah, enjoying the long weekend. Long weekend? Yeah, I have tomorrow off. Which wow. Is what is tomorrow? Yeah. President's Day. Oh, President's Day. You okay. Yeah. President's Day off? I mean, I work. I work for the state. Somebody can, you know, oh, we could have a, a situation yeah. where where an old president chipped a tooth, and it's like, oh shit, Washington <laughs> Tooth Chip Day. <laughs> nice. And uh, Jason's rocking his new iPhone, so he created a fourth uh, Skype account, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it works. So <laughs> let's not complain about it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing good. Good. I had a great weekend with my kid. Kind of, wa- I watched uh, Halloween with her, which might have been a mistake. Nice. <laughs> <She's>, what? <laughs> she what? slept with us last night. Oh, <laughs> poor kid. It, it, you know, kids today are little. The original isn't as scary as maybe we thought it was back in the 1980s. Yeah. And she seemed to handle it. I'm like, is this scary? And she's like, no. And she's just getting mad at the characters, you know, like doing stupid stuff. And then yeah. sure enough, she came up and crawled in bed with us tonight. I'm like, <laughs> had this long talk with her this morning about it's okay to be scared. Dad probably shouldn't have watched that with you. You know <laughs> that I've sorry. really never seen any of the slasher flicks except for the Nightmare on Elm Streets? Yes, same here. Uh, that's the only one I haven't seen. Wow. I was never into slasher flicks when I was younger. Uh, but I, I, I liked Freddy as a character. I thought it was interesting and compelling to see so I, I saw a few of the nightmare on elm streets that's funny you mentioned that because last night we were at a, a friend's birthday slash uh, housewarming party and one of one of his family members was wearing a shirt with freddie mike jason uh leatherface and i i were, had almost verbatim the same conversation i was like i never <laughs> watched those other ones because the thing about freddie is he he talks he has dialogue, and yeah. most of the times it's some sarcastic bullshit that he says, you know, and I always yeah. found that amusing because the bad guy had character, not just walking around chasing people. And I'm one of the few people, Jason, Jason, that <laughs> liked, that really liked uh, Freddy versus Jason for the fact that you had this very, you know, talkative 
evil guy fighting a very quiet guy from both from that you know time period of movies and i just thought it was the the most fun thing i had seen in a long time now there was a rumor that back then they were going to make freddy versus jason versus ash from evil dead and i I want to live in that that. universe i want to live in the universe (laughs) where that exists i think bruce campbell was the one that was kind of talking about that if i remember right that would have been so much fun that would have been pretty cool yeah he actually, um, Bruce Campbell actually traveled around for his movie. Uh, I think they they call me Bruce or I I am Bruce or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And awesome. he went to Minneapolis, so I actually went up to Minneapolis and saw the movie with Eamon and with the Team Fremont guys. It was down in uh, oh, where the hell was that Minneapolis downtown? But uh, I, even I think even at that thing, he kind of said something like offhand about that because at oh. the time he was doing. Um, uh, what the hell's that TV show that he was on with Gabriel Anwar and Burn Notice? Okay. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, people, whenever I would talk about a lot of the slasher flicks and everything, people are like, oh, you just get scared. I'm like, I don't. Because I've, I've, I remember vividly watching Witchboard with Tawny Katane. I remember watching, like, a couple of the Leprechaun movies. Uh, <clears throat> all the Sam Raimi stuff, even the gory stuff at the beginning. You know, it's just the, Halloween and Friday the 13th especially just never really interested me. I love uh, Phantasm yeah. 1 and 2. Oh, those are those are awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There's only a few slasher movies that are genuinely spooky. Halloween is spooky. And so is uh, Black Christmas, the original. It's oh, yeah, spooky. yeah. But they're never really scary. But I think I think some of the images, especially the image of Michael Myers, is scary. Like I could yes. tell, even though my daughter wasn't scared while we were watching it, that visual she had of that dude in the yeah. William Shatner mask stuck with her after dark, right? Yeah. So she, yeah. So yeah it, you know, uh, the fact go that ahead. no, go ahead. You know which one is surprisingly freaking good, and I, you know, we took a chance on it because we thought it was just going to be corny. Um, is freaking Krampus the the real one? Not oh the, Krampus. Yeah. 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 Like. It was surprisingly interesting. It was like Nightmare, I'm sorry, not Nightmare, uh, Christmas uh, Vacation with Chevy Chase. It was a mix between Christmas Vacation and like a Tim Burton horror fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a comedy horror fantasy. It's really yeah. well done, too. Yeah, I did not yeah, expect I just watched that. that. It's yep. funny because I had never really heard of Krampus very much until I started watching this TV show called The League. And in one of the seasons, uh, the dumb brother Taco starts talking about Krampus and everything. And then all of a sudden the movie pops up like six months later. And I said, wow, this is a great cross promotion if they actually planned it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'd heard about it because I I went to Catholic school and uh, my family's my mom's side of the family is Polish. My stepdad's family is German. And, you know, you'd hear a lot about that stuff, but I just hadn't heard about it for years. Yeah, Yeah, I'd only heard of uh... all. Black Peter. What is he called? It's like Mexican culture. Pedro? Oh, What is yeah. it, Ray? I don't know. I'm sorry. It's I'm, in the I'm, movie. I'm gonna, I'm a, <laughs> so you're not. <laughs> it's not, in the yeah. movie Collateral with Tom Cruise. I There's don't know. Where he talks yeah, about I, Black I don't remember Peter. either. I haven't seen that movie for so long. And I'd heard about that uh, myth before I'd heard of Krampus. Huh. huh. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of anything in, in my childhood. But, I mean, we kind of fear the same shit. 
you know, yeah. Freddy, we, we fear the, the dude in the moon that's going to take us away and, and up there. And I was like, that's kind of bad. I, I kind of want to go to the moon. I don't I guess I'm going to be a little shit and misbehave. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't remember any of those. The OK, the only one that everybody's heard of that, you know, I know from Hispanic culture is is La Llorona, the, you know, the crime. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. movie just came out not too long ago and they're pushing yeah. shit out of it. Yeah, that, that movie's. Yeah, that see, unlike Krampus, that one actually was kind of crappy. Like it just, it 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 ex- way too exaggerate much of an exaggeration on that mythology. Yeah. But furthermore, it took place in like fucking California or something like that, where it's <laughs> like, uh, that's not where it's supposed well, that, to take that's place. That's where everybody from Mexico is now, right? According to Trump. <laughs> that's true, but the actual one was in like Guanajuato, Mexico. So it's they're they're a couple of thousand miles away. I like when yeah. Ray says Mexican terms because he he becomes a newscaster he, that's from Mexico. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> he does it properly. I should yep. do my review. I should do my review like that. <laughs> or, uh, PlayStation Nation, review the Stardust Odyssey. Oh, God. That's funny. Sorry, I'm a racist. <clears throat> so, a uh, few news items this week. And then Ray's going to review uh, Stardust Odyssey. And then I've got this... Uh, Division two event to talk about, and I'm sure Jason and I are going to get off on movies. And uh, also, I've it's going to be retro gaming heavy. I'm I'm warning you right now because I have been awash in retro gaming, especially the Sega Saturn and the uh, Sega Dreamcast. So cool. it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be the first this week. So <clears throat> first up, uh, Dreams, which has been in early access for a long time, finally released and. Wow. I mean, even some of the early stuff that's been created, and our own man, Chaz, is, is, has made some really cool stuff. Um, I'm afraid to even try anything. I gotta, We should crowdsource like an idea for a game so that I can try to build it, because that's my problem. I'm not an idea guy when it comes to a premise for a video game or like what it should be, but I'm really good at like making it better, making better suggestions, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I I have the idea, but now I've got dreams to try to make it on. I've just been going through the tutorials. Um, There's some amazing stuff already, and it just came out. Incredible. Incredible. Like, I mean, stuff that... And if I have to say one bad thing about the game, and I was talking about it in our little group chat, is that the the incredible stuff doesn't always show up, and it's always the same crap at the top. And yeah. it's like, I've seen this since early access, but yet on YouTube, I'm seeing somebody talking, you know, showing some samples of some stuff that looks like, and maybe not quite that good, but like almost like uncharted quality, you know, yeah. visuals. I, I um, think some of that's going to, I think that's going to probably get better over time just because a lot of that stuff is because it may have been popular in the early access for whatever reason. It could have been a YouTube video. It could have been Media Molecule uh, spotlighting it somehow. And I think now that we have so many more people that have access to it, things are going to kind of iron out a little bit. So you just have to give it some time. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely not, you know, I'm not the... I'm not the person to talk about this. That that's Chaz because Chaz has been, as I put it, bleeding this game. <laughs> yeah. um, and he has done some amazing stuff. I mean, I played his little platformer and it was freaking awesome. And he said he put it together like in like 45 minutes or something. But I, I have been going through the tutorials and it is very very intuitive. Um, the only thing that I have to really get used to is using a Dual Shock to move around a three and three D environment when you're modeling and moving things around. But I think every time I play it, I'm getting more and more comfortable with it 
And I tried the move controllers, but they're just too. It's it's just there's no joystick, so it's it's a little hard right. to do certain menu things. But the interface itself and the the tutorials they are amazing. Like I mean, they they really do feel intuitive, and they feel like something that just about anyone can pick up and use. And you you know it's. You can go as deep as you want. That's what she said. And uh, or you can be as shallow as you want. But I mean, it, it's all there for however, however much of a game you want to develop. Whether you want something really intricate or just something very simple, like a little platformer, like the tools are there to create it. So yeah, I got a, I got a walk through a, a couple of years ago with um, Alex and then and Mark from uh, Team Molecule, and they literally we sat in a, a meeting room for an hour. And they built a game, a rudimentary game, obviously, but they built a game in that hour and actually showed you how to sequence music, you know, the whole thing. It was amazing. I oh, I, I walked out of that room just like, oh, I'm going to make something. And then two hours later, I'm like, I'm an idiot. There's no way I'm going to do anything. <laughs> have both <laughs> I mean, of you guys, have both of you guys played this or? Yeah, I've been I playing, it. playing it. Yeah, I've had it since early access, but I haven't played it much since it came out full release. Yeah. And, uh... I've been playing it. They they have a they have a narrative now. They have a little one player, a single player like campaign that kind of shows you what you can do in the game. And the campaign is amazing. Oh yeah, it's um, awesome. And then I've been going through the tutorials uh, throughout this whole week. I kind of left off with like where you're modeling, where you're actually doing like you know creating characters and stuff like that. Um, I want to make my my Black Friday game that I've had this idea for like you know, many, many years, but I don't have any, I have jack shit of programming experience where uh, you play this character. He's think of, you know, very much Blade Runner, Dick Tracy type character who his parents were killed on Black Friday when he was young, trying to get him a, you know, cabbage patch Rubik's cube or something like that. And so he, his, (laughs) what he does is he's kind of like a private contractor. And so parents come to contract him so that he can go and brave the crowds at the stores and get, you know, the newest thing so that, no other parent will, you know, be lost the yeah. way his were. And so the game, the gameplay is very much Smash TV, where you're just kind of going through a crowd of people trying to get to the toy, pick up the toy, and as long as you get to the cash register before you get slaughtered, like, you buy the toy. Nice. And, um, but the irony of it is you can pick up bats, golf clubs, you know, anything you can find at the store to take out the crowd. So you yourself are actually <laughs> killing other people to get to the, <laughs> to the toy. <clears throat> it's oh. it's funny when you mention that because I I mean I've worked at a Toys R Us in the past, but I also worked at a KB Toys. Mm-hmm. The the time I was at KB for a couple of years, uh, it was during the the Tickle Me Elmo craze. And oh, yeah. I'm not understating this. There were two women that had a, a full on fist fight. Yeah, over a Tickle Me Elmo, and my manager's like, "You got to go break that up." Like I ain't getting anywhere near that. And finally, like me, the assistant manager and the manager, all three of us tried to go break it up. And we finally got it broken up. And I had scratches on me. And and I think the the manager, like his shirt got torn a little bit. It was freaking nuts. (laughs) So that game idea is good. Yeah, I mean, and and it would be, I didn't have a way to do it. I always thought it'd be work just fine on a smartphone. But um, now that we have dreams, it should be fairly easy. Because, I mean, well, I say that. But, I mean, it's not like it's very complex. It's just a smash uh twin stick kind of game with yeah. uh what, what's the game that came out on playstation 3 that was really freaking cool where you were the cops calling all cars or something like that well that was driving around in cars right but the whole point was you pick up the dude and you take oh, yeah. him to the station so that's was, the concept capture, is capture the flag but i love that game 
Yeah, it's like Pickle Me Elmo because I probably can't use the real name and you grab them and you get them to the cash <laughs> register. Pickle and then Me Elmo. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Don't touch me there. Yeah, exactly. It's it's gonna it's definitely an M-rated game. Nice. Anyway, why didn't they have this when I was thirteen? Like I would have gotten lost in something like Dreams at thirteen. And now I'm just over the hill and out of ideas. And you you don't think you would have? No, my problem is I'm not a very artistic guy, and I I tinker, but I tinker with like yesterday. I spent the entire day up here in the office putting this. I'll talk about it later in detail, but putting this module in, in, in one of my Dreamcasts and that kind of thing. Like when I get a new video processor, when I get a new whatever, I tinker. Yeah. But sitting in front of the screen and actually, because I've done this stuff in the past, or I've tried it, you know, trying to do something artistic, I just don't have the patience for it because I can't draw. I I can't even draw a stick person, really. So yeah, it's not my I game, mean, not my bag. I'm an art. I, when I was uh, yeah, 14 or 15, remember Wrecking Crew on the NES? Oh, yeah. Remember that game? I used to make levels on that. Like, it just seemed like I'd spent weeks on them. Like, I loved that stuff. And I huh. can't imagine what 13-year-old or 14-year-old me would have done with something like Dreams. I just would have had all the time in the world to explore. I think it's going to be neat to see what this inspires. Like, the next generation of Game Maker with what where they came from is going to be stuff like this well and one of the cool things with dreams is that media molecule and sony are finding a way to to make it so that if you make a game within dreams and it's good enough that you can export that and make it into an actual sellable game yeah i heard that and that's one of the reasons i'm being enticed to do this little black friday thing um because of that because i mean it's a little more incentive when you know it might leave the PlayStation ecosystem. But even if yeah. not, it's still fun. But I mean, Jason, to your what you were saying about being a 13-year-old, it's, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat, but the tools are simple enough that it it doesn't take long to do something, even if it's just for your kid to play. And and if you're if that's your goal, for example, like a lot of the assets are there and you can take them and make your own world out of them. Yeah. And so they, yeah. you know, yeah. So you can finish something that where you don't have to worry about doing the sculpting or the character design or anything. Well, it's an evolution I've... of Little Big Planet, obviously. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a developer that I follow on Twitter that works at Media Molecule, and he said he said he's been working on Dreams for seven years. Oh man, seven wow. freaking years. That's insane. Yeah, you can kind of tell because, I mean, I'm going through these tutorials and it's like it's one thing to see, you know, play something like Uncharted or or Horizon Zero Dawn or, you know, GTA especially, you know, where it's like, how the fuck did they do this? It's so huge. Every plant, every, you know, everything they had to do. But then you see this game where it's like, how the hell did they do it to where they made developing simple um, with so much, you know, you could do anything. I mean, I, I saw, I mean, I can send the, we can post a link or whatever, but there was this one guy that I follow that he did an entire working face of a robot with all the little, you know, servos and cables. And when he talks, the robot emulates his, his voice and his mouth moves. I mean, oh, and it wow. looks like something you would see from Bioware or something. Not, it's not yeah. simplistic. It's not, you know, and it's like, geez, like it's it's a very powerful tool with the simplicity that my fourteen year old can can handle it. So, well, the the other famous one that I've seen so far a lot on social is um, somebody created a scene 
uh, it's like a kitchen table and there's a breakfast plate. Yes. And everything's rendered out and it looks like, I mean, it looks almost photorealistic in, the, yeah. in their engine. So it, wow. obviously there's a lot of power there. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going to break out of this, especially, I mean, you're already seeing some really good quality stuff and it just came out uh, My- to, the, to the masses. My question is: Is more than LB more than a little bit planet? Um, how are they going to handle copywriting? Because I played a, yeah. a Mario clone yesterday. That I mean, aside from the little Nintendo polish, it was literally like playing Mario. The animation, the feel, the the, the physics, the jumping, um, and then I played a Sonic one that felt just like Sonic Adventure, down to like the way it locks onto the enemies and you like you know you slam into them. Like when these guys finally polish their games. Um, and to where they start really feeling like another Mario game, like how are, how are they going to handle that? Now, obviously, Sony can't publish those. Right. But, can't, but, yeah. Well, but I mean, gonna... it's a gray area because you can get into parody law and, and you're allowed to do a lot with parody law. Uh, you're also dealing with worldwide. So there's copyright laws in the major regions. You've got basically just go to China and do it and nobody gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> except for our ideas that we come up today in the podcast, Pat, patent pending, patent pending. Yes, exactly. No black Friday guys. Yeah. No black Friday. <laughs> you can't, you can't call it like gray Thursday either. Like no <laughs> purple Monday. Yeah. So, all right, next up, I'm so excited for this and I haven't gotten them yet. We do have a free review and it's being worked on, um, but both Bayonetta and Vanquish have hit the PS4. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm excited for that too. I love those games. Vanquish, I was actually replaying on the Xbox One not too long ago because they brought it in backward compatibility. So the 360 versions on the Xbox One. But these have actually been kind of reworked. I don't know if they've remade them, but and it's not a port, I don't believe. I, it's kind of like the, the Yakuza series that I'll talk about later because uh, they also released a Yakuza pack with a bunch of the old games. Uh, I have not seen very much on these, but you know, Bayonetta on PS3 especially was kind of not broken, but it was definitely inferior to the Xbox 360 version. And I think when they brought it over to the to the Switch, they probably used a lot of that code and, and brought things up to snuff for the PS4. And <clears throat> I really want both of these games because I love Vanquish. I finished it. I had a blast with it. Uh, Bayonetta, I never finished, and it's a it's a character that I love playing with and staring at and endlessly, <laughs> idly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's cool. I think it's also the the first time that the the right controller in the game are yes because because playing Bayonetta on the Switch is not easy to do and the the PS3 version was inferior and I love my PlayStation DualShock controller and it's the first time I can play that game on the right controller so I'm pretty excited. So next up and this is huge. I knew this was coming. I, I talked to Terry. I think last year at MGC, because uh, he usually brought this to MGC every year, uh, but uh, the Nintendo PlayStation, and we had an interview for this a couple of years ago with Terry and uh, and his son, Terry Diebold and his son. <clears throat> um, they have put it up for auction. And he's finally done traveling around with it. And, and, you know, Terry traveled a lot. He went over to Japan a few times, China. He went all over the country here. He came to MGC. He went to PAX. Uh, but he has put this up for auction, he and his son, uh, Dan. And currently, it's at $350,000. Oh, wow. wow. And Jeez. guess who the high bidder is, of course. Uh, Lucky Palmer. Really? Yeah. He, Lucky Palmer uh, kind of 
uh, he he touts himself as such a big gamer that he he says, "Oh, I own every console." Which okay, sure. Um, I'm sure there's some out there that he doesn't have, but hey, he's got the money, so more power to him. I mean, okay, I but, wish I I could win the lottery and buy this myself. I would love to have it, but but Lucky Palmer, like that's somebody else, right? Like because for a minute I was literally thinking R. Palmer, our writer. No, 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 not Ben. No, Lucky Palmer. Oh, no. Lucky Palmer, the guy from Oculus that started oh. VR. Yeah, Come on, oh, okay. he's your hero, Ray. I mean, I've never heard of him. I know. I mean, yeah, I should because I own two Oculus headsets, but I didn't know that was. Yeah, so he started Oculus, and then they got bought by Facebook. So he yeah. became an officer of Facebook. And then he said a bunch of political shit, and he got ostracized. Well, I don't know about that. He supported Trump, which was a mistake. Well, it wasn't just that. It was something with his girlfriend, too. Um, I don't remember the whole thing anymore. It was a long time ago, but he got ostracized. And I don't even know. I don't think he's really involved with Oculus or Facebook anymore. He's he's there as a figurehead, but I don't think he's really uh, involved. I've met him a couple times at E3. Mm-hmm. Nice guy. Was he nice? Yeah. yeah There's a nice, whole book nice. about that. And I've been meaning to read all about him that I thought would be interesting, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, now I know. Now I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I ran into him at the uh, the yard the yard house across the street from uh, the the Staples Center, right next to the Staples Center. That's where we everybody goes after E3. Everybody goes there to have a few beers and have dinner, and then it gets really packed, and then nobody wants to wait in line, and then we end up walking down to Fat Burger. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, fifty thousand so, dollars is a little much. Well, that's what it's at now, uh, which it went way up since the last time I looked at this. Um, I'm trying to see when this ends. I think it ends really. Oh, auction ends in 18 days. So Terry told me he was putting it up with his heritage auctions uh, a couple of days before it went live because uh, I still talk to Terry pretty regularly, not like every day or anything, but I still talk to him pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, more power to him, man. I mean, he just. He basically accidentally got this thing, and he was able to make his life a lot better with it. I mean, he got to travel around quite a bit. And Terry's a really nice guy, and I've never met his son, but, you know, they were both on the podcast when this first kind of hit. And uh, I was kind of helping him with Sony originally because they were trying to get Sony to kind of talk about it at all. And the only one that ever even mentioned it at all with Shu. Shu kind of said some stuff publicly, but he basically said, I don't remember it. I don't remember it. Um, but I, I got him in contact with somebody at Sony to see if, I, I don't know if he was trying to get Sony to buy it from him or what, but uh, I, I'm surprised that Sony didn't go after this. You would really think that they'd want to have it at least as a part of history, but at the same time, this is the system that because Nintendo screwed them over, this is why the PlayStation exists, the PS1. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love to have it, but there's no effing way. Unless I win the lottery tomorrow. <laughs> if I win the lottery, let's say I win $10 million, I'll I'll spend the whole $10 million trying to get it. Which is funny since I'm trying s- to get rid of stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's you, unique. There's, you should spend the $10 million getting a job. <laughs> yeah, buy a job? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the reasons that we're recording kind of late this week, uh, or this time, because I had a job interview in Green Bay the other day. So I had to travel. And, yeah, hopefully it goes great. I, I haven't heard back from them yet. It was on Wednesday, but uh, this is actually legitimately a place that I'm excited for if I get it. It's it, it is funny though because they're <clears throat> kind of out in the middle of nowhere, northeast of downtown Green Bay, and I mean it's out in the middle of a bunch of farms. Um, so I obviously have to move and sell the house finally and move and 
But it, it brings me closer to my parents. It brings me closer to, to Lambeau Field, even though I don't have my tickets anymore because I get rid of them. But it's a nice area up there, and, and I'm excited. So hopefully something happens this week. And the yeah, people seem awesome. really cool. But anyway. I hope you get it. Fingers me crossed. Too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. Because <laughs> I'm tired of living <laughs> up there. All right. Uh, and then this news item just popped up. Uh, our, our own Ben Palmer put a screenshot of this up on... Lucky Palmer. Slack channel. Yeah, Lucky Palmer. Lucky Palmer. Not, not lucky anymore. Uh, this is from... There's a post up on the PlayStation community forums <clears throat> from Groovy Matthew, who's the community manager. And uh, it was posted two days ago. And it says, Hello, beginning 27th of January, the PlayStation.com forums will no longer be available. We invite you to continue the conversation via PlayStation blog, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For product support, please visit the support site at PlayStation.com slash help. Thoughts? No more forums? Well, I mean, I'm part of the problem. I, was, I never participated. But, but I'm well, also but you're, not you're right on the other money. end of the spectrum because there's yeah. a lot of bricks that are on the forums. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. That's actually why I avoid some of that stuff. Well, I think that that's what forums devolved into, right? Most of them, yeah. No, I think back in the, you know, 15, 20 years ago, forums were totally different. Yeah. Because there wasn't just any, there wasn't any other outlet, really. Well, there was that, and then there was IRC channels, and that was about it. Yeah. I wouldn't go near a video game forum. I mean, and I don't, (laughs) I I couldn't tell you why. I just assume there's a plague of assholes and, uh trolls right (laughs) but i mean you also have to see that something with kind of the trends of the internet right now is the last few years forums haven't really been that big of a deal overall i mean there's still some really popular ones um like reset era which is the old the old crowd from neogaf uh i mean reset era still gets a lot of of, uh, traffic but like our forums the most traffic we get is russians spamming them so (laughs) although i think i got that (laughs) nipped in the bud finally because <laughs> um, I've been banning IPs like crazy, but uh, a lot of this kind of function has moved to Discord now. And which Discord is funny to me because it's essentially old IRC uh, channels. It, it literally feels so much like IRC. Um, but that's the trend now: is join our Discord server, follow us on Twitter, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but IRC, or I mean, not IRC Discord allows for a more immediate interaction it's like the shout box on vgvo i mean that thing was always popular and we have one on our forums too but it's it's really tough to nail this stuff down and when you're when you're dealing with content creation whatnot there's always something new and i haven't seen the next new hotness past discord but it'll happen i guarantee it'll yeah yeah of course yeah so interesting i i i the first time i saw this i thought one thing and i thought a certain person was behind this going away because he didn't want to deal with it anymore because you're policing it. You know, your, your staff are policing this all the time, especially when you're a corporate site about your own product, you have somebody full time and they have a team of people full time that are just policing these forums. But PlayStation went through a big change a few years ago where like community managers at specific studios were replaced with contractors so Sony quietly got rid of 
their actual hired community managers that worked for the studios, and they were all contractors. <clears throat> and I'm surprised that PlayStation let that happen because there was a big fallout at, at Microsoft, at Xbox, years before that, during the 360 days. Uh, they essentially walked in one day and let all the community people go. It wasn't just community managers. They had, like, this whole community division, and they basically just fired them all. And somebody I know, or I used to know, was one of those people. Actually, I knew about three or four of them. And they all told me the same thing. Two of those people heard the managers talking, and one of them said, they've done their job, and now we don't need them anymore. Because that perception that Microsoft gave a shit and that they were, you know involved with the community and everything else that was done that perception was was solid so now they they thought they could get rid of 98 percent of those people and do stuff with like contractors and whatnot and i'm really surprised that sony didn't learn from that i mean it took a lot longer obviously but it's really interesting and and i mean the problem with forums and anywhere on the internet it can be toxic yeah, I always thought they did a pretty good job on on PlayStation. They never really deleted anything unless it was just atrocious. But they, you know, they let people have speak their mind, and it's on the internet. So obviously, nine times out of ten, it was insanity, and it was just people bitching about mm-hmm. the fact that there's no SOCOM and there's no Warhawk, which I'm bitching about that. Um, yeah, it's that it's that sort of thing. Um, I I I think it's a change though, Glenn. Like you were, t- I think we were talking about before where. A lot of us, uh, me especially, came from forums, being yeah. on movie forums or video game forums. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, yeah. it was a whole different mentality back then. It was, it's, it's kind of devolved into what you said. It's, yeah. it's trolling. Twitter's sort of replacing that. And Twitter is such a circus. Like, I can, <laughs> Twitter can, I can be hardly stand. I can hardly stand going on Twitter anymore. But it's, we're kind of losing that... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There was something more elegant about forums 20 years ago, and yeah. that's gone. Well, I mean, it's because of forums that PS Nation started. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Okay. I think back then it was it was new it was new enough that you still kind of I don't know you had a little bit of courtesy because you still felt like you were talking to a person, and the more time has passed the more yeah. it's, it's a little, you know, you could just be, say whatever you want, because you know there's no repercussion there. You know you're not yeah. having to face up to the person. And that's always been the case, even yeah. back then. But back then it was so new that you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm still having a conversation with the person on the other side of this computer. Like, I don't want to be a total ass, you know. Uh, and now it's, you disagree with me and you're, you get shamed or whatever. And I'm not I'm talking about just even in video games or movies. Um so yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I, it's funny when I've you know over the years I've gotten to know people like Bobby from Zen that she's not Zen anymore, but like Bobby and and some of these other community managers, and I would talk to them at events, and they would show me some of the shit that that gets thrown at them and at their forums and whatnot. And quite frankly, it was at that point. I mean, because we deal with our share too, but um, it's nowhere near what these corporate sites deal with. And I'm sure my job was on the floor multiple times reading some of this stuff over the years. It's just <laughs> the, the entitlement that people yeah. on the internet think that they have. And it's not yeah, everybody, yeah. obviously. And I'm not no. trying to be, you know, but holy fuck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, we, and we've seen it, and I hate to say this because I'm a big fan of the series, but we've seen it probably the most from the SOCOM nuts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. And, 
and, and a good example of what I was talking about is there used to be a time where whenever a developer posted, you know, people tended to be a little more like, oh, man, great job on the game. You do what you need to do. You know, you need to, yeah. you know, if you need to. Now developers are not, you know, they're, yeah. they're not untouchable anymore. They will lay into them and, you know, belittle them, talk, you know, yeah. shit. I mean, well, threaten families and shit, like, like threaten their life and stuff. That's oh, how yeah, bad it's yeah. gotten. Yeah. I mean, we just had it. It was a mild one, but I had it the other day on uh, on Twitter. Someone was bitching about um, Warhawk, and they said, well, Dylan Job seems like he's not interested. And I wrote back, and I'm like, you know, Dylan has no say if they're going to redo this or not. It's Sony. And yeah. Dylan actually liked it. I mean, he saw it. But they, these people are attacking Dylan Job over Warhawk that's a PS3 game, yeah. even though he has nothing to do with it. He was the, yeah. He worked at the developer. You know, but... <laughs> People, people, not just on the internet, but people in general, a lot of times don't understand how these gears fit together, you know, and, and that's something that has been afforded me and, and our staff, I think a little bit to understand that what goes on behind the scenes and whose decision it really is. And, and even why some of these decisions have been made, not all the time, because I still like to find out why the hell there's not another SOCOM and there's not a Warhawk thing happening or whatnot, but oh, God hand too. Got hand too, <laughs> or, or Fantasy Star Five. And nobody, can, wants can, can. nobody wants that. <laughs> Sega nut. Even though everybody's called me a Sega fanboy now because I've been doing Saturn and Dreamcast stuff last. I know time. that's that's been awesome, actually. Well, but here's the th- and I'll uh, I'll talk about it later. But there there's a specific reason that those two happen right away. But I'll talk about it later. Sure. Because <clears throat> I have a lot, I have a lot of stuff to nerd out about. So. Uh, actually, no, that is the next thing on the, <laughs> on the yeah, agenda. there we go. So, so uh, a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, and I've talked about this thing for a couple of years. Uh, this guy, Mike Chi, developed a, a little device called the RetroTink 2X. And what that RetroTink 2X did was it, ha- it converted some signals to HDMI so you could play it on a, on a modern display. So it has a composite, a component, and an S-Video, which S-Video is the big one because the OSSC doesn't have uh, S-Video. <clears throat> and the OSSC has been a thorn in my side. I love it, but it doesn't have an internal scaler. So it, it's, it's basically what you call a line doubler. It's not a scaler. So if you get a weird signal <clears throat> from your, like your PlayStation or your Saturn especially, if you don't get a 240p or 480i signal from it, you, all you're doing is multiplying by 2, 3, 4, or 5, and the output can be a really weird resolution. Mm. And the problem is the software that comes with most capture devices nowadays isn't flexible enough to deal with that. So you're trying to record footage from a PlayStation game that, or a Saturn game that actually even changes resolution while you're playing the game. Like if it goes to a menu, it goes to 480i, but the game plays in 240p or vice versa. Then you can't record this stuff at all. It just goes black. <clears throat> so Mike Chi brought this RetroTink 2X out, and I love it. Uh, my my Turbo Duo I modded years or I had modded years ago when I had it recapped for an S video out because all the Duo had was. Uh, Composite and it's terrible. So, I got it originally for the S video. <clears throat> well, Mike Chi now put out two new devices: the RetroTink 2X Pro, which it's all the same inputs 
S-Video composite and component, but he's got much better processing. He's got a scan line generator, which I don't give a shit about scan lines. Sorry, retro gamers. I don't give a shit about scan lines, especially when you're recording video because it looks like ass on the on YouTube. But then he also brought out a box that I didn't know about until I was on the website looking at the Pro. He brought out a box called the RetroTank 2X SCART. Now, I never knew anything about SCART RGB for years. I knew it existed, but I never knew anything about it. <clears throat> when I got the TurboGrafx FPGA that allows me to use it as an EverDrive, but also lets, lets me play CD-ROM games off of it, which is the big deal because optical drives tend to go to shit. It has an RGB output, a SCART RGB output. <clears throat> That's why I got that OSSC uh, processor at the time. And again, I've run into problems. I've been trying to record games for this video feature I would love to put together about the TurboGrafx Mini coming out. And I've just had nothing but problems. Like, even Eastbook 1 and 2 runs at a weird resolution. Uh, so text looks terrible. So he's got this RGB, the SCART <clears throat> RGB box. And the cool thing is it's got a scaler, which the OSSC sorely needs. And yes, the OSSC Pro was finally revealed. Sounds like it's going to have a scaler, but who knows when that's coming out. So anyway, <clears throat> I buy one of these SCART boxes, and it's magical. It's just magical. Mm. Mike's a really smart guy. His processing is very, very good. You get three different options. You get just the pass-through video signal through the, through the scaler, so it outputs it at 640 by 480. You get a smoothing option, which a lot of the purists hate. I think on some of the earlier games, like on PlayStation and Saturn, it makes it look better in certain situations. And then it's got a scanline generator, which, again, I don't give a shit about. But anyway, I hooked it to the Saturn because I think the Saturn is the best test of it. Because the PlayStation has some games like that, too, where it changes resolution. But the Saturn is notorious for it. And... I think the picture looks great, and it's lag-free completely, so what you're seeing is is everything in the right frame and everything. It's fantastic, and it's not that expensive. I mean, the OSSC is probably double the price. I haven't priced anything lately, but it's probably double the price, <clears throat> even if you build it yourself. So I got that, and I posted a bunch of Saturn gameplay up on my little side YouTube channel, uh, Retro Nation, and then I did a stream the other day of off the PS1, and I played some PlayStation games, took re uh, requests and everything. And for the first time, I played Alundra, which worked nice. in designs brought Fuck, that game's good. Yeah. It is Difficult beautiful. to tell, but good. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's a gorgeous game, especially for PlayStation 1. Man, it looks fantastic. So, when we were talking before about how I don't have any patience to, like, create a game, I spent so much time in my office pissing my dog off like she is right now just tinkering with the Saturn and with the PlayStation. <clears throat> I haven't even... And I couldn't do the Turbo Graphics yet because uh, I'd sent my FPGA off <clears throat> uh, that, that Super SSD 3 is notorious for when they first put it out, the RGB output. A lot of people didn't like it. There were jail bars and there were there, uh, diagonal lines and everything. I didn't actually see that. Even, even hooked up to... Uh, Mark's big PVM CRT monitor, we didn't see any of that problem, but now I'm starting to see it. So I sent it off to get it fixed, <clears throat> and I didn't have it when that SCART box showed up, so I haven't, had, I haven't been able to hook it up yet. Uh, and then rolling into that device, the guy that did the repair for me tweeted, while he still had my box, tweeted that 
he had an extra what's called a GDEMU, and he was going to sell it. <clears throat> and I jumped on it because what the GDEMU is, it's an SD card module for the Sega Dreamcast. And Sega Dreamcasts are notorious for having terrible optical drives that die, and they're loud, and they're, they die, and they die. I have three Dreamcasts. Because two of them, the optical drive is going to shit. <clears throat> so I pounced on it. I'm like, dude, I've been looking for one of these. The guy that makes them only puts them up in really limited quantities, and he just kind of drops it on the on his webpage. He never tells anybody, I'm going to put some of these up for, for pre-order. I'm, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to do a big run. Nothing. He just kind of just puts them out there. And you can never get one. And I've really wanted one for a long time. Because I like the Dreamcast. That's probably my favorite Sega console. I think the Dreamcast is cool. Not a great library, but it's a good. It, I, I really like the system. So anyway, so I pounce on that. I'm like, hey, then you can just throw it in with my Super SSD, ship them both, you know, at the same time, <clears throat> and that's what happens. So when I was at my parents uh, for that interview and everything, they were watching Ginger for me. Um, got home and the box was sitting there, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like Christmas for me. So I have these two video processors in one box. I've got the GDMU and I've got um, my Super SSD back in another box. And I'm just like, I've been up in my office every day just tinkering. Um, and really, so I get really OCD too when, when stuff like this is going on. Like I, I lose track of time. I forget to eat. And now that Ginger's here, she reminds me that, hey, she has to go OUT every now and then. But she's kind of bugging me right now. But it's crazy because I haven't even touched the RetroTink 2X Pro yet. It's still sitting on my desk. I haven't even touched it. Because I've been having so much fun with the SCART box and then the Dreamcast yesterday. And it's cool because that GDMU doesn't require any soldering. And that's one thing I can't do. Uh, Sega were really, really smart. You're going to do the Jingle Bells thing now? Huh? Yeah, you're going to itch? Oh, you didn't have your allergy pills today. Anyway. Um... <laughs> You just have to take the Dream, Dreamcast apart. The optical drive is only connected to the Dreamcast via one port. It's just a, this plug, and you just pop it out. You put the GDMU in there and put it back together, and boom, it's it's up and running. No soldering, no nothing, no ribbon cables. Easiest thing I've ever done. <clears throat> but the problem with the GDMU is the way that he set the file system up and file management is an absolute nightmare. Like, he... First off, apparently he has this belief that you should have multiple SD cards. And a lot of people that, that 3D print a little cape, a little cap for it actually 3D print it with these little slots that you can put SD cards in for storage. So you have to format it with FAT32. He recommends only using like a one gigabyte card or something. I mean, it's ridiculous. And each gigabyte, you know, giga ROM or whatever uh, disk was essentially a gigabyte each. So he wants you to have all these fucking SD cards. So somebody started testing it, and they realized you can use a bigger card, but you have to format it a certain way and everything. And the big card I bought isn't working. So that was half the problem yesterday. I couldn't get it to work. wouldn't come up. <clears throat> but these fans of the GD Emo uh, did a couple things. They created this menu program, and they also created a program that or an application that you can drop games onto the into the, the menu... And it'll copy everything over to the over to the SD card for you and everything, and you can rearrange the the menu and you can rearrange like the names that come up and all kinds of cool shit. So I finally got it working yesterday. 
the SD card I was using could only hold about eight games, though. But it works, and it speeds up your, your load time, but also, I don't have that grinding noise behind me, but I put it in a Dreamcast that the optical drive had failed. I bought this thing at MGC years ago for like 40 bucks, and it works. It's awesome, and I've been having so much fun with it. <clears throat> but, you know, so I, I did a stream yesterday, and I'll probably put some, some videos, not as many videos up, obviously. But the other problem with that is, the OSSC has a VGA input, and I love VGA on the Dreamcast. It's one of one of the things I really loved about it. And I can't find my original uh, VGA adapter that I bought when I bought the system, but I have two other ones that I got from when I bought Hilden's Dreamcast after he passed away. And the OSSC used to work with it, and I could not get in, get VGA working yesterday off the Dreamcast. It just the OSSC just did not want to play with it. So somebody has now created. A, uh, an HDMI port that you can get, you can send the Dreamcast in to certain people, like the guy that did the other mod for me. And there's, the, it's called the DC HDMI, and it's actually an HDMI output for the Dreamcast that has uh, different features on it because it's an FPGA. So it's got, you can put smoothing on, you can, you know, do different scalers, all kinds of cool shit. What about scanline? What's that? You can do scanline. It's got a scanline generator in it. Yippee. Yes. <laughs> but. Now I want to get that done, but I don't have a job, so I can't afford it. But uh, that'll be the next step once I get a job is to get the HDMI port put on here. But my projects now is I need to get the Division 2 gameplay fixed, the video, and get that re-uploaded. And then my next project is probably to mess around with the Turbo Graphics, see the, the RGB fix. But then the third thing is to get the VGA working through the USSC. So. Yeah. I bring up I bring up the the scan lines, Glenn, because I, I don't know if you know this, but the future, like everybody's going to have scan lines, because I saw a bunch of movies where in the future the people looking at monitors their scan lines and distortion. Oh. Not 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 least of all, not least of all, Star Wars, where the holograms have scan uh, scan lines. So you better be ready for that, man. Everything's going to have scan lines in the well, future. And that's the funny thing, because a lot of the stuff I stream, even though nobody watches, really, I mean, I get like five or six viewers. But the problem with scan lines nowadays is that if you stream or record video, it looks terrible. It makes the, the picture really dark. Especially and, on a small on a, on a phone. Where it's oh, yeah. Because it has to compress them. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. So but people want that at home because they don't have a CRT anymore. And it's funny because I had a Sony Vega TV for years and I loved it. And it died on me when I lived in Madison. Uh, the last place I lived, a friend of mine here in town has the same exact TV and it came with his house. They left it at the house and it works and he wants to give it to me. Just give it to me. I don't have anywhere to put it <laughs> because I've hmm. I've filled this room, my, my office. I've, I put another rack in here just for some of the other consoles because I have a SCART switcher now and all kinds of shit. I don't have room for it. And I would love to have it, but now I've kind of bypassed the whole CRT thing. So the only thing that is really a problem nowadays is I can't play most light gun games because the light guns were made to work with CRTs because they capture the frame when you, when you yeah. pull the trigger right. and it doesn't work with modern flat panel displays, but analog, I think one of the companies that's doing a lot of the retro stuff are developing, are working with somebody else and they're developing a light gun that works with modern displays. And you can play some of the newer stuff with move controllers and, and that sort of thing. But even PS3-wise, you know, Time Crisis on the PS3, you can't play anymore with the modern screens. So yeah. You just got to go VR when it comes to those games now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
<clears throat> but it's been yeah. it's been it's been a blast for me because it keeps me busy, it keeps my mind off things. It it's just it's so much fun to to kind of delve back into this stuff because with the optical drives being bad in the Dreamcast lately, I just haven't played the Dreamcast for a long time since I lived in Madison actually. And it was really fun yesterday, and it's it's just once I get a bigger SD card that works and I can kind of put a bunch of games on it. Then you've got the jukebox. You're not worrying about storing discs. You're not worrying about all this stuff. I can put them in a different closet that I don't deal with. But that grinding noise, it's so weird not having that grind constantly when <laughs> yeah. you're playing a Dreamcast game. But the yeah. Dreamcast has great games. I mean, Daytona's awesome, and F3, F3, 355 uh, Ferrari is really good. And the Crazy games, Taxi. Crazy Taxi 1 and 2 are phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Crazy Taxi, Crazy Taxi, Soul Calibur... Uh, and Ready to Rumble Boxing, I think, were the first three. And Hydro Thunder were the first games I bought when I got the system, which, funny enough, I didn't even want a Dreamcast because everybody had been burnt by the Saturn and, and how poorly it was launched and everything. Uh, I didn't care about the Dreamcast at all. But we went to the mall for lunch, the food court, and there's a KB Toys in Vernon Hills, Illinois. There's a KB Toys right there, and I'm like, I got done with lunch, and I'm like, I'm going to walk over there and see how the Dreamcasts are doing, if they're selling. And I went over there and... I'm like, hey, how'd they sell? You go, oh, we have one left. I'm like, really? All right, I'll take it. <laughs> and that was it. I, I had not preconceived the, the idea of buying one. I just, eh, sure, I'll take it. What games do you got? And I fell in love with it. I, yeah, I've been. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I mean, NFL 2K, the whole series and World yeah. Series, even though the, the first World Series sucked because you couldn't field. The fielding was automatic in the game. It was so stupid. But those games, I've. I mean, I played NFL 2K on over the modem that was built into the Dreamcast. I played it all the time. Great system. Yeah, I've been I've been doing some retro gaming all this week because um, I I got the PS Classic, and uh, I, I added the thing, the PlayStation Classic. It's um, terrible. I have yeah, two of but, them. Well, but I mean, I got the USB on there with like sure. everything you know ever that I've ever played except for you know semi modern stuff and. So, I mean, I've, I've been playing Snatcher on it, um, which I had not been able to play in a long time. And then and then really a lot of Sega CD stuff is what I've been enjoying because that's one system that, yeah, I mean, I can I can get it running on a PC, but it takes a few more steps than just your regular emulation. And so um, playing Snatcher, Shining Force CD, and the one that, you know, you were just saying how, you know, it kind of gets your minds off things. And, and uh, I had not played Lunar on the mm. Sega CD in freaking decades probably so hearing some of that music play and i was like wow this is really awesome you need you need a mr fpga because sega cd works on there too and it's much better simulated than the emulator they're using on the playstation classic yeah yeah i think what i liked was just how simple it was i mean i just stuck the usb and then i got a i got a hub so that i can put multiple controllers so my wife and i were playing the dungeons and dragons arcade on there which is you know, I, I have to. The only way I can play it now is on my PlayStation Three yeah. and and on my PC. But you know, like you can hook up the classic. So I'm probably going to order another classic since they're so cheap and just kind of have it sitting in a box. Um, but yeah, I'll try that too. It's just, um, it's just nice because that was not getting any use. That little system was not getting any use. The games on there are not really my favorite PlayStation games. Most of them, yeah. and uh, and so now I've got. 
a bajillion PlayStation 1 games on there, the ones I actually do care about, and then, you know, PlayStation Genesis Turbo Graphics, which is fucking awesome because yeah. I always loved the Exile games and the Valis games, but yeah. I never had a Turbo Graphics CD, so I was never able really to play Exile, the CD version with the good the music and the dialogue and also the Valis series, so I I jumped back on those too. Um, the only thing missing is the Dungeons and Dragons games that were on uh, Turbo Graphics, the card ones. Um, There's only one. Yeah, Order, the, Order of the Griffin. I own. Yeah, that. yeah, that's an awesome one. I remember playing that. So I'm probably gonna have to hunt down for it. And that's also why I messaged you about that Ninja Turtle game because I saw your streaming of it and I was like, that looks fucking amazing. I want, I want to play that game. That yeah, one's really good. Totally went by my radar. So. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because I mean I. I bought, I pre-bought a PlayStation Classic, obviously, and it showed up. And then we started finding out that half the, or not half, but a bunch of the ROMs on there are actually PAL ROMs. So they run slow. Mm-hmm. And then I started dicking around with the USB stuff as well. I never really got it to work because I kind of lost interest because I started thinking about it. I'm looking around the room. I'm like, I can do all this stuff better now. Because I've got the FPGA for the original PS1, and then I'm running everything on actual hardware. But the PS1 Classic as well, because I have controller limitations, I can't use the controllers that come with it, because they're just D-pads. And the one thing I can't do is D-pads. And I started started thinking about it, I'm like, uh, I'm done. But then, I think Best Buy or Amazon or somebody was selling the, the Classic for like 30 bucks. So I bought another one just in case I wanted to gift one to somebody. You know, get, get the bleem stuff working on there. <laughs> Buy your own. <laughs> if you can afford an iPhone 11, you can afford a $30 PlayStation Classic. Sure. And the thing is, like, I was really excited for the PlayStation Classic. It, it, the hardware design and the case and everything was really good. Like, they went into some great detail. They even had the port on the back. And uh, the controllers were from the original molds and all that stuff. But the whoever handled the software portion of it. Mm-hmm. Putting PAL ROMs on there, especially. What the fuck? I mean, I think they did a pretty good job with the overall lineup on there. there there's a couple I'd like to see different, but the emulator itself works great. I mean, it really works really well, but I don't know. <clears throat> that was it was such a, a sloppy cash grab. I don't care if it's a cash grab, if it's a well-done system. And it's nine-tenths good. The, the one part that really stinks, though, is the actual software that's on there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and and I didn't mean to say that. I mean, the lineup isn't. I mean, there are games in there that I do absolutely enjoy. They got the Final Fantasies in there, but I mean, I would have put Chrono Cross over fucking Intelligent Cube. Not that 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 game is bad, because it it actually isn't bad. It's just I can't think of a lot of people that were asking for that one. Um, And then there was uh, a. Is Pandemonium in there? I don't know if it was, but it uh, I don't think Pandemonium's on there. Yeah, Pandemonium. And there was, some, and then fucking Warhawk is not in there. Like, well, yeah, and that's a shock because that was such a big game when that system launched. It's the reason I bought it. I mean, that's the first PlayStation, and the game that sold me on it was Warhawk and Twisted Metal. Yep. Um, and yeah, then even Twisted then, Metal have, for me. Yeah, and they have Twisted Metal one, but not two. And two is to two me is still the, the better game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that was one of the bigger busts for a mini system that came out. Yeah, that was officially licensed and everything else. I mean, you get the you have the 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 offerings from At Games that are just atrocious. Every single one of them. But um, I think the PlayStation one was just terrible. 
Yeah. So I haven't looked into it. Do they have the Blood Omen games, Soul Reaver, any of those? No. Nope. Now they do uh, online. <laughs> yeah, online? they're they're real easy to hack, Jason. So if you ever want to get oh, one, okay. I can help you with hacking it. Okay. And literally hacking it is plugging a USB drive in after you get it all set up. You just plug a USB drive and it runs off that USB flash drive. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's really easy. All right. I don't uh, I don't retro game as much as you guys do. I mean, occasionally, but there's a big gap in my gaming career where I around the time the Dreamcast came out and Sega or was it Saturn CD? I yeah. was living in Germany, so we didn't I wasn't gaming. It wasn't until I came back to the States and then PlayStation's released, and then I saw Twisted Metal 2. That's when I kind of got back into gaming. That, that's crazy because Saturn was huge in Germany. But we I was working. I wasn't oh. I wasn't doing anything fun over there. But that was huge. Was very, very popular. Huge. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's all my retro stuff. Uh Keep an eye. I, I keep most of the stuff off of the PS Nation, you know, channels. But uh, when I streamed the PlayStation the other day, obviously it's PlayStation, so I, I did it on our Twitch channel. But if you're interested, my YouTube channel is Retro Nation, and on Twitch it's PS Nation Torgo. That's usually where I do all the retro stuff. So keep your eyes out there. But it, I've been having a freaking blast. Uh, it's so fulfilling for me. Anyway, uh, the last thing is uh so last week i think it was the week before uh i was flown out to san francisco by ubisoft uh to see the new content for the division two that they're calling warlords of new york now this is interesting for a few reasons uh the first being that the first division games took place in new york the second one is in washington dc uh but with this new expansion you're going back to new york and you're actually going to some areas that were not in the first game uh, so you're going to be in, in different locations. Uh, the other thing is, it's all about that a hurricane hit New York City, so a lot of things got ruined. And some of this weather actually pops up while you're playing the game, which is insane. I got some of it on video. Oh, wow. Oh, it's so cool. Like, that all would be this, cool. We were playing kind of a boss fight, and all of a sudden it just started this torrential rain pour hit us, and things got really foggy. So we couldn't even see across that area of the map to shoot the guy and you really had to kind of rethink wow. things. And it sounds like a lot of that's dynamic, uh, because they said that it was kind of surprising that we got that in that boss fight. Uh, cause it's random, <clears throat> but oh, wow. I'll get the video up there. Uh, I also have an interview with one of the producers that, uh, I'll, I'll cut to here, uh, before the break, uh, that you can listen to. It's only a few minutes, but, uh, I really had a great time playing it. And, and one of the reasons why is that they paired you up with somebody else that was at the event. So uh, I think in my session, it was roughly 12 people, 12, 15 people, <clears throat> but they would pair us up with somebody. So it wasn't a full squad of four people. It was just me and another person. And he did, he knew the game right and left and he was really good. And, uh, we communicated really well. They had, you know, the communication microphones set up so that we could talk to each other. And, they had the developers there if we had a question, and uh, everything went really smooth, except we broke it uh, during the boss battle the first time we broke it. And uh, to get back to it, one of the developers had to actually run through that whole section again and get us to the point where we broke it so we could try it and finish it. <laughs> Watching that guy, and I, I, I don't remember where the studio is. They're over in, in Europe somewhere, but 
watching that guy play all the way through the game so fast, because obviously he's probably done it a hundred times. Yeah. But we were watching him like, holy crap, look at this. He's just blowing through this. Um, and, I mean, you, you're, you're playing an alpha build, if that. It, it, it's going to break. It, it, and it's nothing... It's nothing indicative of the game at all. It's it's you're playing an early version of the code that's you know nowhere near being finished or tested. But it was it was great because we got to talk a little bit and we got to ask some questions about things before we did that final battle again. And so the video that you see is actually the second try, and I thought we were a lot more successful with it. So I want to get that video posted for sure. Uh, but man, just I, I love that it's going back to to New York City because <clears throat> one of the things that bothered me about the Division Two and that it's in Washington D.C. was Things are a lot more open in D.C. You know, you don't have... I always talk about how it's like you're in a bunch of canyons in New York City. Cause all the really Yeah, I was open. just going to say that. Yeah. I dig that more than like the open feel of of D.C. Um, you're, you're a rat in a maze. In the yeah, area. yeah. And I'm like now, I think Coney Island's one thing you can go to now. And, you know, there's some other uh, landmarks in, in the New York area that you can go to, but... Looked fantastic. We were playing on a PC, obviously, uh, but I was playing with a controller. I, I brought my Xbox One Elite controller along, so because I can't do mouse and keyboard anymore. Um, but same great gameplay. I thought it felt a little bit tighter, so I think they're making some other code changes. <clears throat> but I had a great time. I got to play it for I think two hours or something like that. I mean, we we got some significant time with it, and you know they talked about how. And and this will go over in more detail with the interview. I, I'm the problem is, I mean, I play a division two, but I'm definitely not the looter shooter guy. I don't play. I haven't played Destiny two in a while. You know, I I like them, but I don't play them religiously. I don't play these kind of games. You know, four four hours a day, or whatever. <clears throat> but from my perspective, I really liked what they were talking about. Uh, how. They're going to add a new raid, which I don't care about, but uh, there's more stuff for the Dark Zone, which is the PvP section. Um, you know, they were talking about more loot that I, I don't think I'm supposed to talk about any of those items, but some really cool loot. Uh, and the storyline for this rolls right into some stuff that happened in the First Division as well. So there's some callbacks. I didn't know about that stuff in the Division because I didn't get very far in the first game. Uh, we had some leveling problems in the first game where if, if your levels were too far apart, you couldn't even play with each other because... The game would You'd scale. You just get smoked. You would because the game the yeah. game would run all the enemies at the high. Like if you had four people and somebody was a much higher level than you, that's what the game would play at. Whereas Division Two, they've done a really, in my opinion, they've done a really good job making the game scale so that everybody has a fair shake. You know, um, and and that showed. <clears throat> it was funny though when you're playing, not with your character, but you're just playing the game there's all this loot to pick up all over the place and a little backpacks to open and all that. And at the time you're like, well, why am I doing this? Yeah. What do I care about? (laughs) I think I bring that up in the interview. But, um, I can't thank Ubisoft enough. I mean, I haven't traveled for PS nation since probably the last E3 I went to what three years ago. So it was interesting. It was, it was interesting to me just to get back into that, uh, into that frame of mind. Uh, but my God, they made everything so easy for us because uh, San Francisco can be a real nightmare to get around. And in my opinion, I, I just I've never really liked San Francisco. I, I like some of the sites and whatnot, but <clears throat> the city itself has never been one of my favorites because uh, I've been to GDCs and all kinds of stuff. 
Uh, but Ubisoft made things so effortless. Uh, got to hang around with some people that I haven't seen in a long time because uh, we were all staying in the same hotel. Um, <clears throat> but they kept the sessions small, uh, and it was great because you got a lot of hands-on. You got one-on-one with a lot of the developers if you had any questions, and it was really cool. So I'll get that video reposted so that it actually works. Fucking YouTube. Uh, YouTube must have broken because I was watching it here before I uploaded it. It was fine. So, But apparently there was this big section where it was just black. Oh. I said, no, that's just that's just uh, the lights went out. That, that's all it is. It's just a blackout. <laughs> hey, Glenn, can I add something real quick? Certainly. Because you uh, you were talking about going to San Francisco, and I was like, I should get back into Division because I really like the first game. I kind of played the second one, but I returned it for some reason. I don't know why. And so yeah. I went to GameStop uh, fully prepared to pay 60 bucks for it because I wanted to play it with you. And yeah. the game is $5 right now at GameStop. And it's also on sale on PSN. Like two bucks. They just gave like it to me. Yeah, Jeez. they just gave me the game. They were like, here. So nice. you can get into Division 2 for free right now. Well, and even better, and I forgot to mention this, so I'm glad you brought it up, but even better is if you're new to the game and you want to get in. So what happens with a lot of these games is that if you don't get it right away, you don't, you're not leveling up all the time like everyone else. Yeah. So this expansion comes out, you get interested to play it for some reason, but you don't want to do it. You end up not playing it because you're like, shit, I'm going to start at level one and I got to do all this grind ahead of time. When the expansion comes out, they're going to allow you to create a new character at level 30 right away. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you're kind of up to speed a little bit. And uh, I don't know if they'll give you any new weapons or anything. I can't remember if they mentioned that, but um, they fixed a lot of the RPG elements as well. So it's a lot more comfortable and. You know, obviously, there's going to be a lot of loot to 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 find and and pick up, but they're 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 making the game very accessible, in my opinion, for this new expansion. And I that really, I thought I I think that's a great idea because it gets more people involved with the game. It doesn't scare them away as much. Yeah, yeah it's two ninety nine on PlayStation Store still. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was. They they put it on a big sale to get more people into the game, but this expansion seems really robust. And uh, a lot of that stuff, it sounds like, at least, that it's all really well thought out. So, uh, we've yeah, still I'm got excited a, to get back into it. We've still got a really Division am. 2 uh, uh, channel on our Discord, so if you want, get over there and join on that. If you're interested, interested in playing, uh, we have a clan, but somebody says that they own that clan, and I'm kind of... <laughs> I'm not going to get into Lord it. Voldemort. He will not be named. Right? Yeah, I'm not going to get into it. But so we're still trying to figure that out if we want to do a new clan or whatnot, or if I go after our old one. But um, if anybody's interested and you want to start playing Division Two, especially when this expansion comes out, put stuff up there. I'll play with you. I mean, I, I really like the game. My problem was I had to play other stuff for varying reasons, and I, I got behind everybody else. And there's a certain point where I'm just like, well, fuck it, I'll go play this game instead. And then Modern Warfare came out, and apparently I have one of our listeners on Twitter looked it up, and as of yesterday, I've played 165 hours in in Modern Warfare. <laughs> two two trips through Death Stranding, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but this is a little more action packed than Death Stranding. Sam. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. You can make Death Stranding pretty pretty action packed. Oh my god, that's right. I, I've got both Death Stranding nuts on this. 
That's crazy. I haven't played Death Stranding since we last talked, by the way. I have taken a little a while. break. I actually kind of want to go back to it, but I'm still afraid. And now I'm yeah, working on the Yakuza games. So. You could be pretty violent in that game if you want. But, but, you know, yeah. Did you know, Ray, I'm with you on that one. Like, I love Death Stranding. Yeah, I gave it a 10. Your, your 10? Yeah. That was yeah. the right score. Yeah, it it um what one of the things a buddy and I were experimenting with is what happens if we like take out a whole camp? Like does it actually nuke the whole thing? Because they tell you you have to actually incinerate the bodies and it gives you plenty of time. I don't I, we never finished that experiment, but like oh, that's right. Try. I wiped out a camp and but I hauled all the bodies in a truck to the incinerator. Nice. Wow. I, never really, of, I never thought really of melancholy. Truck. It was yeah. so melancholy. It really forced me to come to terms with what I'd done. Yeah. <laughs> and what, I, what, we, what we never found out is what if you don't? Because they said it's supposed to cause, you know, what happened in that one city. So, um, yeah, we, we waited for a long time and, and it just nothing happened. But a long time was like maybe an hour or two while we were chatting. So it, it wasn't maybe it takes a little longer because it's expecting you to potentially have to walk like everybody to the incinerator. Yeah. But I love the ending. I'm obviously not going to say anything because it's still fairly new. But um, but yeah, it was a pretty fucking amazing ending. So, yeah, it only took 16 hours. I think that ending was 16 oh, hours true. for me. That's true. It's a long one. Yeah. <laughs> We're really selling Glenn on this game. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I mean, I, I talked about it quite a bit when when we were first doing the review. I mean, I see the greatness in the game. It's just. I had a hard time keeping my attention on it because there's so much walking and there's, I mean, it's like the Lord of the Rings movies. I watched them. Exactly. I thought they were terrible. I agree with Kevin Smith. It's all walking. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I think it, there is the philosophy of the journey more than the destination with, with that stranding and to a, certain, oh, yeah. to a certain degree, Lord of the Rings and a lot of the books I read that are kind of fantasy like that, because it's a lot of the dialogue and shit that takes place. Between you know the the beginning and the destination, the thing with Death Stranding is you're alone, and so it's yeah. more about the environment. And and I I'm not I'm not going to go over the same shit I did in the review, but I think the the way I described it is that mountain that you take for granted in Horizon Zero Dawn and Grand Theft Auto, that mountain is the boss. Like getting across that yeah. mountain is your boss. There is huh. you're not just going to walk over it. It it doesn't work that way. Um, so that's one of the I, things I built a. It took me a few hours, but I built a zip line up maybe the steepest peaks in that game. Yeah. And it was such a huge accomplishment. It, and it I only is. did it just to see if I could do it. Oh, yeah. Like, Somebody probably broke that it type or of game. eroded. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what happened to me. I mean, one of the things that um, I didn't talk on, it's funny, I didn't talk about it in our review because we couldn't talk past a certain chapter. But but you're right, Jason, is a, a trip that might have taken about an hour and a half across that big mountain range. I created a zipline system that now takes three minutes to get across. Um, yeah. It was pretty amazing, and I got a crap load of likes for it because whoever unlocked that level and saw the zip lines was like, oh, shit, I can get to every one of those bunkers in, like, minutes and skip over the P BTs or whatever. Yeah, you don't so, have to worry about the black sludge. No, none of that. Not, I mean, and you see them. They try to, you know, the time slows down, and you see that they're trying to fuck with you, but you're just throwing them the finger as you're zipping over them. <laughs> zipping by. Yeah. I just imagine that. Yeah, and there's there's you know there's little touches like if you rotate the camera while you're zipping the little babies like having a great time inside the little uh, 
Yeah, he is. Yeah. My daughter one. loves that. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Well, why don't we take a break so I can let the dog out? And uh, when we come back, uh, Ray's going to review Stardust Odyssey, and then we're going to do probably a pretty big played and watched segment. And we actually have a couple of emails from listeners. Nice. Huzzah. Uh, So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about all that stuff, and we'll get the hell out of here. So we'll be right back. Sweet. So uh, all the secretive uh, stuff that you might have seen me traveling to San Francisco and such uh, is because of something really cool. I got to check out some new content for the Division 2 called Warlords of New York, which is pretty fun. We just got to play through a a decent little chunk of uh, the new missions. And uh, let's just talk about it. So please introduce yourself and, and what you do. Hi, my name is Nick Skur, and I'm a producer at Ubisoft Leamington and Ubisoft Reflections, and we've been working on Division 2 Warlords of New York. And that's the whole thing. We're back in New York, which is a, a pretty great surprise. You know, the, the Division 2's always been in Washington, D.C., and now we're going back to New York City, and uh, it's very exciting stuff because it's a totally different type of atmosphere now. You're back kind of in that in the canyons of New York City instead of kind of the wide-open areas in Washington, D.C. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been eight months since the initial uh, dollar flea poison outbreak that really kick-started the the Division story. And if you cast your mind back to the Division, there are quite a few story threads that have been left dangling and were maybe teased throughout Division 2, one of those being... One of the uh, first wave agents, Aaron Keener, who ended up going rogue and actually turning against the division. Spoilers. Just kidding. Oh, well, yeah, if you haven't played <laughs> Division 1, uh, apologies. Um, but he's resurfaced, and he's brought with him a network of rogue agents that are helping him out, and they've really taken advantage of uh, some of the factions that are left behind in the division and have allied, them, allied themselves with those. And really, the players uh, coming back, coming back to where it all started, coming back home to kind of clean up this mess and uh, uh, find Aaron Keener and stop him. Right. Now, of course, I should have taken notes, but I was paying really close attention in the presentation this morning. So can we go over some of the bullet points that you guys uh, went over with us this morning in terms of uh, the RPG-ness of it and, and how things have changed with the RPG elements? Yeah, so we're really proud of Division 2. You know, we've been out nearly a whole year now, and we've been constantly updating the game. And as we've been doing that, we've been listening to uh, player feedback you know, through streams and Twitch and Reddit and so on. And one of the, the, the common feedback points was that the gear game could be quite complex, or you'd end up keeping a lot of gear and not knowing, you know, should I keep that? Is this, is this uh, worth something to me? And so, I agree, by the way. Yeah, so... And we agree, you know, we want players to be able to tell straight away that, yes, I need this thing. This is going to change how I play the game. So we've focused on streamlining the system and making it really apparent to players if a, gear's, uh, a gear piece is meaningful for them or they have attributes. So underneath, we still have that same complexity. But for the player, they're going to be able to see very quickly, yes, this is exciting to me. Um, I, I need this for my build. Right, and that was pretty apparent even when we were playing kind of this demo yeah. uh, build that we were playing. Uh, you, you, when, you, when you know that this isn't your actual character, you don't pay attention as much to yeah. a lot of the stuff you're looting. Oh, there's a backpack. I'll try it up. And then you're like, why am I doing this? It doesn't really matter for my character. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's still cool. And, and um, talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, where the story is now going, if we can. Yes, yeah, so eight months since the uh, poison outbreak, and the story is set a month after the events of uh, the Division 2. Okay. You receive a distress call from New York City, 
and agents are being called back there. Erin Keener launches an, an attack on division agents, and from that, the, uh, the manhunt to find him begins. Uh, relaying players uh, in this new map, which is four name zones in uh, South Manhattan, a brand new area of uh, New York that we haven't been to before, to play the campaign the way they see fit. So we have four rogue agent lieutenants we need to hunt down, and Aaron Keener himself spread over five main missions and eight side missions. But there's no level gating within the map. Players are free to explore and to take down any of those agents in any order they see fit. Nice. And I don't know if we've talked about this or if it's even public knowledge or, or not, but is this going to be paid content or is this content that's just coming with the game as an update? Yeah, so this is a, a paid expansion for Division 2, but some of the, the great updates that we've been working on, like the RPG mechanic overhaul, that's going to be available for all of our players. So okay. if you don't choose to uh, join in at this point, you're still going to get all those quality of life improvements. And if you're a player that uh, hasn't even joined us on the Division 2 before or hasn't even played the Division, it's a great giant time to join the game now. If you want to, you can, for the time being, skip the Division 2 campaign and create a level 30 character direct in Manhattan Which and play is that awesome. campaign first. Yeah, that was a big announcement uh, that you'd be able to do that because we see that all the time nowadays when we want to play Division 2 with the community and you know, some people are like, I'm so far behind or I haven't even started the game. I'm, I'm behind all of you and I don't really yeah. want to go through that grind. And being able to actually create a new character and be up to that level right away is, is huge in my opinion. Yeah, at any point. And then when you've done that and you know you've reached uh, level 40 and got into an infinite progression system, then you can go back to Washington, D.C. and all that amazing content still right. there for you to play at that point. Nice. Uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the changes to uh, the Dark dark Zone? Is it? The I Dark Zone, yep. Yeah. So we really wanted to get back to where the Dark Zone was in Division you know, fans really loved it, and we're really proud of what we did in Division 2. But again, there were some complexities there that we wanted to take out, and we wanted to simplify that game loop and bring the Dark Zone back to what it really should be, which is player-to-player uh, -player or agent-to-agent -agent right. interaction. And uh, when you go in there, it should be a, a simple gameplay loop, but having lots of uh, things happening within the world that will throw you off. Um, so we're really focusing on players engaging other players, but also those that want to help their fellow agents, we're going to reward that as well. So if you find a random agent in the, uh, the dark zone and you help them, we're going to reward you uh, for, for that behavior. And then the last thing really is we know we're adding a lot of gear and loot to the game with this expansion. So there are going to be exclusive items that you can only get from the dark zone. And all of the gear in the dark zone from this update onwards is going to be contaminated. So you'll have to actually extract it via helicopter oh. on the risk of falling afoul of a, some rogue agents in there. Nice. Uh, and one other thing that we saw in the gameplay today and, and that you should be seeing on our YouTube channel, uh, the, the new weather stuff that, that comes through. And, and, I mean, there was one point in, in the match where, or in the mission I was doing where I think a hurricane hit or something and... You couldn't see anything. Like there was all this rain, and it was almost like a fog effect. Uh, is that going to happen like throughout the missions, or is it something that's only for a couple of different ones? Yeah. So before the player arrives in New York, before the campaign of Warlords of New York takes place, the city itself has actually already been hit by a hurricane. It's swept in. Uh, the area that you're playing in is a former dark zone and wouldn't have been accessible to uh, to players before this. But yeah, we've always uh, strived to have uh, you know various weather effects and storms uh, kicking off. So you'll see that not just in missions, but as you're you're playing throughout right, the, right. Uh, the open world itself. Yeah, I always like when the rainstorms just kind of 
hit because the the effect that you guys have used is really good. Yeah, the lighting uh, looks incredible and all the uh, reflections on the puddles. I actually had a lightning hit during this match or during this session that kind of threw me back a little bit. I was surprised. Like, what happened? What happened? I thought somebody hit me with a spotlight or something. Yeah. So, um, and you you mentioned it before, but are we going to be touching on any... Of the areas from the first division in this new con- the, this new New York content for Division Two, or is it going to be all new areas? No, uh, for this expansion, it's a brand new area, um, nothing that players will have seen before. And okay. It has its own uh, iconic landmarks there, such as Wall Street and the two bridges, and you might even be able to see the uh, Statue of Liberty from the shoreline as well. Nice. Okay. Um, and do we have a release date for this yet, or is it just sometime soon? Yeah, so the expansion releases on the 3rd of March for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and then we'll be coming to Google Stadia later on in the year. That's huge. That's huge. I've I've always said uh, I really do think that Ubisoft is one of the best publishers for Stadia right now. Like, They seem to be the only publisher that cares anything about what they can get out of the additional horsepower. In, yeah, uh, in we're, re- we're really looking forward to bringing the uh, Division 2 experience to Stadia, and it's going to be, you know, the, the the same game that we have on the other platforms. So you're going to be able to get Division 2 and the, and the Warlords, of Expan- Warlords of New York expansion as well. That's very cool. Uh, anything that, we, that I didn't bring up that you want to touch on? No, I'm just really looking forward to uh, Agents New and Old joining us in the uh, hunt for Aaron Keener, and uh, I'll see them in New York City on 3rd of March. Awesome. Uh, folks, if you have any questions, you know, throw them on our forums, throw them on the comments in the video, and uh, we can direct those to Ubisoft if we need to. Thanks for your time, though. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
uh, during the break, you got to hear the interview uh, with the producer of the Division Two, one of the producers. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Uh, keep your eye on our YouTube channel in the next couple days, uh, so I can get that video re-uploaded. I may have to split it into two different videos. I'm not sure because it's a lot of footage and. Uh, there's not really any spoilers in it. I was pretty careful, careful about spoilers in the video. So, And we had a lot of guidelines we had to follow. So there's certain things we couldn't show you, etc. Uh, but now, time to go back to a more traditional podcast. Ray can review <laughs> Stardust Odyssey for PlayStation VR. Yep. So Stardust Odyssey. I'm going to give a little, a little uh, five-second pause uh, so that Sean, one of our writers, can take a chug of beer because he says every time I talk about VR, he, he takes a drink of beer or something <laughs> like that. I don't know if he gets a dollar for every time I mention VR, but, but so we'll give him a moment. So ep- episode, the three of us should get together and do nothing but talk about VR? And get his ass drunk. Yeah. Well, no, it has to be, it has to be me. I have oh. to bring it up. Um, so Stardust Odyssey is a, it's a kind of it's an interesting game to describe because the first thing I thought of when I started playing it was the old Panzer Dragoon games on on the Sega Saturn, and um, that's because you're you're kind of like a sky pirate slash smuggler, which I guess is the same thing, and you're going through these convoys stealing loot from these uh, these merchants that are traveling through these little corridors, and whereas initially I didn't take much interest in the game because it looked like a you know like a on rail shooter, and I'm not really into that, especially because VR tends to fall victim a lot to on rail stuff when yeah. you know developers don't know how to actually say no look you want to be able to travel in open world well stardust isn't an on rail shooter you are in a tunnel flying through a corridor of like you know i don't know like this this uh this forest and, but you can reverse, move forward, go left, right, stop, um, kind of plan your attack because there are enemies that are trying to, you know, take you out. And there's also some stealth elements because some of the enemies are these kind of like robotic looking things Um they, if they sense you, they attack you and they come in swarms. And so you can actually do the Han Solo and kind of like hide behind another ship as it passes them so that, you know, they don't detect you. Um, and while you're hiding next to them, you're like looting them. So you're stealing from them as well. Um, uh, Stardust Odyssey, it's a, it's a very stylized game. It is beautiful. Like, I mean, a lot of times with VR, although we are getting much better, um, you know, when developers were starting up, you get a lot of games that look like old PS1 games because they're barely getting used to how to make, you know, it work in virtual reality. Well, Stardust does not look like that. It, it's very beautiful, very sharp. Um, I'm playing it on a PlayStation Pro, so that may have something to do with the sharpness. But style-wise, it, it still looks gorgeous. Um and so it's got some RPG elements because as you're looting, you're, you know, you're stealing money from these, these poor convoys and you go back home and you're able to upgrade your ship. Um, the way you attack in this game is, um, is use magic. And so while you're flying, which let me, let me back up just a little bit to describe the way you fly in the game because it is probably one of the most intuitive use of the move controllers that I've seen in a shit long time. I mean, um, the left move controller is basically your throttle and how you, you know, you, you 
pitch up or down and, you know, move left and right. But you see a representation of it in your ship as this kind of like gooey little magic like interface. And so as you push forward towards the camera with your controller, you feel it vibrating. You feel that the ship is actually accelerating. If you look over to the left in your screen, you see this little grid where you're seeing how much power you're putting into the ship. And so even though it's not an actual joystick, you don't feel that disconnect that you feel with other games that try to do the virtual joystick thing. You really feel like you're in control of your ship, but that you're Gandalf and you're controlling it with magic instead of with your, you know, with an actual (laughs) controller. And if you yell, none shall pass. That's exactly what I yell many times when I'm playing this game. And um, on the right joystick, that's where you cast your spell. And you've got these orbs sitting in front of you on a panel where you can select the spell you're going to cast. And those are anything from like an electricity spell to a, a mine that you can set up in the environment and detonate when the enemies come by, which kind of goes back to the whole stealth thing because you can kind of set them up and get their attention and then ignite the bomb. Um, You've got shields that you can put up and really cool, especially in VR, you see this grid of like electricity shape around your ship. Um, And as you're flying, you also see that your ship is almost kind of organic. You see all the pieces of it move and like conform when you're speeding or when you're shifting. It's visually, it's I'm telling you, it is stunning. And on top of this, it's also a cooperative game, which unfortunately I have not gotten someone to play with me. That's why I've been trying to entice people to get it. But, um, but I mean, <laughs> from what I've seen online, um, you know, the person, the other person is sitting next to you on the cockpit of the ship. So you could be literally, you know, flying while the other person focuses on taking out the enemy, which kind of goes to that Millennium Falcon sort of uh, configuration. And um, so, I mean, it is a very, very fun game. The music is fantastic on it. Um, There's a couple of videos out there with some interviews with the composer, you know, on their influence for it. Um, But it also has a really cool replay value because unlike some games that do this, you know, thing where you go through the level, you steal money from these convoys, and then when you're done with the level, you can spend the money. I'm a kind of a wussy gamer, and, you know, if, if I die... In the level, I don't want to yeah. lose all the shit that I earned because, you know, you're, it's, I come home from work. I don't want to work twice in a video game. And, yeah, I enjoy the challenge, but sometimes I just like that if I need to buy something from the store, I'm in the level. I need to earn 2,000 gold. I get the 2,000. I can leave the level and then go buy my stuff. I don't lose the money that I lose because I left the level or because oh, I get cool. killed. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, you know, everybody's into the rogue roguelike games where you know you die and you lose everything like it's like i'll deal with that when i'm at work where if i fuck up something in a contract yeah i lose my job like you know if i get killed in this game i can still keep the money if i decide to leave the level early because i have to go somewhere i don't lose what i've gained in that stage which is awesome um but yeah i mean it's it's a sleeper game it kind of came and went without a lot of fanfare it's been out for a couple of months actually um but it, it is definitely one of the best ones I've played on PS4. And as far as last year, not not considering Sorrento, which is one of the best VR games I've played in my life, if not one of my top all-time favorite games. All um, right, fanboy. No, man. I'm, uh, don't even get me started on Sorrento. Like, because uh, uh, get me started on Sorrento after the review. But um, Stardust Odyssey last year is definitely one of my top VR games. It, it has everything 
that indicates that the developer actually cared about making a good game and not just a like I don't think this game would work traditionally. It like it wouldn't work on a flat screen. It could because Panzer Dragoon works, but the way you fly, the feeling you get when you lock onto an enemy and like, you know, destroy them with your electric spell, like you you really can't simulate that on a flat screen. Right. Um, so uh I think, you know, with this game I'm I'm giving it a nine because I, you know, I don't really give perfect scores, even though I mean I really can find no flaws with this. Unless it's Death Stranding, or or maybe Cyberpunk later this year. Who knows? Stay tuned. That game is suck. You all know it. I know. I know. That's I just jinxed it. I just jinxed it by, <laughs> by saying I was going to be a ten. But no, um, Stardust Odyssey is definitely if you're if you're if you got a headset and you're looking for something that you know doesn't feel like a tech demo, doesn't feel like a game that you know just has like graphics from like you know three generations ago or has gameplay elements that feel fidgety and and you know just you're only interested because it's in vr but you really wouldn't be enjoying this if it was on a flat screen stardust odyssey is not that it is a fully polished fantastic game and and it's it's comparable in quality to those old uh panzer dragoon games so yeah I'm, i'm giving it a nine now sorrento (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking you, it up right now. If I'm not kidding, if you ever wondered what it would be like to be Dante from Devil May Cry, Ninja Gaiden, um, any of those characters that do flips and do crazy shit, but in VR, where you're actually seeing it through your eyes, like that is the game. Now it has a insane level of like movement so if you're if you haven't gotten your vr legs you there's a lot of like uh, what do you call it settings to keep it from making you puke all over your room but once you reach yeah. that stage where you no longer need those the first time you jump up in the air and do a somersault now remember the world is literally rotating around you and slow down time pull out your guns and shoot a guy that's literally like underneath you um Put your guns away, draw your bow, shoot another guy that's standing to his left, pull out your sword, land, and cut the head off the other guy. All in virtual reality, like, there is little to nothing that comes close to that. Mm. Um, But, you know, it does take a little bit of, you know, hey, I can't do that from the moment I start the game. So, uh uh, I would love to play this, Ray, but the problem I'm having with VR is I have a super sensitive stomach. Yeah, I can't stay in that world for more than twenty minutes. Yeah, and such a big burly man can't handle VR. (laughs) No, no, we play, we play VR. Ray's seen me on VR. Usually, it's Beat Saber (laughs) or uh, you know other stuff. You know, the kid, my daughter loves it. Um, But man, this Sorrento looks really, really cool. Yeah, and and, I'm, I'm, I'm almost willing to risk it. Well, and, and the thing about Beat Saber, which is fantastic, but it, it's accessible to almost anyone, is that you are standing in one place and the game only wants yeah. you to stand in one place. So if you move, if Jason moves, the world moves, but there is no artificial locomotion. While Sorrento, you cannot do a somersault in your actual living room. Um, what? And I'm out. <laughs> so everything is simulated. And what I tell people who are experiencing VR for the first time and starting to feel a little queasy is, first of all, take a break. Don't Don't force it. but also blink when you're turning blink because in real life when we turn or look sometimes we blink and so you're not constantly looking with your eyes wide open but because vr is simulating turning your head 
you not your head, your mind doesn't think this is a good time to blink. So sometimes you force a blink when the world is turning. Sorrento is, if there was a class system for VR playing, it's definitely a master class. Like it's something that you work your way towards. But it does have a lot of um, features to keep you from puking. Like you can choose not to have somersaulting turned on. But um, but when you when you do it, and not only does it do somersaulting, but also cartwheeling, so you can actually go lateral, yeah. uh, like in the Matrix. And so you're literally shooting guys in slow motion as you're spinning, you know, down the X plane. Uh, it's it's phenomenal. God, I'm just getting queasy thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I would not recommend it until you've gotten a chance to play like you know, uh, super hot stuff like that. And then okay. you really start feeling like you got it because I don't want to be responsible for sending you to the hospital. But, but uh, if you ever do uh, get to Jason lives out in the middle of nowhere, he'd never make it to the hospital. He's I'm not going to make it. He'd be eaten by a bear or something. <laughs> yeah, but Sorrento is actually my VR ten. That is my virtual reality ten. I wow. own it. I own it on the Rift, on the PlayStation, and then I have it on the Quest because the Quest is untethered, so you don't have a cable like straddling you as you're playing. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, anyway, enough about that. But well, and, and also, just for the listeners to know, because this screwed me up, uh, it's spelled S-A-I-R-E-N-T-O instead of S-O-R-R-E-N-T-O that I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what... It has a, no, just, it has a co-op mode, and it also has a loot system a la Diablo Light to, you know, Ooh. loot augments for your, your guns and stuff. And, you know, you're able, like, when you start, you can only do a single jump. But as you start augmenting your equipment, you can do triple jump. So you're, like, way up in the air. You can do wall runs, or you can choose instead of wall runs, you hang on the walls instead of, you know, falling. So you can actually snipe from, you know, the side of any building. And then... Are, to, you, pl- to, are you playing uh-huh. this with a move controller, or are you playing it with a regular dual shock? No, you definitely need the moves because, like, when you do the archery, you have to draw your your bow with your one hand, um, and then when you're dual wielding the guns, you can literally neo and shoot two different enemies in two different places, um, and then um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the loot system. Yeah, you can wall jump. You can you can hang from the and then to sweeten the entire deal, it's a cyberpunk setting. So you know that for me just is a cherry on top. You're a cyber ninja. And also, mm-hmm. this just in: Resident Evil Three Nemesis on the PlayStation One or the PlayStation One Classic is two ninety nine or two oh nine on the USPSN right now. Ooh, I'm looking right now. But yeah, that, that's my VR corner. Uh, so, so have <laughs> a drink. Have a drink on me, Sean. By the way, that's for PS3, PSP, and Vita, not PS4. Oh, okay. And I personally don't care because I hate that series. <clears throat> I collect Resident Evil. Yeah, I remember that. I gotta find that. If I that saw was the edition or not. When I mentioned that I, I there was a big gap in gaming when I came back from Germany, that was the game. Resident oh. Evil is what got me back into gaming, so I still kind of collect those. Nice. So, still Jason, did you, did you play 7 in VR? Or I what? did for a little bit, and man, that was intense. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot one. to ask from a, from a gamer. Yeah. And, what, you, what you need, Jason, is, is Battlefront 2. Because they did an X-Wing mission in oh, VR, and it's amazing. Yeah. Really? I have Battlefront 2. Yeah, there's a VR oh, mission. Free. If, you, if you, Yeah, it's right in there. So if you go into the VR and you go into Battlefront 2, it'll go. It'll allow you to go to that. And you, you fly a mission in an X-Wing, and it's freaking cool. Like, you can hit all the switches on the, on the 
console and oh it's just awesome oh, I, wow. I actually teared up when i played it the first time i i did too and i'm not gonna lie and and i mean it's based off of the rogue one lore so you're yeah. basically rescuing k2so and they actually have alan tudyk like playing the role and you can look over your shoulder and see the r2 unit like you know and when he sees you he beeps i mean it yep. it, it is the absolute crime against humanity that ea did not do more with that i agree <laughs> <laughs> i so want a full game like that now because it oh my god is it so good now i gotta play it today <clears throat> all right uh so we're up to what's probably gonna take a while uh ray why don't you just continue with uh, what we've played and watched and stuff since you were already talking about some games you were playing Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I was I was actually talking to Jason on the break that yesterday I finally completed the game um, Forgotten Anne, and that's spelled with an O, meaning Forgotten Anne. Um, and it's actually, uh, what is it with me and sleeper games? Like, it, it released a while back, and I, I actually bought it on the Switch because it was on sale. But actually, it's, it's uh, yeah, actually, it's only on sale on the Switch right now. But it is, you can buy it on the PS4. It's just not on sale. And it's a platforming puzzle game in the gameplay style of Prince of Persia and or Flashback. Uh, but it doesn't have okay. combat. But the visuals on this game, I mean, a lot of games have touted as, you know, looking like a cartoon or, you know, very, you know, like Nino Cooney looks like a Studio Ghibli cartoon. This right. game, if somebody walks into the room at the wrong time, they will think you are watching a cartoon because it's hand-drawn, gorgeous animation, beautiful backdrops. Um, and it's got a very intriguing story where, you know, when you lose your sock at home and you can't find the other one, um, that sock actually goes to this other universe where it gains its own personality and it's it's itching to get back to you. It wants to return to your own. It's a very, very depressing type of, you know, storyline, but it's very cool. And this girl, Anne, I think when she was little, she was forgotten. And so she's in this world and she's kind of a judge there and kind of executioner, too. Like, if you step out of line in that world, she crystallizes you, which means you you disappear. Um, and uh, so there's a, I don't want to spoil any of the story in case anybody does end up playing it, but I beat it yesterday. It was very satisfying, a little, a little sad, but um, some of the decisions you make in the game actually play into how characters react to you. But it's not really an RPG. There's no leveling. There's no sub-screens or anything like that. It's very much a linear platformer with a lot of really unique puzzle elements. Um, but your decisions do play into the story as well. So I've been playing that. Um, I'm still playing Stardust Odyssey, to be honest. Um, and then um, a lot of a lot of Switch stuff, just because you know I, I can take it to work. So I've been playing The Witcher on the Switch. I'm probably never going to stop playing that game, to be honest. Um, is that is that pretty good, Ray? Because I've been thinking about picking it up. Well, we we have a time limit in this podcast, so oh, I don't okay. want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hold on, hold you? on. I should. I well, should you're right. That. We don't. <laughs> I should preface this. I've played Witcher three, and I got extremely. I was probably eighty percent done with the game, oh, and we, my hard drive got wiped. So I'm just wondering what the Switch version is like because I'd like to start over. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you were asking me if yeah. the Witcher was good. No, um, no, no. I played it. I know it's good. I just wonder how it. How the well, Switch version has. If your hard drive got wiped, you should still be able to re-download it and get your save game. True. Off the cloud. I don't know. Something uh just saying. There's a there's a reason. I've tried. I've tried to get okay. the game back. Maybe well, I'll try again. Who knows? Well, the techie nerd side of me 
bought the Switch version just because I thought it was so freaking cool to have a game like that on a little cartridge and, and running on a handheld yeah. that I could take with me. So there is definitely a visual compromise, but it is by no means unplayable. Like, I mean, the frame rate is okay. solid. Uh, it looks a lot better handheld than it does on the screen, for sure. Um, but it is, I mean, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I'm already like 20 hours into it, and I've been playing it on the Switch. So, um, you know, if you don't mind that there is is definitely a hit in, in visuals, uh, it's it's definitely really enjoyable. And then on the PS4, uh, um, I've been playing that Fight and Rage game, which I think I might have talked great. to you about. It yeah, is great. Is it? Yeah, I, I reviewed it. Um, did I, Old did school I? brawler. Yeah, like if you're if you love Streets of Rage, if you've ever loved Streets of Rage or Final Fight, this guy got to the very core of that gameplay and made a game that feels just like those old ones with the I mean, it's not even really modern because, you know, it still looks very it's very pixel based, very 16 bit looking, but it is just a solid, uh, you know, three player um, brawler. And uh, I reviewed it on the on the website for sure. I just don't remember if I had talked about it. Um, but uh, on the podcast, but yeah, it's it's something that we keep coming back to. We had you know two friends over last weekend and played the shit out of it. Nice. And it's got branching branching storyline, a crapload of unlockables. Um, so it's you know Streets of Rage Four has definitely got some you know competition. You know, so hopefully they're they're upping their game with that game. That yeah. hopefully should yeah. be out fairly soon. Uh, soon, yeah, because uh, I I've really been bugging PR about Streets of Rage Four. And because I'm insanely excited for it, and uh, I've been trying to get a hold of it early, even, but they they're not releasing any builds. <laughs> um, and so what I've been is watch- there is. Uh, do you care if I ask a question? Is there any skill to that game, or is it just a button masher? No, it's like just a- Final Fight, Streets of Rage. No, I know. Definitely. So skill. it's just like those. They didn't. No, it, they didn't add it's any. It's pretty much like those. Yeah. Well, it'll beat your ass if you're because I actually I'm about to shame uh, shame John uh, our our uh, well I guess yeah John writes he's one of our writers is uh, I, I I took the review from him because he was getting you know brutally beat on it and he's right I mean it does beat your ass it it in fact it unlocks an easy mode if you're getting your ass kicked too much um, but it does require you can't just go up to enemies and just start punching them while the other ones wait like they will swarm you and they will you know it can get pretty frustrating but it's also forgiving in that you know you don't start the whole game over when you die like you know streets of rage yeah. if you're done you're done um so you can start from a certain part of the game when you die but uh at normal level it's pretty challenging if you want a challenge and you put it on hard it'll definitely oh, test yeah. your your limits um and then it's even more brutal when you're playing with friends they throw more stuff at you um yep. but uh so yeah it requires a little more skill than i remember streets of rage because i can get through streets of rage by myself fairly easy now yeah. um this one it's still you know it took a couple of tries to get far in it so that I can take screenshots for the review that weren't of the first level. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, but uh, as far as what I'm watching, I did go see the Sonic movie on Friday because I knew we were going to be recording and I thought I'd talk about a video game movie. I'm hearing it's really good. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. It's a fun movie. Uh, no spoilers, but it's a buddy movie. You know, it's a uh, you yeah. can tell from the you can tell from the trailer. It's, it's about friends. Um, so fucking glad they redid sonic and i am one of those people that say that you know when people start griping on the internet i might just get the fuck over it it's a movie but this is one where i was like i am glad that you know the internet 
protested and that they ended up changing. And they redesigned him. him. Yeah, he looked terrible originally. He did he did look terrible? And it's one of those things where it's like, stop trying to make this shit look real. He's a blue yeah. hedgehog. Just make him look like the cartoon, like the way Pikachu did. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looks great. Uh, I, I didn't realize until this weekend that the guy who plays him is, uh, I don't, I can't think of his name off the top of my head from, from Parks and Rec. John, John Ralphio. Ralph, John Ralphio. Yep. And so I was laughing just hearing his voice because I kept thinking of Entertainment 720. And, uh, um, but he <laughs> did a great job. <laughs> oh, my God, that character's so annoying. But he's so brilliant. Um, and uh, but Sonic is not annoying. He actually did a great job with the character and uh, and pretty much all the the remain the staff. Jim Carrey was great as Robotnik, and it's good to see him back in that crazy Jim Carrey mode because I know he yeah. you know, he kind of went off the radar for a while and and I don't know if we'd ever get him back. But yeah, he's he's old he school. Had to go Jim all Carrey. serious on us. I know. Yeah, he, he was, was chasing an Oscar for what twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> nah, I don't think it was actually an Oscar. It's with him. man on the was, moon syndrome. Yeah, yeah but he it, got I, close, I and he... with him more, it was about trying to just be serious. Like a lot of comic actors, you always see them every few years, where there's somebody really popular. Like I'm just waiting for Will Ferrell because Will Ferrell did it once already. He had that. Uh, he had kind of a serious uh, movie. It I was Stranger remember. Than Fiction. Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah. Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah. But they always want to yeah. prove that they that they're more than the comedy, even though the comedy stuff is the hardest to do. So. So put a little pin on that that notion of the actors going from serious to I mean from funny to serious and because I'm going to mention something else that I'm I'm not watching but I'm going to be watching but uh, uh, yeah I mean it, he what he grew the Jason beard and then and then he's you know he's back to he's back to funny so, <laughs> are yeah. you saying the crazy the crazy hermit beard like I have <laughs> yes you well, have an Ray, Ray, if you want to see something crazy crazier is the documentary I can't remember what it's called directly but about when they were making Man on the Moon. Mm-hmm. And I think it's called... Like, I couldn't watch that. Andy and Jim or Jim oh. and Andy or whatever, but it's it. you should watch it, Jason. I mean, it's really well done. And it was cringy. It's, from what I saw. It's cringy in spots, but I hate cringe stuff. Like, I don't watch The yeah. Office. Um, but I finished it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, well, and and... The other thing I'm watching right now is I'm going through CG cartoon, a little CG cartoon phase because I'm rewatching, you know, the Clone Wars. I'm rewatching Rebels and and I'm rewatching probably the only Transformers cartoon that's actually worth it for more than just five year olds, which is Transformers Prime, where it was, you know, it's, a, it's, it's got, you and Mark say the same thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's true. It, it's, I mean, you, you talk to the nerds on the message boards, and I'm one of them, but you talk to the nerds on the message board, yeah, Transformers Prime is garbage. It's like, yeah, but it's the only Emmy-nominated award show for a reason, because it has talent behind it, including the voice actor. It's got it's got Nathan Drake as a Transformer. Yeah, um, but you know what, Ray? When you say something like that, it just brings to mind on Jason's Facebook group for all the movie reviewers and everything. Mm-hmm. I complained one day about Sam Smith's James Bond uh, theme song for uh-huh. Spectre. I just don't like it. And this guy's like, well, he won an Oscar. I'm like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. It's it's not so much that it was nominated, although, you know, that that is it still happened. It's just that there was a lot more care put into what I told someone is this show has pacing and a lot yeah. of cartoons nowadays do not have pacing. Characters can't finish the sentence before somebody else starts talking. Um, you know, the story itself is based, you know, there's a lot of like hyperactive characters and screaming and yelling and Transformers Prime is basically the, 
you know, Batman animated series of Transformers where the stories are a little darker. It doesn't mean it won't, you know, attract kids. It definitely has some kid elements, but yeah. it's it's got a darker story. It's got character death. It has dealing with death. It has, you know, very good dialogue. So what I'm saying is it deserves those awards, but also that none of the other ones have ever gotten awards because they're strictly 100% made for, you know, 5 to 12-year-olds. Um, but uh, what I was going to bring up earlier, which I'm not watching, but I can't wait because it releases February, no, wait, February 12 is when I ordered it, uh, April 14th. And it goes back to where we're talking about actors going from being really funny to trying to be serious is Police Squad is coming to Blu-ray. <laughs> April yeah. 14th. And I have all the DVDs. Yeah, same here. And so I was going to go through and watch them again or just wait till April and watch them in HD. But, I mean, they were shot on film, so I'm expecting it to look really nice. But uh, Police Squad, which for those you know who don't know, is is the show that precedes the Naked Gun series. And it was pretty much the same type of comedy. Yeah. And it didn't last very long. And Leslie Nielsen has an interview speaking of actors who went the opposite direction from being very serious to being absolute geniuses in terms yes. of comedy. Um, he In his interview, he said says the reason this show could not work on television is because you have to pay attention to the show to really enjoy it. Yeah. You have to visually be watching when someone says someone threw a rock in no, someone threw a window into a rock garden um, with a note tied to it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's things that you have to pay attention. That's why the movies Naked Gun were a little more popular because you, you had to watch. You had, you're sitting in a dark theater. Yeah. You had to pay attention. And, uh, but they're, they're fucking hilarious. They're amazing. They, some of them are hit or miss, but, but I mean, there's only what, like six episodes? Yeah. But I mean, it's, it, well, it's the Zuckers. So the guys that did like airplane, brain donors, uh, basketball, it's, it's those guys. And then um, Pat Proft was the writer. And my favorite episode is the the one where he goes undercover with the boxing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's so brilliant that show. And the funny thing is, my stepdad loves that show just because whenever he parks the car, he always hits a garbage can. He always hits a garbage can. <laughs> and at the beginning, they always name a guest star, and you yeah, know, and they're, they're in the intro, in like yeah, they well they get killed in the intro. Yeah. Like well, usually, it was killed. one of those. Yeah, yeah, he gets killed right, right there when they mention him, and also starring William Shatner, he gets shot. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they were. Oh, the show is brilliant. Yeah, and um, Steve Carell and his wife Nancy tried to do something similar, and actually, it lasted longer than I thought it would. Um, it, I think it's still on. Angie Tribeca, I thought it, I thought it got uh, canceled. Maybe it did now, but yeah, Angie Tribeca is a really good show. Yeah, it's it's you know it's a hit. It's not for everyone, and I've, I definitely introduced it to some people that berated me for making them watch it because it's that <laughs> naked gun humor. But as far as naked gun humor, it's it does it really well. And you know, some of it is, it's it's that humor that it people just you know like where she's she's practicing, she's working out in her in her room, and then it cuts to a close up, and she's got like man abs, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing where yeah. you know it. It made me laugh as a kid, and you know it's good in Naked Gun because I think in Naked Gun there's the love scene where she's like takes off his shirt and she's running her hands down his chest, and it's clearly, clearly <laughs> another guy's chest. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I fucking love those, so I, I was pretty excited about that. And and it, I remember as a teenager, maybe a little later in life, I, I researched Leslie Nielsen because I saw him in Forbidden Planet. Oh, and yeah. I was like, wait a minute. That's that's that dude, and realized that he did a lot of serious stuff before serious he went stuff, out. Yeah, yeah. So it well, really... it's it's just like Peter Graves doing Airplane. That's kind of where oh, a yes. lot of this started. Is Peter Graves did Airplane one and two, and 
they kind of continue that tradition on with with police squad naked gun yeah um that's a little bit that's pretty much all i've been watching i bought a cure on blu-ray and i plan on watching it i haven't seen that in a really long time um so i, I kind of want to i have I the criterion laserdisc for that oh, badass. it's a box set yeah, it's it's been a while. I don't know if how it's going to age for me, but I know it's you know it's considered one of the one of the best out there. And, and uh, oh, and just to you know throw one last thing out there, I finished uh, the Good Place. Uh, I guess two weeks ago when I it finally started ended. that yet. Um, do you know anything about it? Do, do you all know anything no. about it? Yeah, like, no yeah I know. I know the basic premise, but no one spoiled it for you. No. Okay. Cool. Well. Uh, if you do watch it, you know, not that, you know, by this point you would have already been spoiled, but, you know, stay away from discussion because it has some very, very awesome, like, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say anything. It's just, it's very cool. <laughs> like the way it plays out, the characters, the interaction between them, the chemistry between them, but there are some really cool surprises in it that I loved. Nice. And, um, and I, and I'm very glad that it's over. Um, uh, because it needed to end because I hate when a story goes on so long that it loses the core of what made it so good in the first place because they're just milking lost. it. Yeah, Lost. Well, and the <laughs> thing about Lost is I compare this to Lost if Lost had ended when it needed to end. And, I worked, yeah. and if the story made any sense and if well, they didn't troll every person that was watching that show and if they didn't have that dumb fucking ending that I'm so glad that I stopped watching that show. Well, and let me let me play a, a, a minor devil's advocate with it because I worked for ABC when that show was going, and I and I, I kind of know that the initial show was supposed to end at season five or I think maybe even season four, but ABC saw money and said, "Stretch this out. I don't care how you do it, but stretch it out." And so that whole middle section where they're dealing with time travel and all that stuff that that was not really a part of it. But if you watch the second episode of Lost, which I haven't rewatched the whole thing since it aired, but I did get to episode two, yeah. and I saw something in that episode that made me think these guys did have a plan, but it was, yeah. it was distorted because in the airplane, they said, did you find anything in the plane? And they're like, not much, just an old unreturned copy of Willy Wonka and some other shit. And it was like, Willy Wonka is exactly what Lost is. Yeah. If you took all that other stuff away, is finding someone who is true of heart to caretake this very precious gift, which to Charlie, it was yeah. the chocolate factory. To Hurley, I forgot his name, it was the island. And so right there at the very beginning, they were telling you, you're going to watch. There was a, it had to be a reason why it was Willy Wonka that they found in the airplane. It's because you were about to watch a six-season version of Willy Wonka with a uh, lot of unnecessary filler. There, well, there's an there's, interview there's a couple with... Things. Didn't, it, didn't it get affected by the writer's strike in the middle? Yes. I weigh, yeah. yes, I think so. And then the guy that played Hurley, I don't know if he still does, but he used to come to Wisconsin all the time. Mm-hmm. He used to come here. I, I don't know if he had a girlfriend or something here or what, but he used to come to camp. And every time he came to Wisconsin, it was all of the, oh, Hurley's here. Anyway. Yeah. But there's yeah. an interview that Stephen King did with J.J. Abrams where Abrams swore they were only doing five seasons. Yeah. And Stephen King made him promise. And he said, if you continue, if you keep going and you go for the money, you're going to ruin this. And yeah, Abrams swore up and down, no, we're not going to do that. We've got a yeah. plan. And no, that's exactly what happened. ABC yeah. didn't do didn't want that, and so um, then you get all that stuff. But I, I I did like the ending. They were not just to clarify, they were not all dead all along. 
they eventually died at the, whatever time in their life they died, and they ended up together because of the strong bond they formed while they were on the island. So it, it wasn't a, see, I told you they were all dead along. It's like, no, they, they actually were not dead. This Everything they went through, they really went through. But yeah, it, it's it does suck that it got ruined like that. And so going back to Good Place, I feel like Good Place could have gone that route. I was feeling like it, it was starting to, and then they wrapped it up so beautifully that it was like okay thank you like you didn't need more even though it sucks because i know for the actors you know you you want them to keep going and and all that but but as far as a story like it really would have destroyed what starts off as a really strong uh tv show so Hmm. i watched the ending of that show because i watched the first two seasons i believe then i stopped but i watched the ending of of lost okay i hated it yeah hated it um yeah there was a there was a show and I say this for uh for Jason um by M Night Shyamalan called the uh, shit Wayward Pines Yeah one thing I loved about Wayward Pines is that it got to the point real quick it did not fuck around like Lost, like stringing you along for season after season. I yeah. think after about episode three or four, you they tell you everything, everything that's going on in the town. And then it becomes about what happens now. And I, I really enjoyed that show. And it, it had a little bit of a nebulous ending, but I still felt satisfied with the ending. I, I still need to give that, that a show. chance. Yeah. Hey, did, I haven't, because I really liked... Did you uh, see ahead. on Netflix that there's some monkey movie that David Lynch made and he's in it? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I saw ads for that and I couldn't tell if it was serious or not because it, it's so bizarre. It's like a talking monkey, right? Or it's something like that, but, but it looks like it's really old footage that he, I don't know. Like, cause if you look at it in Netflix, obviously that little, you know, the video starts up right away and yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it. I goes, that David Lynch and you know, the whole thing. And I had to go research a little bit, but yeah, it's there. It's so bizarre. Like, I don't think I registered it as real. It was one of those things I thought I may have dreamed about later. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, now that you mention it, yeah. Like, it. I kind of want to check it out now. I guess it's a real thing that exists. Speaking of exists. Netflix, speaking of Netflix, uh, Mark Hamill playing Skeletor in the Netflix He-Man. I cartoon. saw that. <laughs> Among <Yeah>. other cast. <laughs> Kevin Smith just posted a bunch about all, some of that stuff. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, there's a lot more shit that I just watch off on the side, but that's kind of the the top of my list. All right, Jason. Uh, mine is pretty on. short. I'm uh, playing. I've been playing. Um, Stop playing uh, Death Stranding, and kind of got more back into uh, Red Dead Online just because I wanted to top out my my Moonshiner role, and I finally did that. Nice. And they said they were going to patch the game this week, and so that the because since they introduced the trader roles, uh, animal the wildlife it's like an ecological disaster. I mean, animals are hunted to extinction in that game. You never see them. Jeez. And they're supposed to. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You'll see a deer, and you'll think and you immediately shoot it because you haven't seen one in a while, and everybody's thinking that way. So within five minutes, all wildlife is gone, and it's been a real problem on there. You know, I tried supposed to, to patch join it, but you one day in that game it. online, and I couldn't find you. Oh, really? I joined on your session and everything, and I could not find you or get to you. Uh, I'm kind of a lone wolf. Well, oh, no, it wasn't, I don't think around. it was you doing I think it was just the way the game works. It's just the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's not perfect, but I love Red Dead, so I'll just play it. Uh, I picked up yesterday, I picked up um, 
what are those games called? Darksiders Genesis for the oh, yeah. Switch. Yeah, those are oh. good. I just started playing it, so I really can't comment on it. Um, but it's kind of like a top-down, like a Diablo, sort of blended with the Dark Darksiders controls. It's really, really an odd pairing. Yeah. But but I've only played that for maybe 20 minutes, so I can't really tell you if it's great or not. But I love that series, so I picked it up. But I love I like um, playing games like that with my wife, so I, I was curious about it because it's same same screen co-op. Yeah, it is, and it's like a twin stick shooter too. So the guns you have in the Darksiders games sort of work operate like a twin stick shooter. It's kind of cool. Nice. I like that part, um, but I don't have anybody to play it with. So again, I haven't put enough time into it to really give you a grade or anything or a, any sort of thoughts, other than I'm just going to keep playing it. Um, uh, what else have I been playing? I've been playing uh, Call of Duty with Glenn yeah. when I can. Just unlock the crossbow. That's made that game a lot more fun. Makes <laughs> a lot more interesting. <clears throat> it sure does, and it's got to be irritating on the other end when you got when you get pegged with one of those explosive tip. Uh, oh yeah! Oh, he just shot me in the arm. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Boom. <laughs> So yeah, that's about all I've been playing. It's just a lot of Medal of, uh, Call of Duty. Why do I want to say Medal of Honor? See that that's stuck in my uh, Call of Duty and a lot of Red Dead Online. And then watching uh, Narcos Mexico just came out with season two. Oh nice! And I love those series, so I've been watching that. I watched El Pina. Is it El Pinatero? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, you pronounce. I wasn't hat. laughing at your pronunciation. You, I, was, I was laughing because, yeah, I was like, what? I mentioned it. <laughs> no, you pronounced it correctly. I was laughing because you mentioned it. Yeah, I've seen but, that but, now. But if Ray says it, it's a completely different pronunciation. El Piñatero. Well, no, he said it right. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally watched Ray's movie because I knew we were coming on this podcast. I've been telling him forever I'm going to get to it. And I don't know what kept me from it. But yeah, it was good. You did a good job. Awesome. Thanks, man. I think you got skills, and I'd like to see what you do with them from here on out. Probably nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably nothing. I don't know. Maybe the sequel. We're hoping to shoot it, but it'll be done in the same way. Just friends getting together with a camera and shooting it. Because, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. Working with professionals in the industry, I've had nothing but bad experiences. So it's when you do it with friends. They kind of do it as a labor of love, kind of like we were talking about yeah. podcasting and, and games in general. And so some of that actually comes through in the camera because, you know, there's no egos or anything like that. And, and I've, even to date and even when we got into some of the festivals, I just I always call it our movie. I, I rarely yeah. ever. And in the new uh, in the new edit that I put for the I'm trying to get into the Austin Film Festival. I don't even put myself as director. I just, you know, screw their their need to do that because yeah you you need to put your your cast in there and who did what i'm like that's fine i'll put it in the end credits really quick but i'm not going to put it at the beginning nice i yeah i don't care um but yeah thanks for watching it yeah i was impressed i was definitely impressed so i was worried the whole time that i was going to have to like (laughs) you know how it is a friend wants you to read their book and you don't really want to do it because you don't want to break their heart but uh, yeah I i was definitely impressed so I finally caught that. Uh, I've been watching Picard and really enjoying Picard. But uh, I, whereas you guys are Star Wars fanatics, I'm a Star you're, Trek. You're fanatic. crazy. I'm, 
I'm a Star Trek fanatic too. Yes, I'm. I'm caught up on Picard, man. I, I forgot to mention. I don't know why I didn't. Oh, I didn't. I'm yeah, waiting no. for the entire season to be posted so that I can see if there's a free trial somewhere, and I can binge the whole thing. <sighs> Do I need to give you MP4s to that too? Because the first episode was awesome. I loved it. it that's a series that understands pacing. I mean, yes. they're really sure does. It may seem boring to some people, but they're really building these characters up, and really, the story is super neat. Yeah. If you're a fan of Next Generation, it's a really cool story. So and, I, and I'm impressed. I thoroughly with that enjoyed too. the first episode up on YouTube. I I really did. And here's the thing: if you're a fan of Blade Runner, even if you don't even know who Jean-Luc Picard is, you will like this. Like I mean, Blade it's... Runner, or even there's a little Mass Effect in there too yep. going on yep. in these latter episodes. So uh-huh. it's just, I don't know. I'm enthralled. They yeah. did a really nice. good job with it. It's fantastic. Uh, hey, if I may throw in a little a little introduction, like just a tiny one, uh, because an, another thing I'm watching and it reminded me because you brought up Picard and I was like, shit, I didn't mention that one is is Harley Quinn is fucking awesome. And I'm not talking about the, the movie? movie. I'm not talking about the oh, movie. I'm talking about okay. the TV show. No, the movie was OK. The, but the problem with the movie is that the cartoon exists. If the cartoon didn't exist, I might have enjoyed the movie more. But. The everything about the cartoon is so free. It's South Park in the DC universe, like with a with an actual story. And well, South Park has a story. And um, that that's the only thing that made the movie lackluster for me is that I wanted the characters and the personalities from the cartoon in the movie. I wanted Poison Ivy as her best friend and a King Shark to be like this dopey guy in a hoodie. Like, I can't recommend that one enough. Like, just the writing alone is phenomenal. And yes, unfortunately, it's behind the stupid paywall, but um, (laughs) it's it's worth streaming you know it's gonna end probably in two weeks it's worth like getting the free trial and just watch plowing through it they're little 20 minute episodes but anyway back to jason well but if i get on dc i'm gonna watch uh doom doom patrol first doom patrol yeah well no they've got other good stuff but i'm telling you glenn like it is it's it seems like more you know harley quinn pandering but it's not they they actually did i know i've just got a weird thing about harley quinn and I, I, Joker doesn't well, need a girlfriend. Well, no, but the thing is, she was great in the animated series. It was a great character, but she's an ancillary character. And all of a sudden, you're watching something like Suicide Squad, which I hated. But all of a sudden, she's like a master with a gun, and she carries this huge mallet that weighs more than her. And it's just figure the fuck out what this character is going to be and make it stick instead of just she can fight somebody with kung fu that apparently apparently she never studied but she knows it's just uh, uh, i just don't like it and and it's all because she got popular because of cosplayers that literally that's that's why she's popular yeah because i I mean i've loved her since the 90s i love her character i love her i love her uh accent because i love that's what i love about lois from from family guy i mean but but the thing is this show does flesh her out but not not it it fleshes her out because yes it is a comedy but there is some really cool underlying things because i mean she is not the Joker. She isn't uh, Lex Luthor. She's she's a sidekick, and she knows that, and she's trying to get that recognition Joker has. But I mean, they don't take her seriously, and you know, she's trying to get into the Legion of Doom, and you know, um, I don't want to say too much about the story, but yeah, it's it's just really good writing, and and it's the it's the other cast members that make it so good because that's yeah. that's what made the movie just okay because it's just about her. This is you know her and 
Poison Ivy. And I love that kind of this new DC universe is starting to get this thing where Poison Ivy and her are friends because it's it, it's the Batman and Superman dynamic where they sure. have very different personalities. But anyway, I didn't want to steal from uh, from Jason, but Picard reminded me of Harley because that's the other thing we're watching mm-hmm. like every single week. So, so back cool. to you, man. I don't, I haven't, uh, since I've been doing a lot more writing, I, I do a lot of editorial now, so I'll just dig into a movie. Uh, this week it's been Hollow Man, Paul Verhoeven's Hollow Man, because I thought there's that new uh, Invisible Man movie coming out, and I remember the movie was terrible. <laughs> but, oh, but isn't but that new Invisible remember... Man a Blumhouse movie? Yeah, I'm sure it is. I don't know. It's just... Usually with your editors, they want you to time things. So if I want to write an article, sure. I'll have to time it to something else coming out. So I'm like, why not write about Hollow Man? So I've been watching that and dissecting it. That's been uh, interesting. It's got to be good. It's got Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's uh, giant sausage in it, too. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> giggity, giggity, giggity. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, God, what do I plan on? I think the next movie I plan on seeing, geez. You guys, I'm sure you got. I have no idea what I'm. Yeah, I don't even know what's really coming right now. I'm sure there's something. We just saw Harley and Sonic. That's it. I don't know what's coming up in the next couple of months. More TV, more TV than movies. Altered Carbon season two comes out this week. Yeah, next week. Yeah, it's it's that's kind of the story. I mean, I'm I'm waiting for a few select movies to come out, but it's like I live so far out of town, town that. I really got to be picky anymore about what I go see. I'm, I think I'm going to go see that movie, The Hunt, where rich liberals hunt conservatives down. What? <laughs> Have you heard of that? No. It was super controversial. They like it was supposed to release that last September. It's like rich liberals hunting oh. conservatives on this game preserve. Wait, should it be the other way around? Yeah, you would think so. Preserve, so, yeah. So, like, I'm kind of fascinated by that. I just want to see it. You know, it's something controversial. I'm going to go check it out. Um, not saying that it's I'm politically minded or anything. I just want to see this movie that was banned for a few months. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I've just been writing about old movies and playing Red Dead Redemption. That's about it. Nice. I really do need to get in, into Red Dead with you because I, I haven't even finished the story yet, but I haven't really done too much for online. And like I said, I just saw you playing one time about a, a month ago and I was like, oh, I'll join them. And I couldn't find you. Yeah, it's my, it's my like go to, you know, I got a, I got a few podcasts I listen to besides yours. And so when I jump on, usually when I'm on Red Dead, I'm just listening to podcasts and just zoning out, Ah, going around and getting into adventures. It's not like I'm a serious Red Dead online player or anything. Ah. It's just kind of what I do. It's my time. That sounds very enticing. I think I'm going to install it again. I mean, it, it, I really liked it. It's just I got distracted by other things. So, yeah, yeah. I still really want to finish the story. I, yeah. I've enjoyed the hell out of that game. Same. Here. I've beat the story twice. I mean, I Red Dead's my jam. I love Red Dead Redemption. So, Damn, that's awesome. Westerns are my jam. Yeah. yeah. So any any time to to get in that world, I just kind of get in there and just zone out. Nice. Be a cowboy for a few hours. So. <laughs> I've got I've got a pretty long list, but I think there's some stuff here that we can talk about later on, especially for watch. But okay, uh, playing wise, I mean, I mentioned it before. I've been doing a lot of retro stuff, but um, <clears throat> I grabbed the review for this because usually, I if I put a Yakuza game on our our reviews channel on our for the writers, nobody claims it because Jason Honecker doesn't write for us anymore. <laughs> uh, so there's this Yakuza collection coming out. That's Yakuza three, four, and five, 
uh, to PS4. And actually, this is the first way. If you if you buy the physical edition, it's the first time you can get Yakuza Five uh, physically. Apparently, although I thought it came out for PS3 limited. Uh, so I started playing Yakuza Three. Man, it is cool. It's not just a port. It looks fantastic. Um, so I, I just started playing Yakuza Three on there, but I mean, like I'm an hour in, so I don't really have a lot to talk about with that. Uh, also, got some people together. We played Battlefield Four about a week ago, and found out that it's <clears throat> really, really difficult to find a server that's not hardcore. All of them are hardcore nowadays. It's ridiculous, but we finally found a server and had a really good time in that game. It's amazing. Battlefield 4 is a launch title. And it's still yeah. awesome. It's still absolutely awesome. And I like Battlefield 5 a lot. I really do. But BF4, man, being able to shoot down a helicopter with an RPG that's not guided, what a sensation. Yeah. <clears throat> Just, uh, it's such a pleasant experience. Uh, like I said before, uh, so season two just started for Modern Warfare, uh, new battle pass. But if you had the battle pass from the first season, you could build up enough credits to buy the battle pa- the battle pass for season two. So I just did it because what am what am I going to use that credit for? Uh, and apparently I'm 165 hours in, but <clears throat> I've gotten to the point now where I'm trying alternative weapons. So I'm trying. Because the M4, they keep nerfing it. Everybody complains about the M4 because it's kind of a an OP weapon. A lot of people think, uh, but I just started with the MP or the M4 on my own. I, I don't really get into communities or anything like that. So I, you know, I just was using it, and then all of a sudden I, I started watching a couple of YouTubers that play a lot of Modern Warfare on PC just to see how they play and everything. And all they do is complain about the M4. So I kind of saw the writing on the, you know the writing in the sky for this one that they're going to start nerfing the M4 and they have the, with every update, just about they've done something else with the M4, you know, it recoil recoils more or whatever. So I started looking at alternative weapons for that. Um, so I'm just, I'm trying to broaden my horizons in the game a little bit, but I, you know, it's the, it's that brainless get in and play an FPS that I love. And I, I just, I really like the game. It's so damn solid. Uh, and it was funny because I put the season uh, the season two thing started. I, I tweeted it, and somebody wrote back like, "Who cares?" I go, "Maybe the millions of people that are playing the game every day." I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm glad you told me that yesterday because it took me about four hours to download. That update was absurd, it was, and it, now it's enormous. There's a problem, at least on my PS4 downstairs. I'm gonna try it up here before, when we're done. Almost every time. That I that I end uh, a round, I get a message saying there's a new update. There's a new update. We're gonna restart. Mm-hmm. I've gotten that at least ten times. We had a good thing going the other night too, and it was just yep. like every in between every match, we all had to reboot, get out, come back yep. in. And it was happening to me yesterday too. So I don't yeah. know what the fuck is Ugh. going on. And of course, I tweeted it Infinity Ward and everything. And nobody gave a shit. Um, and then, you know, I mentioned playing the Dreamcast, so I, I played uh, some 18-wheeler, which is a, a Sega arcade game that they brought to the Dreamcast, and it's basically a perfect port. It's a fun game. Uh, NFL 2K2, played a full game. World Series Baseball 2K2, which is fantastic. Uh, Daytona USA on the Dreamcast, which is awesome. Control-wise, can be a little sketchy at times, but not as bad as the Saturn version. Uh, Soul Calibur, which, you know, launch title, still amazing uh, fighting game. And I totally suck at it because I don't remember the moves anymore. <laughs> uh, the first Virtua Tennis, which is so much fun. Uh, Sega Marine Fishing, which I wish I had the fishing controller now, but they're really hard to find. 
And then um, <clears throat> Mars Matrix, which is a Capcom vertical shooter. It's a, it's an interesting game because it's it's really good looking and it's it's fantastic on the Dreamcast, but <clears throat> it's got kind of this deeper meta game where the money and the credits that you earn while you're playing. So a lot of when you kill an enemy, like this little gold cube will fall from them or a big gold cube. Uh, it saves that on your memory card. And then you can get to a point where you can start buffing your stats. So it's not like you're just playing an arcade game where you're just playing, you know, one game, get killed, do a continue, whatever. There's also this level uh, on the memory card that's persistent and you can actually kind of buff your stats. So it's pretty cool, but I'm terrible at the game. <clears throat> and then, uh, so I, I bought when, when Hilden passed away, I bought his dreamcast from his wife. And one of the games I got with it is Gunbird two, which is another vertical shmup. I think it's a cave shmup. Um, I'm terrible at it. And then I remembered yesterday when I tried to play it, that you can only use the D pad. It won't let you use the analog stick. So I was trying to do it with my, dead left thumb and that did not go well <clears throat> and then when i got the scarf box i also played the sega saturn and i put some videos up of this so i played daytona usa on there uh clockwork night 2 which i always love the look of the oh, game but wow. I'm, yeah i'm yeah i'm kind of cooling off on that on the first and the second game just because i don't know something about it, but i love how it looks and it was very 32-bit ish when, when you would see uh, like arcade games from Sega, the 32-bit wise, uh, they used a lot of CG uh, to model the characters, kind of like Donkey Kong Country, etc. Uh, played some virtual racing on the Saturn, which isn't bad, but I'm spoiled now that it's on the the arcade ones on the Switch, all remastered. Uh, and World Series Baseball '98 on the Saturn is one of my favorite baseball games. It's exceptional. Uh, I mean, it's just tough to play because it's so old, but it's an exceptional game. And then. The interesting one out of, out of this whole thing, you know, I mentioned before that if it's a light gun game on these old systems, you really can't play it anymore unless you have a CRT. Well, <clears throat> there are a couple of, of uh, exceptions to that rule, especially on the Saturn, uh, because unbeknownst to most people, you know, the, the Sega Saturn had a modem that you could get for it, mainly in Japan, but I think it was out over here for a little while as well. With that, though, you could do web browsing and whatnot, and they actually made what's called the shuttle mouse for the Sega Saturn. It's a, a regular ball mouse with two buttons and a start button on, if you, like closer to the bottom of the of the mouse. But it's a two-button mouse. You can use that to play some of the Lycan games and some of the other games too, like Lemmings. I think you can use it with and a couple of point-and-click games. But you can play, and I did played Virtual Cop 2 with the mouse. And it's not bad. You have to get used to the... Because it's a very dynamic game. Like, the camera's always panning. Um, so sometimes getting your aim on with, with the mouse is a little tough. But played it quite a bit. It was fun. Someone's well, eating chips. Well, it's... Nope, uh, it's not. Sorry, oh. I was getting something out of the cupboard. <laughs> I wasn't eating. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so the, camera, the camera's moving and you're trying to compensate with the mouse. That's right. what makes it a little... Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you're trying to anticipate where where the crosshair is going to be so you can shoot the guy. And I mean, you see it in the video. You see me miss a few times and it, it's a pretty obvious shot that I should have made. But because you're moving a cursor around instead of just aiming at the screen with a gun, it's a little bit different. But I had a lot of fun with it. And Virtual Cop 2 is actually surprisingly good on the Saturn. I never really appreciated it very much. Uh, and then the watch stuff. So I think 
Jason's probably going to like a couple of these. So first off, I've, I rewatched uh, because I downloaded it all to my to my uh, tablet to fly out to San Francisco and back. I rewatched the entire uh, uh, series of The League because I love that show to death. And I also just started rewatching The Grand Tour, which is the folks from Top, Top Gear that went over to Amazon. Uh, so I've started watching those again. But this is the, the meaty stuff. So And Jason and I have been talking about this actually the first three of these uh on hbo they've got a new documentary series on the monopoly game at mcdonald's called oh, mcmillions yeah. and McMillions. it's fucking awesome it's so good it agreed agreed i read that article i read an article on this it might it may have been a vulture it may have been a box a few years ago and i was blown away by that story yeah and i was like why hasn't somebody some some smart guy in hollywood Preferably the Cohen brothers bought this yet. Oh my god, or optioned it because it's a fascinating story, and I'm so well, glad it's a documentary too. Yes, because the real people in it are better than any performance. Well, it's it's great because they actually got some of the the people that were from the FBI involved, and there's this younger agent that's hilarious, and they talk to him a lot, and and he does not seem like the typical stereotypical. FBI agent, you know, and he's just he's a kind of a clown, there's, but he's hilarious. Something about that guy's personality that's yeah. just so he's got this natural charisma and you can't help make me and my wife just die. Anytime mm-hmm. he's interviewed, you you do not know what the guy's going to do next or say next. But I don't think he knows for that undercover operation, too, because he's so disarming. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <clears throat> but the great yeah. thing is, so Jason and I were texting the other day because I was watching it after him, the, the next episode. And the mob gets involved in this whole scenario and. They start talking to this one mobster's wife, and she is such a stereotype. And what I, I said something to you, like, it's almost like Snooky. I don't remember anymore. She looks like an old Snooky. She, she could, you could tell she was probably a piece of ass about 30 years ago, <laughs> and she still thinks she is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But if you have access I'm using to HBO mob Go, lingo, by the way, those yeah. are mob terms. If you have HBO, if you have access to HBO Go at all, but watch it. it there's only two episodes so far. I think the third one probably comes out today. But uh, it's fascinating. And it's it's riveting. It's compelling. It's so much fun to watch. It's so well done. So what what's the premise? Of so it's about the Monopoly game that you used to, when you peeled the stickers off. Of, the what? For it 10 was, years. It was fixed. For oh, 10 years, okay. There okay, were okay. no legal winners of that game. And oh, McDonald's shit. kept that under wraps. Yeah. One guy. Oh, go ahead, Jason. Well, I guess I don't really want to spoil it. Do no, I? no, because it sounds interesting. I, I was just wondering what the what it was. I thought you were. I thought they were interviewing it's, winners. So it's actually more that there was a scam. I mean, I want a soda. Interviews of winners, but it's, you'll find out that it was all fixed. Oh, and I want a soda and, and some fries. And then the part where you uh, they actually go into the game pieces is fascinating. The the security yeah. they had on those is, was amazing. So this was like a high end heist film too. Yeah, it's like how did these guys? How did this person hustle these uh, boardwalk pieces out out of this uh, facility that they were made in? I mean, it's super interesting. Yeah, and, I think and the thing is, the way that. that they're laying stuff out is a, it's a great pace mm-hmm. because all yeah. of a sudden, even in episode two, there was this big moment. I'm like, oh my god, it, it's amazing <laughs> that this shit happened and how it happened. I'll look it up right now. Yeah, that sounds interesting. <laughs> sounds fun. Uh, and then. A couple movies I really wanted to see in the theaters, but for whatever reasons, uh, well, one of them didn't play here in town, but just for whatever reasons, I never got a chance to. But uh, Ford v. Ferrari is amazing. 
Every so bit as good as everybody says it is. Nice. That's on my list. It is it's definitely fantastic. on my list. It's it's everything about it. It's shot well. They actually stick to the story. Um, Christian Matt Bale is phenomenal in it. Yeah, they're both great. And and actually, Ken Miles, the the driver, his son worked with uh, Christian Bale to make sure that he was portraying the father correctly or Ken Miles correctly. Um, but even the way it's shot, everything about it, I absolutely adored it. Uh, and then I actually talked my parents into watching it because they thought it was just a piece of fiction. And they have access to my, you know, all my accounts. And, and I'm like, watch Ford v. Ferrari. I think you really like it. And they were really hesitant. I'm like, just trust me. Just watch it. So it gets done. And I go to my mom, who was the one that really didn't want to see it. And I'm like, what would you think? She goes, that was really good. I didn't realize that was a true story. I'm like, oh, my God. I told you that three times. But she was so opposed to it that she didn't want to hear what I had to say about it. Here it is. It, it's such cool, a great, I'm buy like, it right now. it's like a classic American movie. Yeah, like in the vein, it just it's. But the thing that was most surprising, I think, for me about Ford versus Ferrari as as a car racing film, it's like bar none. Yeah, it has got nice. some of the best racing sequences, and it's in, it's in practical. Film. And it's practical, from what I heard. There's no CG cars or any of that. No, shit. there is. There's CG. There is. Oh, oh yeah. well, so yeah. when they were standing by the track and doing lines, that they were actually really there. They talked about how they had to. There was something with the CG with the lighting that they had to get right and. But some of it is CG because it's really dangerous what they were doing. But it's, it's hard to heavy. tell, though. Yeah, and it's not heavy CG. It's only in small parts. Well, I'm buying it right now from my it's little site. I mean, here. if I don't notice it, that's good CG. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It doesn't stand out. Um, and then, and you don't even have to be into car racing or anything else. It, it's a am, cool so American so story. <laughs> and Matt Damon does a fantastic job as Carol Shelby, and and Christian Bale does. I mean, everybody is really good in the movie, and. It's funny because Ford would not get involved with the movie because of the way that Henry Ford Jr., who's Henry Edson's the, son, yeah. and uh, Bibi were portrayed, even though every other story you ever heard about Ford going to Le Mans and everything sounds like it was pretty true what they were doing in the movie. So, because Henry Ford Jr. was not a smart man. Uh, you know what I like too is it has that American grit. The things yeah. that make America great, the things yeah. we like about it, are like just the competitive nature. Like we, like they just did not like taking shit off of Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari had every reason to give everybody shit. Yep, but they didn't like it at all, and it's just they put their heads together. And I don't know, it's such a great story. They, and it was it was really well put together, pacing wise, uh, script, everything. It was so well put together. Yeah, I, I really loved it. Cool. No, I just I just got it from my my little site where I get my my codes. I mean, I didn't steal it. I bought it. Not bought it, but it's a di- no. It's a digital site uh, where you get like digital versions of the movies from people who don't want oh, okay. the the they don't oh. care about the codes. But I buy them. I mean, I paid for it. It's just I don't pay the full you know price for it. You have to point me in that direction. Anyway, the other one that I really wanted to see, and I I figured I was going to like it, but I didn't think that I was going to love it as much as I did. That's Jojo Rabbit. I heard Here's where you're things gonna... about that. It is I so... didn't get to finish it, and I'm sorry. I'm going to. <laughs> I told you I would. And it's and, not and because I'm bummed it's because there's good. something that happens later on that I wanted to kind of coyly mention, but because uh, I don't want to spoil it, but there are so many things about this movie that I just adore. Um, and Jason and I were texting back and forth because you see 
Taika Waititi's uh, influences a little bit in terms of how he directed it and, and some of the mechanics that he used. I mean, there's some Charlie Chaplin in there. There's some Mel Brooks in there. And Mel Brooks apparently saw it and he loved this movie. Um, and I, remember, I don't remember the director you said. There's Jason. some Wes Anderson. A lot yeah. of Wes oh, Anderson. Oh, a lot of Wes Anderson. But they portray the Germans in Berlin accurately where the, the Nazis basically wanted everything to seem normal in Berlin while World War II was going on. So you see a lot of bright colors. You see a lot of regular society happening. And they portray that really well here. I love, and I don't think I'm spoiling this, but it's this kid and his imaginary friend is Hitler. Yeah. No, I know that part. I know, and I know that part. the way that Taika Waititi, who's Jewish, by the way, which I love, uh, the way he <laughs> portrays Hitler is so great. It, it, it's, it, I can't it describe how the personification that he gives him. And, like Stephen Merchant's in it, and he's great. I mean, everybody. Like I didn't even realize that. Ah, um, oh, I can't think of his name. The guy from Iron Man Two. Um, no. shit. The other Nazi, the the boss, the one that. Uh, oh, you're thinking of Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's yeah. brilliant in this movie. He's just he. The the great thing is you can tell the entire cast bought into it 100. percent like Scarlett Johansson is, in my opinion, it's the best thing she's ever done. Yeah, and you you sort of have to with that subject matter. Yeah, you cannot half-ass it. You have to go in full bore or not at all. But, but. It, it's, <laughs> it's so good. And I mean, there's something that happens toward the end that actually really disturbed me a little bit, and not not a horror thing or anything else. But it's just it's something that you kind of expect is going to happen, but you didn't think it would happened the way it did and blah 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 but oh my god just how the kids in the hitler youth and they go to like a summer camp for hitler youth. i mean it's just it seems so absurd but guess what folks a lot of that shit happened a lot yeah. of that shit was real i do remember uh the movie uh life is Life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. How how it was a comedy, and it, there were moments where you absolutely laughed, and it was almost like genius how that could that worked because it's, that's it's, a yeah go ahead. yeah it's that's, like Ro- a, that's Roberto Benigni Ber- Bernini right was uh, it? I, yeah I it's, Jason it won an Oscar and he climbed over the seats at the Oscars to go yeah yeah it. yeah yeah it's Roberto yeah, it's Benigni. Just, I just remember watching that, laughing when he's doing the little, you know, he's acting for his son and all that, knowing that everything surrounding these situations is very serious, very real, but you're laughing because it's still funny. And I thought, man, whoever wrote, you know, this in the way they wrote it is genius because it is a very sensitive topic, um, but it's still, you know, they still managed to do it. They probably grew up on Hogan Zeroes. (laughs) <laughs> probably <laughs> but one of the things that i love about jojo rabbit is that the way that they portray a lot of the nazis especially the nazis that like are higher up in the ranks and how he kind of physically makes fun of how the nazis thought processes worked mm-hmm. you know and, and how they bought into the nazi ide- ideology and but it's still I mean, there are some hilarious moments in this movie, multiple hilarious moments. And the funny thing is, the book it's based on isn't a comedy. 
Wow. Yeah, but I, I'm telling you, I, I expected to like it. I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. But man, and my parents watched it too, and they just enjoyed the hell out of it. All right, I've got two more things. Uh, so, and this is another one I was talking to Jason about, but uh, Spectrum, the old charter uh, cable company, Spectrum now is doing like Comcast and whatnot, and they're producing their own TV shows. Uh, and one of them, they actually sent me screeners for the whole thing, and I forgot to talk about it last time. Oh, wow. Uh, it's called Manhunt Deadly Games. And I think you can only get it if you have Spectrum. I'm not sure. But if you have Spectrum, you can get it for free. You just go on your box and you pull it up. But it's about the Atlanta Olympics bombing, which oh, I thought the timing was interesting that. because Jewel had just come out, you know, from. Yeah, Richard Monday. Jewel. So this is all about the bombing and, and Richard Jewel and, and, and the investigation, the FBI flubbing things or whatever. And the guy that plays Richard Jewel is the guy that played. Um, oh, oh, what's his name? Ed, Ed, uh, Ed, in my app, and on, on Netflix, there's that mind Kemper. Hunter. You're Ed thinking Kemper. of Ed Kemper, same guy that played Ed Kemper, and I, I adore this guy, and he's so fucking good as Richard Jewell. Um, but way better than I thought it would be from Spectrum producing a TV show. Uh, if you have the opportunity to watch it, seriously, watch it, it's really, really well done. Uh, I enjoyed yeah, no, that. I will check that out. And now they hate yesterday. I don't know who's even sending me this stuff. I got screeners for a new show on, on spectrum called temple and it's Mark strong. Uh, British Mark strong. Yeah. The awesome okay. voice Kingsman. Yeah. Great actor. So, and, and the, the, the one sentence description I have is a surgeon's morals are tested after he sets up an illicit clinic beneath London. So, of course I'm going to watch it. I'm down. Yeah. yeah. So they sent me the screeners for that. So I'm probably going to watch those later today or tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that, that manhunt, I was really into it. And the funny thing is originally when they sent me the screeners, they only sent me, I think it's a 13 episode show or 10 episode show. They sent me all but the last two episodes. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so mad. <laughs> they gave you a taste. Glenn. Yeah. And then a couple days later, cause I don't have a spectrum. I don't even have cable. My parents do. Um, but so I, I get to the end. I'm like, wait, that's it. That's it. Where's what, what's, what's going on? And then I looked and I'm like, oh, shit, they didn't send me the last episodes. And then about maybe a week later, they sent me the last two last two shows. Uh, but I was I was really riveted to the screen on that one. It was it was very well done. Um, and the guy that plays Eric Rudolph, who's the guy that actually bombed it. Uh, he was really good, and they go into Eric Rudolph's family and, and how kind of uh, against the government the whole family was, and uh, you know they're real hardliners. But then they get into the militia in, in uh, I think it's North Carolina, and the guy that runs the militia there, he was in Justified. He was he was a lot of fun to watch in Justified. He's this big hulking dude. Um, and then Judith Light actually plays Richard Jewell's mom, and she does a great job too. I mean, I know it's not the Kathy Bates, but <laughs> but I want to see that Jewel movie. I actually want to see that movie from Clint Eastwood. I really do too. Yeah, but this yeah. show, it was, the timing was so weird that this came out at the same time. But I, maybe it was an anniversary of the bombing or something. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, it was very very well done. I was uh, happily impressed. So, but other than that, 
I'm probably going to take a little break from Modern Warfare. I say that, but I'm sure I'll be playing it today. <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to play some Yakuza 3. I really want to get uh, get some time with that one and the other uh, with 4 and 5 as well to check them out. But, um, I mean, we've got reviews for all those games on our website now for the original games. So I think the only things changed in this one are the technical stuff. I think it's all the same story. Even the cutscenes have been redone in this, I noticed. So it's all in widescreen, very clean looking, no artifacts or anything. So they're not just up converting, you know, existing video. So it's exciting. Good. But other than that, I think, are we done? Do we have anything else we want to talk about? No, I was just, you know, now I've got a list of three movies that, that, that I haven't watched that are, you know, they're on my, I bought them. Uh, the Ford Ferrari. I also got Knives Out and I got a beautiful oh, day in the neighborhood. Knives Out so, is really free. I need to good. see Knives Out still. Cool. So and yeah, I don't like Rian Johnson at all. I, mean, I do. I, don't. I like him. Uh, I can't stand him, but man, I love Knives Out. That's Did you awesome. not have you seen Brick? You didn't like Brick? Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan. Oh, I loved it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick one of these Looper, to watch tonight. Looper's overrated. Oh, oh yeah, I like Looper, I like <laughs> I Looper too. I know. I'm. I, I'll. I'll die on this hill. I guess I'm just not a fan. But man, I really loved Knives Out. So that's cool. I couldn't recommend that one more. Did nice. y'all Did y'all see the the Mr. Rogers movie? Did any of y'all see that? Yeah, I saw it. No. I don't think I can. I'll probably just cry through the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. So I may not do that tonight. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then there's Ford Ferrari. So those and, and you know what? I it's it's for the same reason, not because I don't want to watch it, but I also have Joker and I still haven't watched it because what is going would, on with you? Well, <laughs> let me let me explain. Let me explain. It's not a lack of interest. I, I, I really want to see it, but it's it's the frame of mind. It's the same reason I do not want to watch Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And then the weekend rolls around and I'm like, I don't want to watch it right now, too. And right now I, I was telling too. Glenn I had some shit at work go on and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to watch anything with mental health or depression. I need a I need to watch something funny or, or just amusing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about Joker. It's heavy. Yeah, it is heavy and it's real. I mean, it's yeah, it's based yeah. off a comic book character, but a lot of the things. I mean, I'm I'm a mental health first aid trainer right now, so like, I mean, I, I a lot of it is very true. Uh, so it, there'll come a time where I'm like, you know what, today's the day I'm going to watch it. You know, it's a rainy yeah. day, I have leave or something. But <laughs> same thing with the the Tom Hanks movie. But uh, that's kind of how I treated Joker when I got it, because uh, I was very against it when it was announced because I thought they were doing something else. And then Todd Phillips, who directed it, kind of talked about that's why they didn't call it The Joker. Um, and I still contend that it shouldn't have been called Joker and it shouldn't have been anything. But I get it. I get and why your they did movie it. would have made $20 million. Yeah, it would have made 10 bucks. But <laughs> And I get it. But it's a very heavy movie. I actually need to see it again because I've seen some theories lately on some things that I didn't catch. So now I kind of need to see it again and, and pay more attention to certain things. Well, maybe tonight is the night I'll watch it. I mean, it's, it's definitely a chill. But I mean, it's now you guys talking about Ford and Ferrari. So like, I'm like, oh, shit, I really want to watch that. <laughs> Ford, Ford and Ferrari, Ferrari if you're in a really good, good mood. Yeah. Knives out if you're in a good mood. Like, you just want something that's thoroughly entertaining. Those two. Well, yeah, and I... And I'm one of the one of the people among my group of friends of you know Star Wars fans that that enjoyed the Last Jedi. I enjoyed the way it was made. I enjoyed the look of it. And so, I mean, one of my buddies said that Knives Out has some kind of underlying you know note or message or what what have you about the way people were acting, 
you know, towards that movie on the internet online. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious about it. But no, I, I love the I didn't Jedi. notice it, but... Um, yeah. Hmm. And if you haven't seen it, I really enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker, by the way. It's a misleading I did game. not. I, I love it. I didn't either. In fact, I, I watched Mandalorian a little after. It feels so like, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. But I, I like the prequels mostly. There's some things about no, the I do too. I like the prequels. I've got no problem. I got I don't got heavy problems with the prequels. They are what they are. Yeah. No, I liked them too. I, I think I, what it was, Glenn, for me is it it just it jumped too much shit was happening way too fast and it goes yes. back to that pacing thing and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on. We just left this planet. Now we're wait, what's happening?" Now, admittedly, I was dying to see The Witcher that same night when I got home, but that had nothing to do with it cuz I was very much invested I in the first watching, episode of that. I've already watched it twice. It um, has I don't know what it was, severe but editing problems. The Rise I, of Skywalker. I, the editing yeah. is awful. Yeah. And I, I think it's because they were trying to tell the story that maybe the last, the middle one was going to be and cram it into one movie to basically, some people call it fixing. I don't call it fixing, but to fix what the second movie derailed, I guess. Um but I do want to watch it again. I'm definitely not going to just dismiss it, but I, the initial viewing, I didn't quite like it. Um, oh, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I do want to watch it again. The other thing that happened is I watched the ending of The Mandalorian. I was like, holy shit, now this was an ending. Like that yeah. Was- <laughs> yeah. I might actually watch yeah. through that again soon. Yeah, the the, you know, is it too? If we talk about Skywalker now, is it considered? Should we not mention direct spoilers or anything like that, or is it already? Are we past that? Well, I usually say wait until it hits the home market. That's a good point. Okay, so what I what I was going to say without going into detail is there are fan nods and fan service in Skywalker that are like that's cute. Okay, that's cute. The stormtroopers at the beginning of the Mandalorian missing that thing on the ground. That's the kind of nod I appreciate as a fan. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't throw in a character from the old movies and say, "Oh, look, look, we got, we got that Jawa. We got, you know, you remember that Jawa, guys? He's right there. It's the same Jawa from the old movies." <laughs> it's like, no. Instead, show these bored stormtroopers point blank missing something on the ground. And then there's even Multiple some fun times. Yeah, and there's there's some fun theories to that because I love that Rogue One established that the way the Force works isn't so much that stormtroopers suck, rather that the Force isn't ready for this person to die because that person hasn't met their, their purpose in life. And so yeah. that's why Chiru got killed only after he turned, after he hit that switch, and these elite stormtroopers were missing him, even though he was just walking slowly. So now I was thinking maybe that little <laughs> device is going to come into play in the second season because the stormtroopers couldn't hit it. That's possible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's wrap it up. I've got a couple of emails that we were sent, so I want to make sure we read these. And I have not read these, so we'll all be surprised together. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, this first one is from uh, Hector. I hate your podcast. Yeah, fuck you, you piece of shit. Uh, Signed, Fat Kev. Uh, This first one uh, is PSN's Purist TPN. We've seen him before. He says, thanks for returning to the podcast, Glenn. I've been enjoying listening to you again. Liar. And appreciate the time you take to keep it going with all the scheduling, production, and editing involved. Even if your schedule is once a month, I'll gladly tune in to hear what you're enjoying playing and watching. Awesome. That's because last time I when I did the show, I was like, are people even listening anymore? 
Yeah. Uh, he says, I thought I'd send, send along some questions to keep you and your guests busy on the next show. Number one, next gen is coming. Are you ready? I'm not. Feels like I just bought my pro last month and I'm still amazed at the power of the machine. Well, ray tracing and well, let, let's start there. Cause he's got like four questions in this one question. Sure. Um, Am I ready for next gen? I think so. I think we're at that point where, even though I think Modern Warfare makes a big leap in visuals from a lot of other games, um, I think we're ready because they're they're obviously maxing the system out on Xbox One and on PS4. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think some of the new stuff that they're building into these consoles is going to be pretty sweet, like SSD and ray tracing, like he mentioned, and we'll get to that. But. Um, I really hope that Sony doesn't get too big in the britches, and and I hope they've learned so from the PS4. Um, I I think they have because they have the same design team essentially working on the PS5 that they had building the PS4. Uh, I'm I'm wary of Xbox just because if they come out and say, well, we've got this way more powerful hardware, guess what? The Xbox One X is supposed to be more powerful, but their OS is so shitty, and that Horizon. I don't see it. Yeah, and Horizon awesome. Zero Dawn looks better than anything oh. on the Xbox One. Oh my god, I mean, yes. I don't care who's more powerful or how much more powerful that game's fucking gorgeous compared to yeah. anything on, on the Xbox One. I agree. Um, and and uh, have a drink, Sean. I'm excited as hell for next gen because of VR. Because VR. They're, they're still going to be supporting the headset. Hopefully even releasing a new headset. But even the fact will. that the, the hardware underneath the headset is going to be pushing better visuals means that games like No Man's Sky are going to get a, a ginormous boost in visual yeah. uh, fidelity on the PSVR. Well, that's one uh, thing I really love about the, about the Pro is that if you have a pro with VR, you're actually getting better visuals, even though you don't have you only have, you know, the screen running a certain resolution. Resolution is not everything. It's also what they can pack into that into that uh, in that frame, and you're getting better textures. You're getting you know more detailed textures. You're getting better frame rate usually if the game allows it, and the pro yeah. really brings that to the forefront with VR, and you can tell in some. And it does, and you could tell like significantly, especially uh, Resident Evil Seven. You can definitely yeah. tell because I played it on both. But for some reason, Hello Game has not updated uh, No Man's Sky, so it still looks pretty cruddy in VR. But I mean, this is going to be a significant boost. And uh, and the the truth is, I mean, I own a PC headset. I own the Rift S, and I and the PSVR. It is a lower resolution headset, but the sub pixel technology that's in it means yeah. means that if the if what's running in the system itself is still very sharp it'll still look really nice on psvr so i'm more excited about the playstation 5 than the psvr 2 because i think that'll still give you an improved visual in in vr but they they do need to bring out a new headset with new controllers that aren't light sensitive uh but um but yeah no i'm excited as hell i'm i'm hoping games like ghost of tsushima will also release on ps5 so that you know can kind of take advantage of that too if and I was going to have one complaint about yep. the next generation, I'm definitely excited for it. I do not like it now, though, that we're only getting one Killzone game in that generation, one Horizon Zero Dawn. You know what I mean? Well, but Horizon, PlayStation, they had that big expansion. I mean, that's hours and hours and hours of gameplay. I agree. Boy, with I agree. But I'm just as an example, we got two God of War, God of War games on the PS2. Um, it just seems now we're not getting enough. That's because these games are taking yeah. so much longer to make. Yeah. They are. Yeah. And it's kind of a bummer that there's just one God of War game on the PS4. Now, to me, 
One thing I would say is I do not like games as a service when games as a service become become the thing of, you know, Assassin's Creed. Right. But what I would be okay with is, you know, so, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn comes out, the the core game. It's beautiful. You love it. You play 60 hours. Then a few months later, they release an additional story like they did. And a few months later, they release another story. And then a few months. So it comes like a comic book thing where you're adding to the original game, but it's not a service. You're still getting the core game for a price and finishing the core game. I wouldn't mind episodic releases after the core game. Um, And I don't mind paying for them as long as those are self-contained and not this. The moment you stop buying you can't play the original game either yeah. like that's i don't mind little tiny you know witcher did it phenomenal with theirs um but but so did horizon zero dawn really and uh yeah. Yeah. uncharted did it with the girls they had their own little side yeah, story but that game i didn't really like that game too much i i finished it i reviewed it yeah um the problem i had with i forget what it's called now uncharted yeah, i can't think of it either it's just with the c um, but it, it's it's Chloe and Elena, if I remember right. Um, no, not Elena, because Elena, not Elena. Um, she's not a fighter. Yeah. yeah. But the thing I had a problem with that is they kind of played on the open open world stuff a little bit more that they had Uncharted Four. Yeah. They went they a little did. bit overboard with it in 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 that offshoot, and there was I think I even mentioned in the review where there was a time where I'm like. This what am is, I supposed to do? What's going on? Like, yeah, that happened to me. Yeah, I, I, I really... The pacing was way off in that game. And I get that they were trying to do a lot more open-world stuff because it seemed to work in Uncharted 4, which it did. But how they were doing it in, in that one, it just didn't do it for me. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be hits, there's going to be misses, but just the, the notion that the game keeps going with smaller chunks that aren't $60, but, you know, yeah. a $30, you know, side story, or you follow a different <laughs> character. But I miss, I totally miss the days of, like, you got Uncharted, it launched with PS3. Uncharted 2 came out, it was it, same system, but a totally different game, better game. Yeah. All the way I just miss the days of getting the sequels. Yeah. And, yeah, and instead of once every seven years getting a sequel, it, back in the day, it was... You know, it, usually once a, uh, every few years we would get an announcement like, "Oh, there's a new Resident Evil coming. There's a new Tomb Raider." There's, and those days are kind of gone. Yeah, they are because these I mean, games. The games are better. Yeah, the yeah. games are better. So yeah. I guess I can't complain too much. Yeah, because Last of Us is coming very soon. But yeah, it was. It took it. it well, we, no, that no, could wait, be last... the only game we see on the PS5. Like just uh, thinking about that bums me out. Nah, I think, I what think I'm saying is the only Last of Us hit the PS5. Well, what there's I'm a reason is, that a lot of there's a reason that a lot of studios have gone quiet lately because yeah, they're working yeah. on their next gen stuff. Which well, what I'm saying is, Glenn, yeah. that the oh, this could be the only Last of Us game we see on the PS5. That's a bummer to me because it's coming out so close. Um, yes, and it's probably going to be on PS5, but that means that Last of Us Three. Like won't. if I if I knew we were only going to get one Killzone game on the PS4, I would have been bummed out. Yeah, now I'm just Killzone. used to it, and that's just the way. That's just the state of business now. But yeah, I've been well, playing I mean, Killzone. Go ahead. One go thing ahead. you're probably going to see is is I've heard from multiple sources that Gran Turismo Sport is probably going to hit PS5 at launch. Ghost of Tsushima is going to come out on PS4 and PS5. Uh, Last of Us Two is probably going to hit both consoles natively. Uh, there's a couple other ones too that I that I heard about, but I don't know if they're in 
production yet or not. But yeah, I would love to see a new Infamous. I would love to see, Ugh. but Infamous ain't gonna happen because they're doing Ghost of yeah. Tsushima, yeah. unless they have a different studio do it, which I don't think they would. But don't forget that Insomniac is now a Sony-owned studio, yep. so maybe we'll see a new Resistance. How about what? that? That would yeah. be really cool. And now I'm torn because I, I mean, I love Killzone. I've been playing it on PS Now, and I really wish there was a, I don't care, just a, you know, a remake uh, on PS4 right now of the original, you know, three. Oh, God, I would love that. I know, but I'm torn because I also really love Horizon Zero Dawn. So it's like, I want a sequel to that, but I also want want both. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem then becomes who do you farm that work out to? Because Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is definitely happening. It's definitely oh, yeah. happened. Yeah. But so it almost far, seemed so. like the like Gorilla got tired of doing Killzone, and that's why they went to Horizon. They wanted to do something differently. But yeah. now with Herman Hulst in the position that he's at, does he give a shit enough about Killzone to maybe farm that out to somebody else? But at the same time, why can't we have somebody do remasters yep. like we've seen with some of the other games on PS4? Resident why Evil. Not? Yeah, why not remaster Kills on 1, 2, and 3? Yes, please. And the third one, since it supported 3D on 3D TVs, make it VR. Because it supported yeah. 3D and, <laughs> and it supported the gun. So, I mean, you it supported could, the gun you, and move. Because I, yeah. actually, I actually played all the way through Killzone 3 twice for the review. I played it once traditionally with the DualShock. And then I played it again with 3D and the move controller. And I played all the way through the game with the move controller, yeah, which I was, never thought I'd be able to do. Uh, I was always jealous of the people that, could, that did that. Yeah, I and just I, didn't have it well, like now you can do that though uh, yeah. with PS4 and beyond because the the you can get a, a 3D Blu-ray, Jason, and watch it in 3D in the in the VR headset. Yeah, but you can't do Killzone through the headset, can you? Uh, not so because I tried it. I don't think you can. Are you talking about Shadowfall? Like, no, no. I'm sorry. Like, you can't do PS. You cannot do Killzone three. In no. 3D using the VR headset, but you no, can watch you, movies. I don't think 3D. you can do anything in PS Now over the VR headset. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, they have all the guts to make it 3D in VR, uh, and then you could use the aim controller to do your shooting because they already kind of have a program where your yep. aiming is based off your own hand movement. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Killzone Three is amazing. But what what happened with with Horizon Zero Dawn, I will pop it in because right now it's on PS Now, and so I op- I opened it up my old save, and I'm like, yep, still looks fucking amazing. Okay, oh, I, still, <laughs> I still have it installed because I yeah. still have to play through the DLC. I tried to do that for Extra Life, and things got messed the up. DLC like, is fantastic. It's so good. Damn, it's good. Oh, it's yeah. substantial. It's such an add-on to that. I I love. Game. It's huge. I love that Sony, and and I, I am still very much a Nintendo fan, and I still love Zelda, and it's still one of my top series. But it's really nice that Sony got their own RPG, like they now have their yeah. own Witcher, their yeah. own Witcher, their own Zelda, because it it's a little more akin to Witcher. They even they even very adorably tried to do the quest system of Witcher that has amazing like side quests, and they for the most part they did all right. It's not quite to that level, but they did storylines where you know, oh wow, this is a cool little story, and it's a side story. Um, but it's just really like I'm really proud of Gorilla and or Sony for making a game that's that vast and that epic and it's a first party game because usually they don't take chances like that with first party no. they just you know not open world stuff I, still I just think play Ray that what I like about Resident Evil is one Resident Evil game came out this generation Resident Evil 7 it was fantastic but they are also releasing these remasters and remakes and they're all they're great 
Yeah. Like I'm yeah. looking just as forward to Resident Evil three this year. Uh, I can't wait to play it, but I just, I think that's where we're, what we were talking about is I wish Killzone would have done that. Yep, I wish other I series would have done that. Yep. I'd be all over that because I'm still playing them. Um, I mean, on, on PS now, yeah. but yeah. I, I would love to see them with, you know, upgraded resolution and, and maybe even textures and the oh, way yeah. they put shadow, uh, shadow of the Colossus, which blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that remaster was awesome. <clears throat> all right. Uh, what else do we have here? Will ray tracing and solid state drives really make games look that much better? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because the SSD can act as RAM. So if you have even a 100 gig SSD, I don't know what it's going to be in the PS5, but let's say you have 50 gig SSD in there, that can actually be used as RAM for the game. So if you have a 50 gig SSD in there, they're either going to hide the fact that it has 20 more gigs somewhere else that they can use for caching, or you're just going to lose a lot of your storage. But solid state drives are the same, essentially the same speed as, as Ram on these things. So mm-hmm. it's a huge deal because potentially one of the things I really want to see gone in this new, ge- new generation is I want to see pop up disappear. I don't want yeah, stuff in the, in the, in the far off distance to pop up anymore. I just want everything to look stellar all the way throughout. Will ray tracing uh, do anything? Yes. Ray tracing is a big deal. Uh, real-time yeah. ray tracing adds a lot more depth to the picture that you're looking at and uh, people are seeing that on PC now and you might not realize that ray tracing is happening but because there are some effects that developers have been using for a while that kind of mimic what you can do with ray tracing but it, it's a big deal and it'll make things look a lot better yeah so look up a look up a video I think it's a video uh, minecraft with ray tracing now we know how Minecraft is very old school, like the blocky. Look it up yeah. with ray tracing to show you it's what ray tracing is. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. All right, next question. Uh, I was thinking about buying an external hard drive for the PS4 Pro. I want enough storage to not have to get off my couch for months. It would be nice to basically <laughs> keep all the, all the plus games that come out stored uh, without having to download them. Would you say a 4 terabyte is good? That's what I use. Uh, our traditional drive safe enough and solid state ones looked way pricier. Which brand and model? Um, we have recommended one up on the website. Uh, I use a, I think a four or eight terabyte. The thing that I always said is get one that has its own power supply. Uh, if you get an external hard drive, though, make sure that if it comes with a USB hub built into it, do not use that USB hub. It'll screw everything up. Um, but I use either a four or eight terabyte on my Pro up here and downstairs. I have the same one. I don't remember what the model is anymore, but <clears throat> I'll do a tertiary check really quick and see if I can find it. Give me a second. Come on, Amazon. <laughs> of course, we don't want you to buy it on Amazon anymore because we lost our Amazon. <laughs> for, for some reason, they just shut us off. Yeah. Uh, external USB. Okay, here we go. So I use a Seagate 8-terabyte external hard drive, USB 3.0. Model number is S, as in Sam, T as in Tom, E as in Edward, B as in boy, 8000100. That is the drive that I use. I've bought numerous ones. I even bought one for Josh. Look at that. (coughs) Um, And you don't need external power, but I've always been suspect of the usb ports on the ps4 like can they keep consistent power um 
I just I really like having that external power supply. Yeah, you're using another plug, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I think it's just the safest way to go. All right. Uh, next question here. Are you there? What's that? Sorry. Oh, Sorry, I'm Rick? having an AirPod. Oh. Uh, Did so your batteries I'm just die making again? Sure Apple sucks. On one. <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm still here. That you I'm are. still here. We can hear okay. you. Okay. Uh, which game has you most excited this year? Last of Us 2, Cyberpunk, Final Fantasy VII Remaster, or Remake? I know what Ray's is. Barbie's Horse yeah, Adventure Cyberpunk. 10. <laughs> mm-hmm. VR, Ray Traced. All Ray talks about is Cyberpunk. That's yeah. all he talks about. I mean, I... Ray, are you a jacket. hardcore Blade Runner fan? Oh, hell yeah, man. Blade Runner, yeah, Altered Carbon... Um, and if you haven't seen Altered Carbon, holy shit. I have. Um, yeah. Blade Runner, for, I mean, Cyberpunk for sure. I have a jacket. I have a shirt. I have a sock. I have I have socks. I have a lanyard for my... Well, my, you have hmm. a jacket now. <laughs> I do have a jacket now. I bought one from CD Projekt Red. Someone was um, supposed to give you it uh, that, that they got it from E3, but uh, the president never shipped it. Nah, it's fine. Yeah, I got... So I'm, I'm really excited um, for it. But, you know, it, it could... It could suck. I mean, it's but it it is coming from someone, a developer that I I trust. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully it looks so good that I'm excited for it, and it's an RPG. Yeah, I, I was a little bummed that it's getting pushed back, but it's one of those blessings in disguise because honestly, I'm also extremely excited for Final Fantasy VII remake, and they were now going to come within week of each other because yeah. Final Fantasy yeah. was uh, April, and then so was it was April 18th and April 10th. So it's like it's a yeah. Smart this, move. Yeah, so I'm I'm okay with it, um, but yeah, that's probably my tops. And then second would be Final Fantasy, absolutely. That looks interesting um, to me too. I, I definitely want to play that. I have actually been playing Last of Us. I popped that in recently, mm. uh, playing it through it on hard, and I'm starting. I really am excited for that new game. I think it's going to be something special because it's so. It just struck me as I was playing it recently how good the gameplay is in that game. Like, it's a fun game to play. It's just and not I, my jam. Yeah, I I can see that. I, I really liked, uh, you You don't like zombies. I remember this about you. That's not to say it. It was all the, all the sneaking around and stuff. It's just not my jam. I tried to play the single player, and I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, because uh, I talked game, to Glenn about how they're not actually zombies. <laughs> well, <laughs> the game I, that didn't get mentioned in this mm-hmm. is Dying Light 2, which I can't wait to play. I love Dying Light. So you know Dying Light Two would probably be a second for me. Did you? Yeah, uh, we had a pre-release, and they they let me stream it, and I was terrible at the game, <laughs> yeah. but I streamed it. So all yeah. three of mine would be zombie games because I can't wait for Resident Evil Three either. Not so sure. I'm excited excited for all these new zombie games coming out. I guess I'm not burned out on the genre. Yet. Why not are the- you not playing zombies on Modern Warfare then? Can you? I have no idea. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even look. You for almost it. had me. I, I, uh, I don't have a clue. I'm sure there's something I like that think on there. Ghost of Tsushima is going to be something pretty special, too. Yeah, I agree. I, I, Fuck yes. I think that's going to be a, a watershed moment for at least me. I can't wait to see what they, they've come up with. I'm very excited uh, for that. The, yeah. I was going to say earlier the first 10 minutes of. Um, of last of us is probably the most for me of course i'm talking for myself the most dramatic like moving 
thing I've ever seen in a video game. Like I was oh, yeah. mouth gaped. And then I did have a little um, kind of thing happen to me because the the game starts in Texas and the road that they're driving is very close to where I actually live. And so I thought, I thought the game was using some kind of GPS to fucking populate textures on signs to make it look like. <laughs> and then I realized, okay, no, this is happening to everybody. I even looked up the little town they were at in the theater because I was like, this looks just like the roads east of my house. Um, you know what this tells but, us, Jason? Ray is actually patient zero. <laughs> nope, nope, not zombies. They gotta, be, they gotta be zombies for it to be patient zero. But you said they're not zombies, Ray. They're, they're not they're zombies. Not. They it's, are zombies. No, there's a, there's a, a, it's a fungus that affects just, insects. Just like the argument I have with the creative director of Days Gone. He's like, they're not zombies. I'm like, I just looked at him like, cock my head, like, come on, man. Well, I don't know about that one, but, uh, but the, I actually the, like Days Gone quite a bit. Yeah, I own it. And I've never yeah. booted it up. I own it too, and I haven't either. But that's not, that's not because I'm not interested. I just it's really good, time. you guys. Yeah, yeah I heard it's, really it's good. Yeah, but um, no, insect world fungus. They're still very much alive. They're just being controlled by this fungus, uh, and it 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 happens in the ant world. Well, and so, if so it ever did is, happen to us, it would be kind of fucked up. So now this is an M Night Shyamalan movie. What the twist? No, it's 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 real. It's real life. They really do exist. You, and you, it, it's, you just need Mark Wahlberg to say what? No. <laughs> but yeah, I am really excited about Last of Us 2 also. I didn't mean not to mention it. It's just those others are such high on my list, but no. I that, think we that, take it as red. I think we're just expecting something phenomenal. Yeah. And I I bet we're blown away by how well, good the it actually turns been out said, to be. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, last question from uh, from Hector here. He says, "What happened to the console wars?" Uh well, Xbox Xbox lost. lost. So, uh, these days, Switch appears to have its own demographic, while Microsoft is claiming they're not really in competition with Sony. Well, it, they're not. Yeah, uh, when I lost my race when I was in high school, I was like, oh, well, I wasn't really competing anyway. Yeah, oh, I, I, I was running for something else. I was just in their way. You know, something really amazes me about the Switch, and that is when I see people on Facebook and Twitter, for example, when The Witcher 3 came out, oh, I'm going to buy that on Switch. Why? You I already have it on PS4. Yeah, I, I don't, was one of them. <laughs> but I don't understand that. You already own it, and now you're going to get an inferior version of it again? You're going to buy it again, but it's not as technically... Yeah, but I've never... But I've done that I've done that before with other things. I mean, like eons ago, back in the PS2 era, I bought Need for Speed on the PlayStation 2. And, right, it was on a PlayStation... Yeah, it had to be on PlayStation 2. And then I bought the Game Boy Advance version of it because it was just really cool having Need for Speed on the go, even if it was inferior. And so... Yeah, it's kind of broken know, up the GBA. And, you know, remember remember, <laughs> I work I work at the state. You know, you know, I have my own business, but I also work at the state. So the internet there is atrocious. So I can't... Yeah. Do PlayStation? Uh, I can't stream it to my Vita or anything like that, or to my laptop. Well, I'm not going to get into all that shit. It just yeah. it makes no sense to me. Besides the fact that you want it portable, I get that you want it portable. Yeah, but there are there are things that I see people that they they're just blindly like I'm going to get on the on the Switch too, and it no, it, because it just plummets. You live, you're the dictator of your house. You you don't have competition for the television, whereas in my house. TV after six o'clock isn't mine anymore. So well, but I also don't look at watching the whatever they want to watch. I but can I like Nintendo. Switch. Don't look at the Switch as a handheld. 
Nintendo yeah. doesn't. And Nintendo I don't Nintendo does either. not promote it as being a handheld. And, and you're right. It's not how now it is. Um, yeah, it, like, okay, here's here's another example. Let's just say, well, it's not an example, but let's just say Cyberpunk. Somehow the Saber uh, Interactive, which are the guys who ported it, they were able to make Cyberpunk on Switch. And No, actually, forget that. Let's do Doom Eternal because Doom Eternal is supposed to come to Switch too. <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting it on Switch. Like, I'm getting it on the PS4. Now, yeah, if, I, if I end up loving Doom Eternal and a few months later it comes out on Switch, I may rebuy it the way that uh, – what's that game? that I reviewed um, Outer Worlds. Yeah. I'm playing Outer Worlds on PlayStation and it looks beautiful. If And I'm loving it. I mean, I gave it a pretty high score. If it comes out on the Switch in a year or two, I may buy it on Switch. Just because it is coming I, to Switch. I, yeah, it is. It, it definitely is. But yeah. it kind of got pushed back because of the coronavirus. Something happened where it's it's getting delayed. Um, Mass Effect. What are they developing at the at the airport? In San I would play Mass Effect on the Switch. Yeah, exactly. You know, Mass Effect is a game that I prefer to play on the PS4. I wish they would, you know, release it. But if it came out on the Switch, I'd probably get it on Switch. And it it, it really does come down to portability, but not just portability because it's not that I can take it to work, but that I could walk back into the house and just plug it in and play it. I mean, that was a pretty freaking genius thing they did, um, and it's. It's at the expense of not truly being next gen, but I never turn on my Xbox. I like rarely just to play 4K Blu-rays, but I, I do make turn it a on point my to turn it on every couple of weeks just to make sure the dust gets blown out of the see it Still works. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I spent a lot of money on that X, but yeah. I just I make it a point because you got to go look to see if anything's new. New has been added to Game Pass, and there may be something compelling that I want to play and. Well, uh, I need to see what's out for Xbox Live Gold, like a new game or whatever. You know, there's there's stuff, but uh, I mean, I can I can get into into a good jag of, of playing for a few hours on Xbox One, but it's been I, I I mean I don't even remember the last time that I was like I got to go play this on Xbox, except for Crackdown Three when it came out. You know, and yeah. I'm kind of over that now, but mainly because I don't have anybody to play with. But um, yeah. I just don't. I don't know. Mainly, it might just be that PS4 is enough for me because I don't yeah. play the I don't play the Switch that much either. No, I, I do, and and even this game we were talking about earlier uh, with Jason, the the Genesis. Um, I was considering getting it on on the Switch because as long as it runs well, like Diablo, um, you know, I take out of town trips, and you know, we'll pull the Switch out and and uh, take the little controllers off and play it like that, like co-op on the screen. Um, I hook it up to my projector because I got a different dock for it. Like, I'm 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 a out of the closet total PS fan. Like, I am a fanboy. I love PlayStation. They're, they're yeah, still my I am favorite. too. But I do love my Switch. I mean, I do love playing it. Um, it's just yeah. If if a new title comes out, PlayStation all the way. But if it's a yeah. it's a title that I really enjoyed and want to own it on a little cartridge and have it. And that's the other thing with Switch is if I buy a game like that, like Witcher, I will buy it physical just because I'm a nerd and want a cartridge of the game. You know. So yeah. and like I'm going to visit my in laws here in Hawaii in a couple of weeks. I love bringing the Switch because it it, it drives them nuts. <laughs> well, you so are God, in Hawaii. He's play video games here. Taking the sights in. You're not in the beach all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I like. I, I want to like see a picture of that you are on the that beach I'm a in a beach chair playing the Switch. Your daughter married a gamer. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. Yeah, that's great. 
Uh, okay, so uh, let's see here. What happened to the old good old days of console flame wars and hypermarketing that sought to destroy the other party? I think oh, that yeah. went away when. Uh, I think that went away when. Uh, I think it was last year at the Game Awards when they had uh, Sean Layden and Reggie and and uh, what's his name from Microsoft on the stage, uh, Phil Spencer on the stage together, you know, and being all nice to each other and everything because. I think the companies themselves have kind of gotten past the whole flame war thing. And I think a lot of gamers have too. I mean, you're always going to have fans, not just a video game. So there's Everything. always, if you're rooting for something, you're going to root against somebody else. It's not just rooting for it. You have to root against something else. Yeah. And that's always going to be there. But a lot of people are like, Oh, I hate each other. Blah, blah, blah. And I get it, but it's always going to happen. By the way, I just looked at my PS4 up here in the office and on my eight terabyte drive, after you format and everything, and it reserves some space in there for for uh, system stuff. So you get 7.35 terabytes of, of actual storage. I'm using 7 terabyte. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Well, but I don't delete anything, and I get a lot of games. You know, people send me games. Yeah, yeah. Games. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and going back to Hector's question about the console war, like I don't know if you knew, but in the in the song of what is it, Fire and Titties from South Park, like uh, it's very clear that Xbox won the the console war. <laughs> Bill Gates kicked oh, yeah. the shit out of yeah. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. If you want to see that, it's a three parter in South Park, and and Microsoft definitely won. I think but, the console. But we all lost. We're based on Halo anyway. Yeah, it was. It just. It seemed to be. Halo well, versus I mean, they were all the Halo else. killers, yeah. Yeah, and everything had to have a Halo killer, and it's over. I don't think Halo is what it used to be. I hate Halo 5. I haven't oh, tried to play the it. The new one's terrible. I hate 5. And we were playing 2 the other day. We, my, my my cousin has a the multiple TV set up and multiple Xbox, and we were having a blast with it, but no, 5 feels nothing like... I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. I... I I mean, I you know I, I've said it numerous times. I I beat Halo on PC PC when it came out. It came out right after I came out on Xbox. I didn't mm-hmm. like it then. I thought it was because I come from a first person shooter background. Uh, yeah. Back then, especially I was playing on PC. I was playing a lot of the Battlefield stuff and Call of Duties and whatnot. And then I go to Halo, and I get it. Console gamers, Halo was a big deal because it was a first person shooter on a console. I get it, but. To keep the blinders on for this many years, I think it's yeah. Sad. Well, and and here's the thing. I mean, coming. I mean, by the way, I, I like Halo. I really did enjoy it. It's I like science fiction shooters, that, but but I prefer Killzone a hundred times more because it's grittier, it's darker. But yeah. I mean, Halo wasn't the first. I mean, Turok on N64 had the, you know, it. And I'm not even talking GoldenEye from the just from the fact that GoldenEye didn't control like a first person shooter, but Turok, Turok did. Yeah. Turok had the you know WASD on the keypads, and then your joystick was your your you know looking uh, control. Yeah. So I mean that existed, and it had competitive, and it had co-op. I mean it had all that stuff. So it really wasn't Halo. I mean yeah, it's the most popular, but it wasn't the first on a console by yeah. practically an entire fucking generation. Yeah. Well, the big thing with Halo was the Xbox. You can put it online. At, you know the. Sure. It's a lot easier to put it online and play, and I get it. And it, and it was for the console totally section, was. but I was one of those PC master race people back then. Even though I had the console, I well, I had PlayStation's, but um, the 
The only, and this is true, the only reason I bought an Xbox, and I've got one used, the only reason I got an Xbox was because there was an insanely good mod chip out for it, and you could load the hard drive with so much stuff, like a Neo Geo emulator. Yeah, I have and, it. Oh, I yeah, I still have mine. And we, yeah. we plugged it in not too long ago, but that's why I got an Xbox, because I didn't care. Even though, oh, it's more powerful, and blah, blah, and there were a few games that, yeah, they were probably better than PS2, but... The PS2 had so many great games on it. It worked so well. I already had it, and I didn't see any reason to get an Xbox. Sure. Because you could, you could get the network adapter for the PS2, and it worked fine, and I could play SOCOM and I whatever. I used to play Metal Gear, uh, Metal, Twisted Metal Black online. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Oh, that was the so net- much fun. The so, network yeah. adapter was supposed to come with it, and it came late. And, yeah, I mean, the, to me also, well, so there's a few things. I've been in IT since I was 24. I think I, I turned 24. I hate Microsoft. <laughs> for many reasons as an IT professional. Quote unquote. So do I for different reasons. I work for them, and that's why I hate them. <laughs> but there, but the, there was really nothing compelling on the Xbox uh, um, title-wise that I cared about having an Xbox. It took until much later when they did Mech Assault. And I really oh, liked yeah, Mech Assault, yeah, yeah. There, there's nothing that I was like, oh, fuck, I got to power the Xbox on and play. It, it, PlayStation 2 had enough for me. You know, I, I loved my PS2. I got it at launch and had the whole struggle of finding memory cards for it because they were in short supply. Yeah. But the PS2 had I arguably probably the best library of any gaming console. It did. It really did. Champions of Norath. Oh, my gosh. I still I, play that. And I still need to get mine fixed because my DVD drive died. Like what the, about the one I gave you? Tray. I told you it didn't work. Oh, that's so freaking. It must have happened in shipping because I was using it before I sent it to you. But and also, then I don't forget. The white one. But, but the thing is, I want to use it for some stuff from Japan because my PS2 is modded. Oh. So I can play Japanese stuff because I bought... It's not called Virtual Racing. It's called something else in Japan, but it's Virtual Racing on the PS2. They basically, I don't know if they remastered the arcade version or what, but it's awesome. It's 60 frames per second because the arcade one only did 30. Mm-hmm. And I love, uh, it's like Burn something. Not Burnout. I was going to say Burnout. But until Virtual Racing came to the Switch, that was like, I just wanted it. And I've got a bunch of Japanese games for the PS2 that you have to have a mod chip to play. Because they don't work in, my, in the PS3 either because I have, have backward compatible PS3. And you can't use Japanese games in there either. So, yeah. so, but you know, the Xbox I'm looking at it right now, it's on a shelf behind me. But I, I don't, I, I, the only thing I would use it for after we got the mod chip in there, obviously, one of the things was you could, you could rip a DVD game to the hard drive and play it off the hard drive, which was great because the load times were insane. But, the Burnout games. We were playing Tiger Woods and we were playing the Burnout games all the time because the Tiger Woods for a couple of years were awesome. And we would sit at my buddy Hoff's house and we would just play Tiger Woods and then we'd go... We, Rock and I finished all of the crash mode stuff in, in Burnout Revenge, I think it was. And then I ripped it onto the Xbox we played all the way through it again. That's how, that's how compelling that <laughs> game is. But I, I don't know. I just... <clears throat> and I can't say I'm not interested because I own, what, 70-some consoles. But, you know, it just... It, it didn't interest me in the fact that I didn't need it because the PS2 was more than good enough for me. Yeah, we got ours free because I was working for them when they 
but I mean, Ooh. even even well, but even then, I wasn't like within the company. I could kind of hear the ego going around about it, and oh and sure, I don't know what it was, but it just it was a turnoff. Even though I was literally should have been rooting for the team, and and I was you know I was there when Halo came out, and you know they had a PS2 in there, and they were just ripping on it. And I'm like, okay, are you ripping on it because you have to, or because you you know. Um, you feel you have to because well, the boss is watching. Yeah, um, and it was the whole thing where the Xbox could do Dolby Digital Audio, and it could do uh, it had more power for textures and everything else, and it could do 720p, and it didn't it didn't have to be a hack like on the PS2. But the, the simple fact was they had a better controller on the PS2 by far. Oh, especially the first Xbox ones. I like the. Yes. Oh my God, the Duke. Yeah, I remember buying an S. I'm like, all right, this is better, but I still don't like it. I love the DualShock. I love the design. Yeah. And by the time the Xbox came out, I had, you know, I think they just beat the GameCube out or something. But I was excited for the GameCube because I'd seen, I, I'd gone to a preview event in Chicago with Rock and our friend Liz, and I wanted Star Wars so bad on the GameCube. Yep, that game's amazing. It's still amazing. Yeah, and I love the GameCube. And yeah. you know, I have an HDMI adapter for the GameCube now. Uh, the SD card thing I have for the Dreamcast, somebody just started uh, uh, marketing one that he built for the GameCube. So I'm probably going to get that and get another GameCube. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin my launch day system, but it's just uh, it, what it came down to. Let's be honest: exclusives, yeah. games, Xbox, and exclusives. Yeah. Xbox didn't have any exclusives that I give a shit about. Shrek. I didn't care about Halo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, blanks. Who wants blanks? Nobody wants blanks. The ones and that was that the other big had, thing on the Xbox is they had the hard drive. The ones that it had that I considered really good, but but not good enough, you know, to hold it is um. And man, I, I can't think of the Crimson Skies, the the flying. Oh, that game's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah it's awesome. And then there was a really sleeper game called Otagi, where you were like this kind of samurai sort of warrior, and it was sure. really polished, very beautiful. But that really, that's that's it. I mean, later, no, that was 360. I was going to say the same guys who did Crimson Skies did the Snoopy Red Baron game, but that was on 360. Yeah. Um, yeah, but their exclusives have kind of always sucked. And um, yeah, I agree. and and the funny thing is, they one of the first backward compatible games was on the Xbox One was Crimson Skies. And I started yeah. playing it again, and I couldn't find my disc anywhere, so I had to, I rebought it on the store and I have a digital. And you play it now, and it's so clunky. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh I, I thought it was still pretty good. You know what it's, other game it's they good, had? But it's not great. Um, you know what other game they had that I it. I did. I couldn't afford it at the time that it came out. Was that insane mech game where the controller was like a table? Yeah, I have it. That sh- that oh. shit was insane. Yeah, I have that. I have the. Uh, it's an amazing game, but it's fucking hard. Yeah, it's very difficult. And then the sequel was online only, so there's no point in having it because they took the servers down. And then they did. I did like Alan Xbox. Wake. Yeah. I did pick that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like horror games. I have it. I've never played it. I don't know what it plays like now, but I was I was definitely interested in it. But sure. they and they really got cool Ninja Gaiden first, and I was jealous. Oh yeah, they had that, and it but, looked really good too. Yeah, that's where it showed a little bit of the power of the system too. Um, but the, well, the problem is with that is I think most of the guys that could appreciate something like Ninja Gaiden were on the PlayStation because yeah. we well, got then, Devil May Cry, we got. It took a long time for Xbox to get any support from Japan. Yeah, it's true. sold like hell over there, and basically Microsoft had to shell out a ton of money to get Japanese developers to do anything for it, and it was still really sparse when you when you compare it to 
even the GameCube. Um, they just they could not crack that market. I mean, there there are famous pictures of Xbox launch in Japan, and there's nobody in line. Oh, I remember that. Um, oh yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, if if I could pinpoint to to Hector's question, um, when I remember the console we're starting, and this is not factoring in Nintendo and Sega, this is just between the current ones like Sony and Microsoft. I remember owning an Xbox and I subscribed to the Xbox magazine, but it was really annoying to me how every article had to piss on PlayStation. Like every single, like it was it was blatant. It wasn't even like you know, some you know, it, it was very much. This is so much better than the PlayStation with graphics that are much better than the PlayStation to where it got a little bit like an inferiority complex. Like they had to say yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And so transition that to online discussion. And so a lot of the owners of Xbox were pissing on Xbox on PlayStation because it was an inferior hardware. Well, we have Xbox Live, bro. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. that was the other argument. You don't have Halo. Your system's weaker. And uh, you don't your live your online uh, network thing isn't as power. And then for a long time there was a stigma that Microsoft had the best online service. Um, and so I remember that's what started the war because when when oh sure Mike when Sony finally came out with the PlayStation Three, then people started retaliating because of all the shit that Xbox gamers were talking at first. Because uh, I remember because, that I mean, I was, because I we had Killzone Two finally. Yeah. Yeah, something oh, but, that could. But, but all the people that see kills on two, they're like, oh, they Slow. they lied to people at E three, and they lied, and they lied. Yeah, and they yeah. kind of did, but they made the game look damn good, and it played really well. Truth is, yeah. I played, I played it the other day, and it still looks phenomenal, especially oh, yeah. those where you're coming in on the landers. It still looks good. It would look even better in HD, but it still looks great. I agree. Yeah, agreed. Although, if they did a remaster of Kills on three, two, and three, I think I'd still rather have it at thirty frames per second. I'm okay with that because it looks cinematic. Yeah, because it looks yeah, it does. Yeah, that was one thing that really threw a lot of people off with Shadow Falls that they went to 60, and it took it takes away from the. Yeah, it makes it it makes a little more. I don't know. It makes a little more gaming, I guess you'd say. But because we were just playing Shadow Fall online a couple weeks ago, and it's weird to get used to it. I mean. Modern Warfare ruined me, but <laughs> no, there, there's a very, very true uh, to what you just said. Um, uh, have you seen a movie in 120 hertz on a TV? Like, yeah, ever- no, it looks awful. like a. It looks like what we used to call it before we knew it was 120 hertz. Is we used to call it the BBC mode because it basically soap opera like mode. BBC soap, uh, soap opera. opera. That's yeah. how I feel when you have a kill zone, a game like Killzone that's very gritty, very cinematic, very like a lot of motion blur and stuff to make it look that way. If you up the res- the frame rate to 60, it starts to look a little more contrived, a little more generic. Um, just like those movies do, we saw, we watched the movie Saw in BBC mode, and we're like, I feel like these people aren't in danger because it's a soap opera. Yeah, <laughs> I think that I, I think, think that's called that Cinemotion Sony... on our TV, Jason. Yeah, that's yeah, what it's I think called. it is too. Well, I think one thing Sony did better than Xbox is they really invested in art and artists. Yeah. So something like Shadow of the Colossus, uh, Killzone. <laughs> Like I was talking with Glenn last week, I think Gorilla's got the best art design of any studio yeah. out there. And uh, I think uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is definitely a testament to that. And they seem to invest in people that really cared about aesthetics and art. Yeah. And it just—I don't know—their games just were just more visually appealing to me. I just I hope they never lose that because if they lose that, I'm gonna—I'm gonna be without. I don't them. think they will. And I'm glad, like, it didn't—it didn't make a huge splash. But like, uh, 
the last guardian. I'm glad they still put money into stuff like that. Yeah. It, it means that they're, they're at least focused on games as art and not just something. And even though we love call of duty, that's a lot of what <laughs> gaming is. Now, and, and I'm fine with that. I love, I love, I love exercising that half of gaming too, but man, I love games that take their artistic design seriously. Last, yeah. that's why last of us too, it's going to be phenomenal. Yep. And, and, and Xbox doesn't have that. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny when you, when you see, I mean, it's good that Xbox, cause I like Phil Spector. I, I liked him a lot or not Spector, Phil Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Phil me too. Spector. He's, a, he's a cool guy. But, <laughs> It's funny that Microsoft at this point went out and bought all those studios. It took them this long after they closed down all those great studios during the uh, original Xbox uh, reign. They went out and bought some good studios. A couple of them made us kind of sad. Ninja Theory was kind of heartbreaking. That's a a tough one, but I have an Xbox so I can play the stuff. Yeah. uh, And I'm sure I'll get the new one, but it's, it's interesting to see that they they tried to fight so hard, but at the same time, they really didn't have much of anything for uh, first party studios except for the collective that do the Gears games and was it three four three Industries that does the Halo games. Now that's all they really had, you know. And, uh, they had Monolith. I really like those yeah, games quite a bit. But there's just the, when you look at what Xbox had for first party, and then you look at what PlayStation has, it's night and day. And Nintendo too. But yeah. Xbox would do a lot of contract work, but it really seemed evident to me that when they would contract out to these other studios to do like first party exclusives, they're the producers that Microsoft would uh, send out to the, the studios didn't really, in my opinion, didn't do a great, very good job. And a lot of these games ended up like falling flat. Well, like the Dragon game that never came out, the yeah, one that, where you ride dragons that yeah, I was very from, interested uh, in. Everybody was interested in it, and then they just dumped it. And that, well, that's Platinum Games for fuck's sake. I mean, that's a great developer. Yeah, and and the thing is, this is it's it's insider information, but it's pretty dated because I mean, I, I worked for Microsoft like twenty years ago. But I mean, the thing that happened to us is we worked on Freelancer, which is that that role playing digital uh, shooter. Dig, yeah, it was Digital Anvil Freelancer. Microsoft bought us while we were making freelancer you know it was an rpg space shooter which i I had so much fun working on because it was an rpg i mean and it it was i was working on the cinematics um while that was happening halo the xbox and brute force release which our studio was also developing brute force Uh now everybody was in talks about how we were going to have a sequel to freelancer and of course for me that meant job security but Microsoft was like, no, we're only interested in studios that are doing first-person shooters because that's what's in right now. And so no sequel to Freelancer, Brute Force launch, closed Digital Anvil, we're done. So I feel like even though that was 20 years ago, there's still a little bit of that to where Sony is like, you want to make a game called Patapon where you tap the beat and these little dudes, you know – Go ahead. Go fucking make your game. What? Yeah. You want to make a game about a girl shooting bow and arrow at dinosaurs that are, you know, mechanical? Go ahead. Take a chance. Now, I'm not saying they're flawless, but Microsoft is like Platinum Games, well-renowned. You want to yeah. make a game where you fly dragons? Go ahead. You know what? That's not what people want. We're going to shut you down. Like, that's still their mentality. Is well, what's if the, it's what's not the other pop- game they just canceled? The the sequel? The, like, uh, it was a sequel to a, uh, an Xbox or a 360 game? Something dust, phantom dust, maybe, and they shut that project down. Well, and 
and anything that takes like, a risk, it seems like Microsoft doesn't care. Yeah, and, yeah. And they agree. apply that. They apply that to Sony and think, oh, Last Guardian is going to get canceled. It's going to get canceled. There's no way they're going to release that. It's like, no, that's Microsoft. Yeah. Now, Sony almost. I mean, I thought they were really going to cancel Last Guardian, but they didn't, and it actually was pretty damn good. Aside yeah. from some camera issues, but I mean, it was pretty damn good. So not only did they, you know, they let this game, you know, they saw it through to conclusion, but they also, you know, it actually was pretty good. Well, Microsoft, if they feel like, eh, this is not what people want right now, let's just cancel a game that's actually looked pretty freaking awesome. Because I was excited about that Dragon game. I forgot what it's called. but I wonder, uh, Ray, if they if they actually made The Last Guardian a point to get that finished for oh, that they reason. Did. That was, shoot, that was just one of the sh- big things. Yeah, just to go against the uh, backlash, just to show Microsoft that they could pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a fan of that game too. I really am. I love the last card. I want another game from uh, what is What's his name? Video? I don't uh, know. I forget his name now. Yeah, it's Japanese. None of us are going to remember. But <laughs> I want another... language. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I want another game from him, and I hope Sony funds it. Yeah, oh, I'm sure they will. Because Last Guardian actually did well. Yeah, what I heard. So. Yeah, it did well. I mean, it did. It didn't hurt that it it was actually. Although, well, but the problem with that game was it was in it was in development hell for so long that it was losing money right like right and left. Yeah, and I think they were just determined to get it done at that point. So they brought some other contractors in. They brought some other people in to work on it, and they got it done. But it, it sounds like it was a pretty pretty gnarly experience. So I'd I'd like to, if it's okay, and I'm kind of uh, bringing this up, you know, as as without talking about it, but I'd like to kind of pose a question to some of our listeners that, you know, can email us what they think, because this reminds me of a a new debate, which is what do you guys feel about uh, some PlayStation games maybe coming out on PC? Like, I think it's great. It'll be the show in Horizon? Yeah, like, I mean, I think it's kind of, and even Dreams is rumored to be coming to PC, and I, I was thinking that, you know, for the developers... It's another way of, you know, getting them more for their work um, and and thus allowing for more chances to be taken because now they know that they might, you know, if they don't make a lot of money on the PlayStation, they can at least make up for some of it on the PC. Like, it doesn't bother me as much is what I'm saying. Well, um, it doesn't bother me either. You have to remember that a lot of PC gamers don't play on consoles. So you got the PC, uh, the, the, the PC, PC master race folks that now they're getting access to this and it can only mean more sales. Right, and Death Stranding too, because I heard Death Stranding is going to come to PC. It's it's one hundred percent coming to PC. I mean, that yeah. was that was announced. But I mean, if Dreams comes to to PC, you could use the PC to use to develop, which you could use the mouse, which is really awesome. But that would also mean that PC gamers are going to get to play your game. So as a little mini developer, you're going to get a whole new avenue of people that can play your game, which is freaking oh, awesome. So I don't mind it. I don't I mean back then that was what PlayStation gamers would use against Xboxes. I don't need to buy an Xbox. I can play it on the PC. And you know, now the same thing could potentially be said for PlayStation 4, but you know, it it kind of doesn't bother me because I I really I don't think it's going to happen to every game. Um, but if it does start happening to certain games, it's like I I want Naughty Dog to make a shitload of money on their games so we Yeah, just, agreed. Yeah. So, but I'd be curious to see what some of the community thinks of that because I know I have literally seen uh, uh, with Death Stranding. I remember on Facebook, you know, uh, Sony was sharing that, and somebody said, "Canceled my pre-order because I found out it's coming on the PC." It's like, really? 
That's like that, stupid. Uh, that's for a reason. They can't. Which I. That's another one of those instances where they're on the internet and they just have to be angry at something. Yeah, and I'm sure they didn't cancel their pre-order. I'm no. sure they didn't. But you know, it's like, yeah, you're gonna hurt Sony's feelings. Oh shit, guys, we better better not release it on yeah. PC now. <laughs> All right. So the other email that we got is pretty much pretty much covers the exact same shit. Okay. Stefan Ren. So this will be quick. Uh, he says, uh, I love this. Hi, Glenn. With you being an AV genius, what? Uh, I wanted to ask you a few questions about the PS5. This is literally the same stuff. Apart from ray tracing, what graphic improvements will the PS5 have over PS4 Pro? A lot more fill rate, a lot more texture memory, a lot more of everything. That's what you get. What improvements in sound will be prevalent? I'm sure it'll do Dolby Atmos, if and it'll probably be set up for whatever's after Atmos. But which, what can you do after Atmos? Really, I mean, that's surrounding the entire thing. Is it going to be motion, like the motion cinema that we saw in LA? Uh, and then last, what, will the difference be as noticeable as it was between PS3, PS3, and PS4? Um, clarity-wise, maybe not, but. Effects-wise, and yeah, the ray tracing and, and just what they can fill the screen with, I think, will be. Physics, especially. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> it won't be like going from Toy Story to Toy Story 2. <laughs> no. Good analogy. Yeah, which, uh, go back and look at those folks, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh, but man, speaking of Toy Story, uh, PS4, Ratchet & Clank, finally, I can yeah. say finally got to the point where it truly does look like a CG movie. Yeah, like Back PS- then, they used to say that, but it didn't. Now, I mean, Ratchet & Clank looks like a Pixar movie. And in HDR, it's outstanding. Yep. Yeah. I need to finish that game, actually. I got hung up on a boss battle, and I never finished it now that I think of it. It was it's, real late in the game, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a phenomenal game. And uh, I was I always it. a Sly Cooper player. Me too. Love I love Sly all Cooper. three of them. I love all. I'd love three. to see a return to Sly Cooper, actually. Well, and they I did it. They did it in PS3. I mean, we yeah, well, sure. Sly Cooper. I played it. I was really disappointed that that movie didn't come out. Even if it might have sucked, I would have loved to have seen those characters on the screen. It's funny about the PS3 one because that. Was a crossplay game with PS or a, P, a cross save yeah. game with uh, Vita. 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 And uh, yeah, it was it was really cool to be able to do that to transfer that save over to the Vita. And the Vita version was really good. I it love those good. characters. I, I freaking love those characters. Heck yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I really I hope they continue that that strategy moving along with PS5, and I think they will. Uh, I would really like to see a new Warhawk. I really would. Even if they remaster the old Warhawk, fuck, I'll take it. Oh, I'll take it. It still looks great. It still looks it so fucking good. That engine's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. I think we've talked long enough, boys. Sure. Uh, I really appreciate you both taking the time uh, on a Sunday to uh, record with me and, and talk. It was it was great that yeah, we man. could get both of you on here at the same time. Oh, yeah. Takes, takes some of the burden off me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I just uh, want to help you get back up and running. Yeah, because yeah. this is still my favorite video game podcast, even though you're a disgruntled old uh, war vet. Disgruntled <laughs> old, old coot. No, I, the thing is, I love doing this. I really do. It's just, um, and I've said it before. I, I just feel, I feel like I'm putting people out if I'm asking them to join me for the podcast and everything. And not having a a, a regular co-host makes things a little more difficult. And you know, I've had to I had to travel for. The, the division two last week and I had to travel for this job interview this week. And, and the fun thing is people say, well, like, what are you traveling for? Well, 
because it was early in the morning in Green Bay, which is in, uh, about two hours from my house. And the weather has been really shitty here last couple of weeks, like a lot of snow. So I was talking to my parents and I said, well, why don't I just come down to your house the night before and you can watch ginger for me. And then if the weather's too bad, we can just stay here and whatnot. Or, you know, I can make up the green Bay a lot easier for my parents' house. Cause they're only about a half an hour away. So that's all now, what I'm, timing. Oh, what Go I'm ahead. waiting for. I'm, and, and, and part of the reason, you know, I'm sticking around uh, being a, a guest co-host host is I'm waiting for the ultimate Mark and Ray uh, team up. <laughs> talk- Mark Sanger. Yeah, yeah, so we could talk role playing would... games the whole time. <laughs> I was going to talk to him soon. I'd about love the a show Mark again. episode. Yeah, <laughs> and Joel. Well, actually, uh, Joel and I have been talking. So before we go, you know, Midwest Gaming Classics coming up soon. I think March or April. Uh, Joel asked me. So Joel, for a few years now, has run a music stage at MGC, and a lot of times it was local bands in Milwaukee, but then there's some video game stuff sprinkled in. And the guy that used to help him or something dropped out this year, and he asked me to to help him run that. So I'm going to cool. help Joel that whole weekend at MGC. I'm going to help him run the stage, nice. which is in the vendor hall. So it's funny, because, I mean, Joel and I, there was no hard feelings with me and Joel at all. We've always remained friends, and I'm very happy about that, because I really like Joel. And we've been talking a lot more lately just because this MGC stuff came up and whatnot. And uh, I've even mentioned to him that I would love to have him back on this podcast for one, for an episode. And it sounds like he's agreeable to it. So That would be badass. Yeah. yeah. I would love to have Joel back on here. But he's still doing his own thing with uh, Band of Gamers. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have to worry yeah. about schedules and whatnot. But uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get Joel on. And I'll, i got to talk to Mark again. I mean, I talk to him all the time, but not about the podcast. <laughs> you just got to pin him down. Yeah. <laughs> pin him down, yeah. sit on his chest. <laughs> Well, I mean, what I can do, because I was, it's so here, it's really funny. Uh, Going back to the retro gaming stuff. So a a while ago, and I'm a a really long while ago, this guy Woozle developed a thing called the GBA Consolizer. So basically, you can take the guts out of a a Game Boy Advance, and, or you can install it on a Game Boy Advance. You just take the screen out, and this module goes in where the screen goes. And basically, it's to hook your Game Boy Advance up to the TV. Cool. That's why it's called the consolizer, and you plug in a Super Nintendo controller and use it that way. And I love the GBA, and I I haven't played it for a long time because I can't do the D-pad, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I jumped on it, and I got one right away, and it was a pre-order and all that. And I have an extra GBA because when my friend Mike gave me a bunch of his stuff, like the Engage and that stuff, he gave me another GBA. So I have two of them, and I'm like, oh, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to break my GBA. So Mark was going to install it for me and everything and, and do all the soldering for me. <clears throat> well, then, a few months ago, somebody released a really solid Game Boy Advance core for the Mr. FPGA device. Now I don't need that GBA consoleizer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was talking to Mark. I'm like, I, don't even, I, I might just sell the thing because I know it's in high demand. They only made so many. And I got it, I, I got it so that you don't have to plug it into the GBA itself. I got a 3D printed case and everything, so you're just you're basically making a Game Boy Advance console out of it. Oh, you nice. just take the guts out of it, you put in this 3D printed case and everything, and it works great. Uh, some people had early versions of it; it it's fantastic. <laughs> but the problem is, I don't need it because I already have all that functionality on my Mister. Mm-hmm. So here, I bought an EverDrive for the GBA, and I loaded it up, and now I don't need that either. So I might just sell it. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but that was the original thing was. 
the plans were to go down to Mark's and have him set that up for a weekend, and we were going to hang out and everything. Now I'm not doing that because he doesn't need to do the install for me. So we're trying to figure out a, a, a reason for me to go down there and hang out for the weekend uh, before MGC. And what I might do is I'll probably take the portable recorder with me with a couple of microphones and we'll record a podcast at, at his house. That's the that's the the want. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but that's just the, do it. Just well, I just got to figure it. out a yeah. I just got to figure out a weekend that I can get down there that he doesn't have dad stuff going on. You know. Yeah, I want to be on it too, though, so I could be like, oh my god, 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 because I used to be a Mark fan but when I used to be a just listen. <laughs> Because he was like, this I dude was likes... always a Glenn fan. No, I, I, I loved I loved all of you guys, but but Mark was like, you know, he loved Fantasy Star, which I didn't yes. I don't know a lot of people who talk Fantasy Star, so uh, but uh, but no, and Joel Joel was amazing too. Joel was so freaking when I first started writing, Joel was so freaking welcoming too. Uh, yeah, yeah, he and was. It, and I always poke fun at Glenn because it's like the first thing Joel told me was don't spell it with one N. I don't get mad about that. I just get annoyed, but that's well, and that's what, that's what he said. He goes, yeah, you just get, you know, that annoys him or whatever. But yeah, I thought that well, was, but I've, I've been dealing with it with that for 47 years. So yeah, I deal with the R A Y all the time. Yeah. No, I think though that Glenn, whether you want to accept it or not, you're a lot of people's favorite gaming personality. <laughs> and I know you struggle, you, you kind of struggle with that a little bit. I don't but, struggle with it. I just don't believe it. I know, you're one of mine. Aww. <laughs> you're my only one. I mean, I don't really. I don't. Aww. <laughs> you're the only one for me, Glenn. That sounds like an no, 80s I'm just, power ballad all of a sudden. I don't get, I don't get around much. So <laughs> PS Nation has always been my go-to. Aww. And I know that you have listeners still that are still that feel the same way I do. So I just hope you keep it going. Yeah. I mean, you seem to be in better spirits this time. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, a I think I vented enough that I got rid yeah. of a lot of my anger. You got but... rid of, you shook it off. Uh, yeah, well, that's what Taylor Swift <laughs> told me to do. Yeah. Uh, now it's back to business. Yeah. Well, and one thing I want to say, I don't know if I said this before, uh, going back to Joel, but and I've said this to him, but I always felt bad when it was Joel, myself, and Josh because. Josh and I would get into a, a conversation, and, and I always felt like Joel had a hard time kind of getting in on the, on the action. Yeah, and, interjecting. And it really felt like he, he was feeling uh, left out. And it wasn't intentional or anything, but I always felt bad about that. And when he quit, that's what I thought it was coming from. It wasn't, but, or he says it wasn't, but I always felt bad about that. And I always loved doing this with, with Joel, and I loved, loved, loved that he flew out to to LA just to do the E3 live show with us. And that was yeah. huge. And that was, was so the Joel on the stick days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and thankfully I think Joel finally understood the whole Joel on a stick thing because I know it annoyed the hell out of him for a while. Because <laughs> he thought that we were like mocking him or something. It wasn't that at all. It That's literally was, Yeah, he was affectionate. Yeah. It was because he wasn't with us at these events and that was our way of having him around. And yeah, it was funny and we and we let it go pretty far and then Someone decided to create a Joel, Joel on a stick <laughs> Twitter account and Facebook account, which I did not do. Um, and I still own those, by the way. They were handed off to me. But it, it was. It, it was that we missed Joel. We wish that he was with us. And that was just kind of our way to have a little bit of fun with it. And we did. I mean, it was it was funny when Josh held, he made these costumes for it one year. 
and one of the costumes was like Kratos. And then one of the costumes was Mario. So when, when Josh and I went to the Nintendo press conference at E3, he was holding it up with the Mario thing and they took a picture of it and they put it in the Los Angeles <laughs> paper. <laughs> like we had to sign all these releases and everything. And I mean, it was, but to us, it was just, you know, we missed Joel and, and we missed having him there. And, it, and sincerely, that's where it came from. And, and I know he was yeah. really annoyed. Like he was asking people when he flew out to LA for the live show that we did, which was an absolute blast. Um, even though the recording came out like shit, but it was so cool to do. And he was asking listeners after the show, like, what do you think of that? Cause he literally thought that we were mocking him. And, and I kept telling him that's not the case, you know, and it made me feel really bad because he was taking it wrong, but I consider Joel a really good friend. I'm glad I know him and I'm glad that we were able to do this with each other. And, you know, I hope, I hope we can uh, do some, do some more podcast and whatnot in the future. I would love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Cause he is. Yeah. He's an awesome dude. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I think we're done. Even with the break and everything, we've been going four hours now, so that's enough. I gotta pee. <laughs> and J- Jason has to pee. Uh, guys, thanks so much. Thanks for for helping sure, out this week. Absolutely. For taking four hours of your Sunday to to bullshit about stuff. That was a really really good time. So hopefully, yeah, totally, uh, man. Hopefully, we can all Thank do you. it again. Some- no, no problem. All right. Well, let's stop this so that. Uh, I can either play some kind of a retro game or I can go play Modern Warfare. I've heard it's good. I've heard that I might like that game. <laughs> and Jason sure. could go pee. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening, folks. Uh, hit us up on psnation.com. Don't use the Amazon links anymore because uh, they don't work. I think it'll still get you to Amazon and everything, but we don't get any money from it, so use Best Buy. Uh, <laughs> affiliate link section, I think Amazon's still in there. i gotta, I got to get in there and try to edit that, which I've done a little bit, but... Uh, please use our affiliate links because uh, we have bills to pay and with losing Amazon, we're having a hard time um, and stuff and junk. So hit us up on Twitter at PS Nation. Hit me up on Twitter at Torgo PSN. Uh, hit us up on YouTube.com slash PS Nation where I'm going to put that division video up and hopefully it works this time. And uh, I would say follow Ray on Twitter, but he's not on the socials. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. You can and watch also, my movie, though. Yeah, there you go on Amazon. I, I did link it in the show notes. So cool. you go to our forums, psnation.com slash forums. Go to the podcast section. I think it was the last episode of this episode before. There is a link to watch his movie on Amazon Prime for free. Uh, and then also, so one one last thing, and it won't take that long, Jason. I know you have to pee. No, no, I'm fine. Um, we went through this big rigmarole, rigmarole a few years ago about Facebook and because we originally only had a group. Then Facebook emailed me multiple times, multiple times, and said, get rid of your group because we're moving everything to pages. So I reluctantly did that because it's a lot of work. And then we had a listener. I can't remember who it was, but I think it was Benny McLean. You couldn't get rid of the group until you removed all of the members. And it was like a lot of people. So he went through and removed them all because he didn't have a job at the time. Finally removed the group, and then now what do you see from Facebook the last year or so on TV? Join a group on Facebook. Fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess on the forums, if you could tell me, or on, on Twitter, or send me an email, podcast at psnation.com, do you want us to go through the, pro, the, the work and establish a Facebook group again? Let me know. If you guys want it, 
I know a lot of people that are our demographic don't like Facebook, although you should be on there now to, to link up with your kids and embarrass them. Um, hmm. But let me know if you, if you want a Facebook group, which is a little more, it used to be at least, I, don't, I haven't seen the new ones, but it used to be a little more uh, easy to have discussions on than pages. So that was the big thing. It was almost like the Facebook version of forums. Um, but let me know if you want me to do it. If you do, if enough people want it, I'll definitely go through the, the time and set it all up. So, but thanks very much. Thanks to all the writers for yeah. the continued, for the continued work. Thanks to John for all the uh, review editing. I know he's had a rough time of it lately, but, uh, we're, we're pretty caught up, I believe now. So John's a freaking champ, man. John's a champ. Everybody and he's a machine. Is, yeah. Well, yeah, I hate does. it when he messages me mm-hmm. and he like, he's like, I don't have this one done yet. I feel guilty. I'm like, why do you feel guilty? (laughs) (laughs) You're rocking it. So I'm, I'm telling John on the podcast, you're kicking ass, sir. And I, I think I can speak for everyone on the staff, uh, that they're very happy that you're, you're helping us out with that. Extremely. Yeah. So, all right, folks, get out there, play some games, have a great one. We'll be back in a, I don't know, a couple weeks or something. But you guys obviously don't get out very often. And after coming up that 101 today, I can I can fucking see why. I bring you good news. I uh I don't know if you noticed, and I don't, I don't think most Americans did, that we had a moment in time, really a few months ago, that was really special for us as a people because we were able to stop as a group, um, which is almost impossible because whenever we stop as a group, we n- never focus. And for the first time, we were able to focus as a whole group of people. Usually we stop and we form a group, you know, and then we break off in, into discussion groups. <laughs> But this time, as one, all of us were able to finally look together and see exactly where all of the problems, really, of the last few years have come from. And that, obviously, is Janet Jackson's breast. It's the only explanation for the fact that everyone stopped on a dime and went, Look at that tit! As if none of us had ever seen one before. Almost as a complete shock to all of us. I wasn't so shocked that a breast appeared at the Super Bowl halftime show because I've watched every Super Bowl halftime show. And so I knew that something was always around the corner. I watch every Super Bowl because, you see, um, uh, I have no religion. And uh, I think it's important for man to have a ritual. And the Super Bowl takes place on Sunday. And that's when most people gather to worship. So I, in, in a way, am trying. And just before the game starts, I say, thank God. I really watched the Super Bowl for the halftime show because 
You could go into a coma for a year and wake up and watch the halftime show and it will tell you all you need to know about how far down America is in the shitter. The first Super Bowl halftime show was simple. It was beautiful. Um, they did what you do at a halftime show. They, they got two college bands. They came out on the field. Uh, they did what a college band does. They played, you know, they played, Oh, McDonald, out of farm, E-I-E-I-O, with a big, big ear and a big, big there. And then they formed pigs and ran at each other and exploded. <laughs> and those were beautiful times. But then each year they added just a little more. Just a little more. Just a little more. A star here, another band there. Um, holding the audience held placards at one point. It was, it's unbelievable. Always trying to make it a bigger and bigger show. 